On today's show, Be my guest. the Howard Stern Show welcomes model, producer, and actress, Be my guest. Kate Beckinsale. Kate Beckinsale, boy, oh boy, I don't know what planet she's from, but man, oh man, that's some good-looking woman. She's just a fucking gem. Only on the Howard Stern Show. Everything's gonna be alright, so be my guest. Wow, we... today, which is an Italian word for out of sorts. I, uh, <laughs> I, I just wake up on the rag, to use an old expression. I'm, I'm just always in a bad mood these days. Do you and, really uh, find that is immediately when you wake up or when you think about your life after you wake up? Uh, think about my life. It's like I wake Fuck up and I'm you. like, well, first, it would, it would perk me up. And give me a false sense of energy. You know what I mean? It gave mm-hmm. me like that youthful energy. I don't have that anymore. Well, coffee. Yeah. Or youthful you energy. <laughs> so it's kind of a bummer. Coffee. Yeah. And you, like have I, every... you revisited a conversation about coffee with your doctor? He says I could, but he's you know not a hundred percent sure. So he, you know, I just don't want to. I just don't want to fuck with it. I'm just not. Yeah. I'm not going to have it. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. There's a lot to talk about. I was, uh, you know, Kate Beckinsale's coming on today, who's a major hottie. And she, uh, I was on her Instagram last night. Jeez, I'm going to follow her. I wondered that you didn't. I mean, there are always great pictures of Kate on her uh, social media feeds. Well, you've seen her um, Instagram Well, I see them, and, you know, they always make news. You know, she's made a lot of news with the photos, Mm. yeah. (laughs) It's a perfect Instagram. You know who I saw was following her? Because you can see people you follow. Uh, Ross Zapin, he follows. Of Of course, course. he follows. Yeah. He's a proud member of the 5 million people who follow Kate Beckinsale. (laughs) And the reason it's such a great Instagram account, it has no bullshit. Like, it's her in various hot outfits. There's one video on there. She's wearing a white outfit, skin tight. It's like a bra top with the belly shows, which I like. I'm a fan of that. And, uh, and then like this tight fitting skirt. And she starts, it's a video where she just kind of shows you her back, her ass and her back in the dress. And then she does a nice spin and turns around and, and you get to see the whole outfit and her whole body and face and she's super hot. And then she does a lot of shots where she kind of lifts up her skirt so you can see her thighs. And uh, I like that. Like everything she's doing in there is fantasy. It's what I expect from a, a great Instagram account if it's a hot chick. Like, she's not bullshitting you. She's not sitting there and going, like, you know, hey, I'm going to show you pictures of my kids or I'm going to, you know. No, she's hot for a living. She's hot on her Instagram and she's hot in every picture. And even if she's doing something silly, she's being hot. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm getting blood pull right now. Yeah. She knows what to do with that Instagram. And then I looked, five million followers. I said, okay. She deserves Well, it. they have to all be men, right? Of course. I don't think there's one woman following her. <laughs> I mean, they're like disgusted. They're like, oh, she's so skinny and hot and titties and legs. She's got really thin legs, but like nice, you know. And uh, it's a great Instagram account. 
Like there was one even actually I was interested in this. She's got a cat and she was um she had a head massager for the like a massager for the cat. I'm gonna buy this thing. She's holding it's the only non sexy picture. She's actually just holding this cat massager on her cat's head and the cat's in ecstasy. Oh. I'm gonna get it. Yeah. Maybe I'll get you one for Christmas or something. Because it there looks like go. a cool thing. Yeah, there you go. Always looking for some <laughs> ideas. I don't think I you have know. that. <laughs> no, yeah, I don't think you do. I've never heard you would tell me about it if you did. That's right. If I had found yeah. that, I would say something. Yeah. Ah, oh, yeah. But uh, I was looking through her pictures, and um, I'm a big fan of a couple of her flicks, like um, Underworld. All of them, I saw all of those a couple of mm-hmm. times. I'm pretty. I'm pretty well versed in the whole. A couple underworld. of times. Wow. Well, the first one for sure. I've seen at least three times. Mm-hmm. Because it's so good. Yeah, and the first the, one is excellent. And you know, I love rom coms. I'm I'm a sucker for that kind of stuff. So I I indulge in serendipity every once in a while with John Cusack and uh, Molly Shannon's in that too. It's a good cast. Eugene Levy. Who the fuck else is in there that I saw? Jeez, it's a long time. So I got to remember been a while but i remember eugene levy was a big part of it he had a couple of scene stealer moments and she's hot in it sometimes she's running through the rain and she lifts her arms up and you can see her belly and i i kind of like that <laughs> this is the, the the kind of acting you really respond to is amazing to me <laughs> thank you you know so few people give me credit <laughs> You're the only one. For noticing the acting. <laughs> well, it's John Cusack. Jeremy Piven is John Cusack's best friend. And meanwhile, John Cusack is engaged to Bridget Moynihan, but he's pining away. I mean, geez, John Cusack's a nice looking guy, but you know, this is a little it's a little bit of a fantasy. He's engaged to Bridget Moynihan, who's in her fucking prime in this movie. And uh and he's pining away for Kate Beckinsale. That's a nice fucking what, what, spank What bank. was their connection? What, Serendipity? You don't remember? Mm-hmm. I that Did was, I uh, see the movie? I don't think oh, so. You, oh, you didn't. Serendipity. No, I'm a fan of her early English movies, you know, like Love and oh. Friendship. Oh, yeah. That's before Pearl Harbor. But uh, anyway, she... I'm anxious to talk to her because I just want to talk about being hot on Instagram. Uh, you know, that's number one. <laughs> you want to do that? <laughs> you want to get some tips? <laughs> Well, this, first of all, she had a, you know, she's got an older daughter and stuff and she's in some shape. I want to know what she's doing because I got to get rid of my belly fat. And when she did Pearl Harbor, she had just had a baby and they fucking busted her balls. They almost, you know, pushed her out of that movie because she wasn't in really? prime condition. Oh, yeah. Fuck. Yeah. And I'm you, telling you, you know, I, I'm going to. If you got to get rid of her because of looks, what are you looking for? <laughs> I'll tell you something. The director on um the guy's name is uh who's the guy who directed uh, Pearl Harbor he's the big shot guy he uh he didn't want her on that thing Michael oh, Bay yeah? Michael Bay that's that right. was Michael Bay I was saying oh I don't think it was Michael Bay to myself because it was Michael Bay he didn't want wow. her on there yeah he was not a big fan and you know he was giving her shit and then she showed up with some belly fat on her and you know she had to whip that ass into shape so I want to know what she did I mean, you, know. you need to lose your baby fat, too. <laughs> well, you know, if you want to be realistic about it, Pearl Harbor happened in 1944. And let's face it, most women had a little belly fat and, you know, thighs That's and right. hips. If they wanted a real depiction of a woman. Yeah. You know, and I'm sure <laughs> Kate probably fine. said, Kate probably said, you know what? I, I could be a little bit sloppy for this movie. It's 1944. 
You know, you even look at old pictures of Marilyn Monroe. She was walking around with a little baby fat, too. <laughs> Nobody so, uh, worked out in 1944. Kate Beckinsale did in her character. <laughs> well, no, she worked out in 1984, 94 for Pearl yeah. Harbor. <laughs> anyway, there's a lot to talk about. And I told you about that movie, The Only Living Boy in New York, and you would never watch it. I love that movie. That's one of her movies. Yeah, I mean, I haven't seen every Kate Beckinsale movie, but I've seen a lot. But, uh, yeah, she's good. And I was watching the new show she's got, the guilt, the, the, uh, called uh, the Guilty, guilty Party. No. Oh, the Guilty, guilty Party. party. There's all these uh, guilt movies now. And she does a good American uh, accent, you know. That's, I'm always impressed by that. Yeah. So anyway, we'll talk to her later. I don't want to spend the whole morning talking about Kate Beckinsale. We'll talk to her later. But uh, it's so kind of hard to, to stop about. talking about her, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm thinking about that fucking Instagram <laughs> account, and I went on there to refresh my spank bank memory, and uh, sure enough, I was like very taken with her. Uh, hey, I was watching the news this morning, real quick. Um, I think I'm going to go testify in front of Congress if they want me about to. About what? About January 6th, because they seem to be very confused. They're, they're, I don't know how, how closely you're following it, but, uh, you know, a lot of the guys who work for Trump, Congress is trying to get those assholes to come to Congress and testify so they can figure out what happened on January 6th. But I already know what happened on January 6th. Because Trump got on TV and he said to people, why don't you come to uh, a rally on January 6th because I'm going to claim I lost the election and you guys can go storm around and create havoc. And, you know, he did it on TV. But for some reason, I'm going to claim. Yeah, he was just like, you know, he was just on TV. Remember that speech he gave on TV? He says, hey, come on, everybody, come on down. Come on down and we'll have a rally on January 6th. the, The certifying of the election but he right. didn't say i'm gonna claim anything he said i won the election right oh however you want to put it i mean i'm not i'm not <laughs> well, quoting there, verbatim that's I, where you can equivocate i that's would say where you get into legal uh the legal nah, bushes I, as you say i would just testify in front of congress and say, here's a video watch it and then you could see what happened they're dicking around so much about if they really wanted to do something The only guy you got to bring into Congress, it ain't Steve Bannon. Who gives a fuck about this Steve Bannon character? I don't know when he became so important. Well, he's just one person who's already decided he's going to ignore the subpoena. And you start with him because you want others. By the way, who knew you could ignore subpoenas from Congress? I mean, that's I got to admit, that's kind of genius. Well, that's the question, whether you can or not. Because Trump, who isn't president has uh, declared executive privilege. Yeah. <laughs> and you know who else declared executive privilege? Steve Bannon. He but but even he's work. saying that Trump told him not to come. That's his executive privilege. No, he's saying he 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 don't know what he's saying. This guy, Steve Bannon, <laughs> he's just saying, I'm not coming no and I got executive, executive privilege. He he has yeah. executive privilege conferred to him by the president. But Trump what is not president. Saying? Yeah. And he's also saying. 
during that time period, he has executive privilege. He wasn't working for the president. He wasn't during even that working for the president. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I'm willing to te- I'm willing to testify in front of Congress and I tell him what happened. I think you should go because you're yeah. confused about what you need to say. You're I know what to say. say. He claimed something, and they're going to no. say throw him out because he doesn't have any evidence of that. No, I was telling you that real quick. I'm telling you, I'm going to bring the video of Trump talking, and I'm going to play it for Congress, and I'm going to say, here's what happened. You don't right, need to talk to Steve Bannon. I have Bannon. to explain to you now that there's yeah. no direct line from somebody yes, saying something on a stage to people rioting at the Capitol. It's They're enough for me. for the conversations beforehand and any contacts he might have had with uh, groups that might cause havoc. Don't need it. Don't need it. I know exactly what happened. Because you can't. How do you prove that somebody said something and then I decided to go riot? Just let me testify. I'll prove it. I'll draw the lines. I'm going to do it. You can't draw the lines because there are none. I'm talking legality. I mean, we all know what happened. But how do you do it legally? I'm not listening to you. You're no lawyer. (laughs) I'm more of a lawyer than you. Uh, I'm going to go testify. In front of Congress and tell them what happened. What, what Steve Bannon knew. I'm going to tell them exactly. Oh Anything they want an answer to. So fucking dumb. They're so afraid of Trump. All of them. Republicans too. are all afraid of them. Well, I have decided that people in Congress are stupid. I have yeah. uh, started to look at what who is stupid in this country. And the people in politics are really dumb. Hey, one That's of the crazy things... There's some people, I got to hand it to them. You talk about stupid. There's some people who are willing to walk away from millions of dollars and not get vaccinated. And I, I got to say, it, they're so stupid, they're putting their, their mouth where their money is. I got to right. tell you. <laughs> it's pretty incredible. Um, one of them is that basketball player. Kyrie Irving. He's my favorite dude who's like putting his money where his mouth is. You got to say, in terms of idiots, he's got to be the top idiot in the country right now. Guy's got a chance as a young man to make millions of dollars. All he's got to do is get vaccinated, but he doesn't want to get vaccinated. So and I've they, never heard a reason why. Did he have a reason? He doesn't need a reason. Just that he's stupid. You know, okay. because this guy's got a history of being stupid. He's one of those guys who <laughs> who's a flat earther, too. And you know what it is? He doesn't know anything. Oh, boy. He just knows, well, I can't figure his, his mind works in a very strange way. He's like, I can't figure out gravity. So therefore it probably doesn't exist. And just because they tell me there's gravity doesn't mean there's gravity or he goes, all I know is I, I go to the beach and like I look out at the ocean and I see it's flat. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't give a fuck what they say. You know, he's one of those guys here. I can prove it to you. This guy, Kyrie Irving. He's eligible to play most road games, which is even weird, too. I mean, they ought to take him off that, but he's with the Brooklyn Nets. Well, it Nets. depends the Brooklyn on what Nets. The, the laws are in the uh, area that you're going to. Well, the Brooklyn Nets have said, fuck you. If, you know, we have a, a policy. you got to be vaccinated to play on the team. Just and because there's a policy in New York that you have to mandatorily be vaccinated if you're in big environments indoors etc 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 yeah so they the nets have said it's it, i know that you could possibly play on road games in certain cities but either you're on this team or you're off this team you know you got to be you know they can't have you popping in for a guest appearance it isn't like um 
the Brady Bunch, when the you know when when a, a character recur every fifth episode, it doesn't work that way. Or you one either, of those um, uh, tours that people go on, and sometimes the guest star, you know, like oh here's Ed Sheeran. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> right, like when Taylor Swift would bring out Ed Sheeran at a concert <laughs> once in a while. So uh, he's he, here. It is. He will not be paid for home games he misses for being unvaccinated, giving up nearly $17 million of his $35 million salary. Now, that is putting your stupidity where it counts. What? I got to hand it to him. Where is, he, where is he playing? Yeah, I think it's more now. I think this has been updated. But okay. uh, I'll tell you what, though. I don't know who runs the Brooklyn Nets, but I wish they were running the country. I love this. I love the basically saying, listen, douchebag. You got to do what is right. That's it. We got people here. We got teammates. We got to protect, blah, 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 blah. So anyway, he explained his decision on Instagram Live. That's why I'm playing this. I love when people get on that Instagram Live and say the stupidest things. And and then at the end, they go, respect my choice. Now, I can't well, respect but your don't choice. You realize that these people don't know what they're saying, that they sound stupid or that they're making no sense. Yeah, I know what you're saying, but. You know, I don't but care about his choice. Use this brain for everything. So yeah, here you go. Lots of bad choices. Yeah, I can play a few. Here's here's. here's in a order couple. to be in New York City, in order to be on the team, I have to be vaccinated. I chose to be unvaccinated, and that was my choice. And I would ask Why? y'all just to respect that choice. And no. I am going to just continue to stay in shape, be ready to play, be ready to rock out with my teammates, and just be part of this whole thing. You know, like, this is not a political thing here. This is not about the NBA. This is not about any organization. It's really about my life and what I'm choosing to do. Remember uh, a lot of the athletes you knew in high school? They were really stupid. It's like uh, this guy at Washington State University. He's the football coach, Nick uh, Rolovich, I think is how you say his name. He was just fired for refusing to get vaccinated. This guy was making 3.2 million bucks a year. 3.2 million. Can you imagine? Dude, are you really that fucking committed? I mean, there ain't that many coaching jobs for 3.2 million. There's a very limited amount. Yeah, that's really reaching a height, you know, to be able to command that kind of salary. But anyway, getting back to this Kyrie guy, Robin, this guy, you know, this is a podcast. The year is 2017. This is where he reveals he's a flat earther too. I mean, you can't you can't make up this level he's of stupid. He's taking up every stupid cause. <laughs> yeah, every. Oh yeah. Wait, you'll see. <laughs> this is not because Earth is flat. Yeah, here he is on the podcast. This is not because Earth is flat. This is not because Earth is flat. Yeah, no, the Earth is flat. Oh, oh here, here we go. go. The Earth is flat. Earth is flat. If you really think about it from a landscape of the way we travel, the way we move. And the fact that can you really think of us rotating around the sun and all planets aligned, rotating in specific dates, being perpendicular with what's going on with these planets and stuff like this. How are you going to put planets in quotations? I'm going to put planets because everything that they send or they want to say that they're sending. (laughs) They thought Pluto was a planet until like four years ago. It doesn't come back. There is no there is no concrete information except for the information that they're giving us. Concrete information. I can think you got concrete in your head. <laughs> By the way, 
He graduated Duke. And if I'm Duke, I'm closing oh my doors. Oh, my God. I'm, if I'm Duke, I'm like, like the, whatever you thought about Duke academically, you got to just fucking knock it down 20 percentage points. Well, they wanted to win basketball games. That's how you yeah. figure that out. <laughs> how far does he take it? Like when they sell globes, you know, I don't even know if they still sell globes, but if they do, is it a lie? I mean, are they, is it all part of the well, big lie? Well, that's what we've been told. See, they tell you this stuff. But oh. there's no concrete evidence. <laughs> there kind of is. There's even pictures from space. But there's also, when you leave California and you want to go to Japan, you can do it. Yeah. Just in a straight straight. line. (laughs) It's a straight line. If you want to leave New York and go to Japan, it's a straight line. Those two planes will meet. I say if you get paid to put a ball through a little hoop, you should forget about planets and everything else and just keep quiet and keep throwing that (laughs) fucking ball. He was about the planets being perpendicular to something. I was like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Using big words does not help. That's a funny clip, isn't it? Yeah. Um, okay, here, I'll give you some more examples of this guy's fucking intense stupidity. Cause it's like whatever someone presents that's stupid, he goes along with immediately. Like here on this podcast. And by the way, this guy ought to stay off podcast. Yeah. On another podcast, they're not good for him. <laughs> JJ Reddick, who I guess is another athlete. He, uh, <clears throat> he has a podcast and Kyrie went on that and somebody threw out that dinosaurs may not have existed. And within a second, Kyrie's like, yeah, I believe that. Like, he's on it. <laughs> he, he's on it. I'm on that level of stupid, too. Here. I know I'm wrong on this, <laughs> but I'm not entirely convinced that dinosaurs existed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. <clears throat> so, for example, the word dinosaur, it didn't exist till like 1842. There was no word for dinosaur. Mm-hmm. Okay. We didn't find any fossils till 150 years ago. It makes you think. Yeah. Right? You know, for sure. I'm with you on that. <laughs> He's with him. Just pterodactyls. Oh, J.J. Reddick went to Duke for four years, too. I don't know what they're churning out there, but you got time to flunk a few of these guys. Well, let me ask you something, Robin. Much to their point, have you ever seen a dinosaur? I yes have no? never seen a lot of things, but I know right. they exist. Well, have you ever seen a live dinosaur? I've never seen uh, the Taj Mahal. Have you ever I've seen? I just I'm asking you a question. I'm, I've have you ever seen dinosaur bones? No, I didn't ask you that. Have you ever seen a live dinosaur? <laughs> there aren't any live dinosaurs. Yes or no? Have you ever seen a live dinosaur? <laughs> well, Your Honor, I have to say no. <laughs> okay. Well, there you go. My pr- I rest my case. <laughs> Yeah, got me there. Wonder why they made up. Like, let's say they did make up dinosaurs. Like, was it a Steven Spielberg kind of guy who just like created these giant bones to fool us all, or was it maybe a and Flintstones them promotion? Somewhere, yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> that's, like, that's what elaborate we, this game? Yeah, like why? Why bother? What's the what's the end game? Where's the money in it? <laughs> I don't even know who that guy was. So evidently the dude's show he was on was another graduate of Duke University. So there you go. <laughs> Congratulations, Duke. Yeah. What are you drinking? That's a nice, it looks like a nice mixed drink. It is not a mixed drink. It's just seltzer. <laughs> With ice in it, you drink cold uh, seltzer in the morning? In, the, in, in warm weather, yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. I don't like that, but all right, I respect I your right to I, do most it. Most of the time, I drink room temperature water. Good. And this uh, this took me by surprise to see you sipping on a <laughs> ice drink this early in the morning. Just saying. It's refreshing. Yeah. Good for you having a party over there. <laughs> see her. She looks like she's drinking cocktails, which is what we should right. be doing. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I swear to God. So it would be much better. Um, what else did I want to tell you? Oh, did you was, read anything about Colin Powell? Because we were talking about him yesterday and how yeah. he has died of COVID complications at the age of 84. I got to tell and you, I what? it's fucking my head up that he died from COVID when he's double vaxxed. That's fucking my head up. And I know, and I he mean, was, I think three or four days from getting the booster when hmm. he got sick. He was going to get the booster, and he got sick, so he couldn't take the booster. And then so he wound what's... up in the hospital. He had multiple myeloma, which is a form of cancer. Ah, and an underlying condition. Parkinson's. Okay, okay. Still, that fucks my head up. Oh, please. I'm... Fucks your head up. Yeah. There's a now ton of I'm people... wearing a mask when I'm alone. <laughs> <laughs> There's a ton of people who... Uh... <laughs> Who like young people, like in their thirties, who are double vaxxed and died. I mean that I read, you know, not a lot, but there's a couple. Wow. And you go, shit. You know, you, and you it read was COVID one that killed them. Yeah, I, you know, I don't want to give out fake news, but I think, um, yeah, I think there's a couple of examples of that where there's a breakthrough. And so that fuck. Whenever I read something like that, it just fucks my head up. You know, I guess it's kind of like. With the flu vaccine too, you know, you could get some weird strain of the flu, even though you got the vaccine. Did you get a flu vaccine yet? You got it. You got yes, it already, right? Yes, yeah, yes, me too. We talked about that. Yeah. Well, that was off the air. I'm just pretending like we don't talk off the. Air. Oh, okay. You know, that's my thing. <laughs> that's what I do. We keep each, we yeah. keep up on each other's vaccine. Right. I'm uh, I'm like, hey, Robin, did you get that flu vaccine? Even though I just had a conversation with her about it. <laughs> um. Yeah, but yeah, I've been reading about Colin Powell. I, I was a, um, the, the time that Colin Powell, you know, blew it for me, I always liked Colin Powell. It was just with the Iraq war. Now, yeah. he's since apologized for that. He said, look, I was given information too, but if you're the Secretary of State and you're testifying that um, Saddam Hussein has weapons of mass destruction, Dude, I believed you. I was one of those people who said, well, then we should go to Iraq. If that, if this guy's ready to, you know, really fuck us up, he, I believe Colin Powell because I like Colin Powell and I thought he was a, you, you know, super honest him. guy. Yeah. Trusted him. Yeah. So when he made that testimony, I went, oh, okay. This isn't bullshit anymore. This isn't George Bush trying to avenge his father's, uh, failure or a perceived failure in Iraq, all this bullshit. I, meanwhile, Senior Bush turned out to be right. I don't want to get all political, but so like my, my faith in Colin Powell went downhill rapidly after that whole thing. And I, I saw him interviewed on Larry King one time and he said, yeah, I made a mistake. Uh, I shouldn't, I went, I was fed information and I went along with it. I thought it was correct at the time, you know? Mm. So uh, it's like saying, yeah, I was told the earth was flat. So, you know, I kind of went along with it. But in any case, the guy was remarkable in that, uh, you know, parents came over, immigrants from Jamaica. They, you know, they like like most people who come over, they didn't have a lot. Their son goes into the military. 
Guy comes up through the ranks, two tours in Vietnam, served his country. I admire anybody who serves their country, went on, you know, from eventually became a general, they have to be a lieutenant general, you know, you know the whole story, but it's a very... You achieved the whole four stars. You can't get those. You can't get a fifth one unless you're in a war. So he got yeah. as many as he could get. Right. And he's an admirable guy, you know, and I hate to see that he, he ended that way with the... With the COVID-19, but you know, in a way, maybe it'll, uh, wake up some of these dummies who think that they're yeah, going to Yeah, You know uh, how it wakes it. them up? I heard one dummy screaming, Oh, now that Colin Paul has died after getting gobble vax, that makes me more, uh, adamant about not getting a vaccine. <laughs> oh, oh no, it backfired. <laughs> yes. It's that idiot logic again. Oh, I'm sitting there like a normal person going, Oh, maybe that'll inspire some people. And then you go, No, no, no. They go, Well, he was double vaxxed. What's the point? He died. But as Robin right. just explained, the guy had multiple issues. He had cancer and Parkinson's. And Parkinson's. Yeah, yeah. What are you going to do with people? Fucking nuts. But there's some radio dude. I'm, I'm, so I'm sitting reading, you know, I subscribe to this. Uh, I don't pay for it. It's, it's free. Anybody can get it. It's this thing called uh, First Alert. All Access. I don't know what it's called. It's First Alert. All access. So I don't know if it's all access or first alert, but it's a radio thing. Like it tells you shit that's going on in radio. And you know me, I like all that because I'm in radio. And the, I see a picture of this guy, radio guy, syndicated talk host, Dan Bogino, Bong, Bongino, is threatening to quit Westwood One and threatening to quit. Just quit. Is threatening to quit Westwood One and Cumulus Media over the company's COVID-19 vaccine mandate. Listen to this guy. While Bognino himself is vaccinated, he said on Monday's show that Cumulus, quote, can have me or you can have a vaccine mandate, but you can't have both. Good. Get rid of him. Who is he? Yeah. He said the mandate was a political decision, that he was standing up for the other's own decisions, touting natural immunity and adding, this is a constitutional republic. No, it's not. We've had vaccine mandates for years in this country. People have the right to make their own medical decisions. No, they don't if it affects me. You can't smoke in a fucking room with me in a restaurant. That Fuck your decision. My decision fuck is I don't want to be in a room. Opinion. <laughs> yeah. You could make other people sick. Yeah, goodbye. Like, I'm sitting there thinking, you know, somebody killed Colin Powell. His wife had it, too. Some, you know, these are two elderly people. Right. And I've seen this happening. Kids who won't get vaccinated, their children who have their opinions about the vaccine or whatever, they come and bring the, vac you know, the, the disease to their elderly parents. Well, they guys, you give me a note. That didn't happen in that, that case, but I've seen it happening. Dan Bogino is on uh, Fox News. Is, is that is that correct? I don't know him. He's on he's Fox a regular, News? Yes, he's been a regular guy on there for years. Oh, I never heard of him. Dan Bogino. Bongino? <laughs> What's his name? Dan Bongino? Yeah, it's, Dan bon, it's either Dan Bongino or Dan Bongino. I oh. believe he used to work in the Secret Service. I'd have to double check that, but... <laughs> Well, then he's oh, all about protecting others if he's in the Secret Service. Protect others. Get the vaccine. He got the vaccine, by the way. He's just worried about everyone else. We got an epidemic going on. We need people to fucking be uh, participating 
in the vaccine Well, program. the reason we still have it is because nobody will, uh, you know, we won't have herd immunity. We won't just all step up, get the vaccine, and take care of everyone. Yeah. I wonder if I should, um, hmm, I want to get to a bunch of things today. I was, uh. I was listening to some good tunes. I was uh, listening to, uh, I never heard this song before. It's uh, James Taylor hooked up with Joni Mitchell. And did You Can Close Your Eyes live in concert for the BBC. I never knew that. James Taylor and Joni Mitchell got together no, and did a live concert. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Every once in a while, I uh, come across something I didn't know musically. Boy, was it beautiful. I mean, man. I was just like blown out by it. I was listening to it and I went, man, that's it. That's, that sounds really good. Who's doing that? I knew it was James Taylor, but I didn't know it was Joni Mitchell with him. A, well, this is a we're going to finish song. now with a... <laughs> this is a song that James wrote. It's a lullaby. It's me. It's really beautiful. I wish I was a fucking musician. I would like to, I'd have tuned my guitar up before. You know, like, that's cool. I see Neil Young does that sometimes in concert. He sits there and tunes his guitar while he's kind of talking. That would well, be my that move. that even, you know, makes you think even more of them. Like, oh, look yeah. at him. He can tune in the middle of a concert. Yeah, like they're talking and tuning, and they're, they don't even have to use a little app off their phone. They can right. just do it by ear. Nuts. That's a guy who put in his 10,000 hours. But I would be doing that. If I was like in concert, I'd be tuning up and I'd, I would do a little uh, chatter with the, you know, little, a little patter, I guess they call that with the, with a uh, crowd. You know, I'd be like, bing, bing, yeah, you know, uh, and they always sound like hippies, like Joni even sounds like, yeah, you know, James and I, like they're James. Out of it. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone's yeah, out of it. Yeah. That's how I'd be. I'd be out of it too. <laughs> Like, uh, there's a concert I watch of Neil Young's over and over again, and he's about to do Old Man for the first time live. This is from 100 years ago. And he's about to play, you know, Old Man, take a look at my life. And uh, he's just tuning up, and he's just like, yeah, man, I, I was on a... Uh, I'm like, <laughs> oh, man, that's so cool when you sound like you're super high, and then you break into song, and you're fucking kicking ass. Superman. But yeah, like Joni sounds like she's out of it. And I used to go, well, I think they developed that sound to be cool. But I think they're really out of it. I don't know. (laughs) It's like, well, this is a. We're going to finish now with a. (laughs) This is a song that James. I like how uh, James even gives up. He's like, this is it. And then she starts talking over him. And he's just like, fuck it. Let her talk. (laughs) Who gives a shit? Let her tell the story. I don't care. I'll tune. So awesome. Even the oh, even the opening is awesome. Yeah. Well, this is how we're going to finish one. now with the. <laughs> this is a song that James wrote. It's a lullaby. And like, I like when she laughs too. Like, there's nothing funny going on. No, there's nothing going on. That's no, there's nothing going on. out of it. <laughs> you know, like, and the audience fun. loves. And the audience having such a good time. They're laughing too. They don't even know what the fuck they're laughing at. <laughs> you know. <laughs> It's great. Oh, I should have been a rock star. I wish I had practiced piano. My parents got me <laughs> lessons. I got to hand it to them. I didn't think they, they really. They, they did tried. try. 
They did try. I didn't pick up on it. But I don't know what Joni Mitchell's giggling, but she's probably like, because ah, it's like, fuck, I've got the coolest job in the world. I'm sitting next to like a really good looking dude, James Taylor. We're going to sing and you're going to love us. Why wouldn't I be laughing? <laughs> if my mother was a rock show, she'd be like, <laughs> well, we're going to finish song. now with the. <laughs> this is a song that James wrote. It's a lullaby. It's really beautiful. Saying she's singing the wrong song. Such a comfort to have you up here. Nobody's yeah, saying like anything. Up here too. Why don't we form a duo? <laughs> Go to New York City. Why don't I take you to Laurel Canyon and bang you? What do you think of that? I think he did bang her. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> yeah. I'm sure he did. I'm sure after this performance, he put his penis inside that Joni Mitchell vagina. Live in New York City. Live in the Albert. Live Struggle. In the I'm a night owl, baby. That's why they can do all that patter up front, because then they deliver the goods. Yeah. You know, like, huh? And you say, oh, I can listen to a little more patter if I get to hear this. Right. It's like, you know what? Maybe I should be goofy and stupid. I would be fucking awesome. <laughs> Unbelievable. You can get away with anything. Damn. That is magical. Did you get the chills? I do. Oh, I, I just love Joni Mitchell and James Taylor. So them right. together, forget about it. Yeah, exactly. I'm right there with you. But I can sing this song. And you can sing this song when I'm gone. Love that patter. Yeah, I, if I had a concert, I would uh, tune up. And then I would, um, and then when I went electric, I would hit all those little pedals on the floor with my feet <laughs> constantly. Like well, Kurt what Cobain I'm listening did. to is that they do the pattern, they're tuning the guitars, and then all of a sudden they know when to play. Yeah, that's right. Like break right into the song. Yeah. Shut you up. Like you're starting to think they're assholes. And then all of a sudden you go, oh, fuck. <laughs> those two were good. Uh, let's see. In 2020, the Joni Mitchell. And James Taylor, Paris Theater, 1970 live album was released. It includes that song about the Midway. That's a good song. 
Steamroller Blues, Carolina in my mind, California, the circle game, and a case of you. Oh, okay. Mm. Not bad. I didn't realize there was an album of that. Might have to get that. <laughs> <laughs> Might have to break down and buy an album. Uh, I'm sure you could stream it. Then I have to go get some of that Baba Booey equipment. Like I get that oh, uh, record player. and Yeah. I was on that. Uh, you know me. I'm into uh, pens. And I follow that. Uh, I follow a bunch of different people who are into pens. And it seems like people who are into fountain pens. I'm not talking about regular pens. I'm talking about fountain pens. You, you go on their Instagram. And they're all like. They all appear to like live a. Like an Amish type lifestyle, like they have yeah, bohemians kind of thing, right? Yeah, yeah. Like I like fountain pens. I like writing with them. It makes me want to write. And as someone who writes quite a bit for a living, I, you know, it, it motivates me to have a fountain pen. So I've I've bought about twelve in my life, and I actually got two from Robin who uh, gift, gifted me one a Parker pen and a and uh, and a Pelican pen you gave me, and they're really nice. And I use them quite a bit. And, um, so I got interested and you go on these, you know, Instagram accounts of these people and these pens, they're not cheap. Like you can get a pen, you could get a nice fountain pen for 60 bucks, which I mean, isn't that cheap when you that, consider you can get a, a yeah. Bic for, but if you really want to get into it, there are pens that are thousands of dollars. Uh, some of those Mont Blanc, I have a bunch of Mont Blanc pens. I got about four of them. None of them right. Unfucking believable! <laughs> I can't get them to write. You just clean them. To look at them. <laughs> it is bull. I I fill them up with ink, and I swear to you, Robin, I sit there and they, they come out scratchy. Like uh, they, 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 I got a sixty dollar pen flow. by. I got a sixty dollar pen from a, a company called Sailor. They're out of Japan. Uh -huh. Writes beautifully. I get one of these Mont Blancs that someone gave me. It was like a couple hundred bucks. Holy moly! You cannot get this fucking thing to write. I don't know what to do. I don't know what kind of company this is. You sure the nib is there? <laughs> There's a nib. I see. I, I mean, I'm not. I'm not completely out of it. <laughs> I'm telling you, and I clean them, and it's it just don't work. I'm I'm not bullshit. I'm not looking to disparage them. The pens look beautiful. They're very nice. Yeah. One of them has like a floating star in the head of it. It's, it's really beautifully put together, and I'm anxious to use it. I just I can't get it to work. But I go on these pe these people are into pens and journals. They buy so much gear, and I'm wondering how they afford it because it looks like they're all living in log cabins and buying old fucking yeah, furniture and building. Yeah, they're all off the grid for some reason or other. <laughs> yeah, most of them just hike all day. I don't even know if they work. They go hiking yeah, be, with their ferret. In the and, woods. <laughs> yeah, they, they do some odd jobs. Oh, my friend, my friend asked me to build a shelf for her, and I'm doing that right now. And I'm like, oh, I guess that's how they get paid. But where are they buying all these pens and journals from? I mean... I make a good living and I'm not even buying that many I pens. think we're going backwards in, you know, sort of the monetary exchange. I think they do a lot of that stuff where I'll do this for you and you give me the pen. Right. Like the Amish, <laughs> like, uh, we'll build you a barn, but you got to give us some buttermilk <laughs> from your goat. I think there's a lot of that. Cause this one girl I follow, I, I ventured Denali. You can, she, she has, uh, she's all excited. She just got a new typewriter. And I'm like, you know, I understand the pen thing. Because it's still a writing instrument and the ink flows really beautifully and it comes off the pen beautifully and it pulls on the page. It's real, it's beautiful. But the typewriter, I don't get because let's face it, 
the, the computer typewriter prints out beautifully and it's so much easier to type on and it, and the print and is better edit. you can read it's it it's like it made editing yeah. amazing i don't know what she's typing on this fucking typewriter she doesn't tell you that but she's got a she bought a whole table she bought like an old desk from like 1500s or some shit with some cubbies and things and then she sticks the typewriter and she's like this is the perfect spot for my typewriter but she never tells you what she's typing and I'm not going that far. I'm not getting into typewriters. I'm just into journals and pens. But some right. of these people. Well, we're watching some, you. <laughs> I want to know how they're. I know. Watch me because <laughs> I don't want to go off the fucking cliff. I'm telling you, I need to be watched. But I uh, I don't get some of it. Like, there's this one woman. I don't know her name. I follow her. She's got like 20 journals at a time going. But then when wow. she breaks them down for you, she goes, this journal is for my personal thoughts. Okay. Got it. This journal's for my daily routine. Mm, okay, got it. All right. It's my planner, and, you know, it keeps track of dates. and so, Of course, you could get that on your computer, but all right. that's Okay, that's two journals. Then she goes, this journal is for my religious thoughts, if I have, like, any religious quotes or anything I like. I'm like, okay, that could have gone in the first journal. You know, you could have combined those thoughts, but all right. And every journal she shows you, she's only got one page filled because it's like she's got so many journals. You'd have to spend your whole day journaling. You couldn't have a life. Then she pulls out another journal and she goes, well, this journal, this journal here, it's my catch-all. You know, if, if the, you know, and if I go out, this journal, this little journal I have is for like taking it on the road with me and my thoughts because it's smaller. And then I can transfer those thoughts into the various journals. And then there's another, this is my art journal where I draw, and she draws like a child, you know, it's, it's pathetic. Like she didn't need an art journal. She could have journaled in the first fucking journal. She didn't need a special journal for her art. And her art's like a two-year-old. You know, it's crazy. And most of them seem to live in rural areas or, you know, this, this journal, this is my thoughts about the Jews. I don't really want to show you this one. It's very personal. This journal's for when I'm on my period. This it's literally sounds like a, a person who has really profound issues, Howard. With all what you want, you want to know, know what it is. Detail. <laughs> you know what it is. What they love journals. They love the books, and they love buying the leather cases for the books, and they love buying the pens. But these fucking people have nothing to write about. This is what so they, I'm saying. These thoughts are worthless. They're not coming, you know, like she she should stop writing. What she no. Blah, blah, and, blah. And sometimes she'll show you a page and you should see the thoughts they're putting down in these journals. You talk about infantile. I'm like, because I've blah, had a real blah, problem. Blah. I bought a journal and I have an ink pen. But I can't think of like a second journal. You know what I mean? Like I, I put everything what? in the one journal. Everything I never have a thought. One journal, yes. I swear. All your drawings, all your thoughts, all your your religious sayings. <laughs> I only found one guy into this. It's mostly women with chubby hands because they don't show you their face or anything. You, you just see their hands. They have old chip uh -huh. nail polish. Some of them get really nice manicures, but you can tell they're very overweight because they're, they're sitting and writing all day. They're not moving around, <laughs> you know. And they love showing you their journals, which I appreciate, by the way, because I'm trying to figure out what to do with my journal. But uh, they break it down. One woman had, I counted, 15 journals. And literally, it was just like, yeah, this journal's for on the road. This journal's for, like, if I have religious thoughts. This journal's, for, this journal's about my hemorrhoids. 
Blah, blah, blah. A, you know, it's like, uh, this journal is where I rank uh, people by racial groups, from my favorites <laughs> blah, blah, to my blah. least favorites. <laughs> yeah, I'd love to read these thoughts. Like, I'm sure they're oh. completely worthless. Well, sometimes they open up the book and they go... To, to be quite honest, I haven't written anything in this journal yet. I'm, I, I just haven't really have found the time. <laughs> it's like 25 journals going at once, and I'm just like confused. I got nothing but time. Yeah. I mean, they must have a husband who's working his ass off supporting these chubby women with uh, fucking journals. You know, you were getting so much into this. I was thinking that, oh, my God, maybe he's going to start crafting as well. And well, I paint. He needs one of those paper cutters where, no. you know, like you can make these different designs and build a card. No. See, to me, that's bullshit. <laughs> that's bullshit. For a while, I did have a journal where I did some collaging, but I realized uh -huh. all I'm doing is cutting up. A, I feel like I'm in kindergarten. I'm not doing that. A lot of these... A lot of these women do a collage journal. Right. And they're all proud of it. And I'm like, you really didn't do anything except paste different pictures you found in a magazine. <laughs> and then they sell them on Etsy. You got to see this. One, this one woman, I don't know where she was from. She took her journal page and she pasted a bunch of stickers and like pieces of newspaper and any piece of shit she could find. And she slapped it together with some paste on her journal page. And she goes, by the way... I'm turning this into a sticker and you can buy it on Etsy. I'm like, buy what? Your fucking magazine collage? Are you fucking high? I'm not buying that. What am I going to do with that? <laughs> that ain't art. I'm That's glad you came to your senses. <laughs> Yeah, no, no, I, I draw a line. Woman all the way to Etsy. <laughs> well, that's the problem. I was really kind of falling into it. It's cult-like, and you do get into it. And I was like, you know, maybe I should make a collage. And then I realized it required absolutely no talent. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I'm not going to, I'm not making a collage. But I did pick up some good picture, uh, pick, uh, some tips on how to do Mod Podge and how to use it as glue and to use it as varnish and I did make Beth a card for her birthday, and I used some of the techniques. I do, I do admit that. All right. See, I and told you it. I was going to get you a machine. I was like, hey, don't give me that. In. He's getting way into No, this. don't give me, don't give me that machine, because I'll throw it out. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty funny. I was just like, wow, these ladies love buying journals, and then you can buy leather covers for your journal, which I've done. Yes. And uh, they love their leather covers. They even name them and call them like he and she. They actually give them a uh, gender. She goes, don't you love him? He's my favorite. The cover for the fucking journal. Don't you see it's that leather. and say, I can't watch this? <laughs> well, I do. I, I try not to get too, but I'm kind of like, gee, you know, I'm a little jealous. I would like that cover. But what would I use it for? I only have one journal. I bought like but 50 I covers. <laughs> I, bought, I bought a bunch of covers. And meanwhile... I only have one journal. So what am I going to do? Change up my covers? What cover shall I use today? Hmm. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. And they, they appear to live somewhat of an Amish style, style lifestyle. Like, oh, yeah. They're making everything. Yeah. Yeah. They make a lot of stuff. And it's impressive. I mean, that they, I don't know. They seem very happy. But uh, everybody thinks you should watch them do that. You know, yeah. they, they're all, they've all got a camera on themselves. Yeah. 
I don't I started care getting... about the stool you you uh, you know refinished. Then I go on in, in, in an incredible waste of time. I was trying to learn about inks. Like what ink? Like what what ink do you put in your pen? Right. So I started watching different inking, like journal things where people test out inks. And so uh, I bought a bunch of inks. Ninety percent of them blow because you can't even see them on the page. I, I bought one called the uh, Sunset Red. It, Sunset Red. It was fucking pink. I couldn't see it. <laughs> But uh, oh I wish they, I wish you could see some of these people. Like they only see their hands, and I'm uh, picturing they have enormous bushes. I can't imagine these these women shave their bush. This is, I think this is the craziest. I, I, the way you extrapolate it always goes to what do they look like with yeah. their clothes off? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you know me pretty well. What a brain! I'm like, <laughs> I'm like <"Does> she, <laughs> what a, a mind is a terrible thing to waste. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not thinking about anything else. I'm not I'm I'm thinking mostly about whether this woman shaves her bush. I feel like blowing my mind up. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. I don't know. Every time I, I watch these videos and I see the hands, I'm picturing Benji with lipstick, you know what I mean? <laughs> 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 oh man yeah but anyway that's a cool song isn't it yes it is yeah i found some other music too that was really good oh i was watching that sopranos movie you know the prequel and i got right, emotional yeah. you know because young tony soprano is laying in bed i think he was getting high and he's listening to music and you see what came on uh, on the on his stereo was never in my life. Uh, Leslie Weston Mountain. Yes, was, I thought about that. I was like, yeah. Leslie would be so happy. Yeah, Tony Soprano. He's laying in bed. He's a little, you know, chubby kid, and uh, you know, he's from a kooky family, and he's got his eyes closed. You know how Tony Soprano, even as an adult, would always get a little bit fucking introspective. So he's laying on his bed, contemplating his future, and he puts on um, he puts on his stereo, uh, Mountain. It was pretty yeah. This one. I thought that was great. Soundtrack that, uh, yeah, it was good. Prequel. Oh, and I found I found out the in, uh, the answer to the question that I kept having was uh, whatever happened to the Fugees? I thought they were an incredible band. The Fugees. Uh, you know how into them I was in the nineties. Yeah. You know, and especially Lauren Hill. God, she had it all. Good looks, the fucking voice, all radical. Love yeah. that shit. She's like, they were, all of the Fugees were into refugees, like standing up for refugees. I'm like, oh my God, who would even think to worry about refugees? But they did. Where are the refugees? <laughs> yeah, I don't even know what it meant. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah, me too. Whatever it takes to get into your pants, honey. But uh, I was watching something called, uh, any type of concert, I'll, I'll tape just to see what's going on. I'll DVR. And um, this was something called the Global Citizens Concert I was watching. And it was kind of boring. But then all of a sudden, at the end, I'm seeing Wyclef Jean and Lauren Hill. And they go, the Fugees. So I guess they're back together, the Fugees. Oh, wow. Because I thought those two were like at war with each other or something. I don't they know why they broke very up. very quietly. Yeah, the last time I saw Wyclef, he was in a concert by himself. Yeah. Right. 
And they did No Woman, No Cry, where mostly Wyclef sang. And then Lauren Hill, who looked hot still, is standing on stage going, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. right. Yeah. 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 yeah, you could do that. <laughs> could somebody hire like, me to do that? <laughs> I was a little disappointed, you know, because I was like, I want to hear Lauren Hill. No offense to Wyclef. He's good, too. But I was kind of excited. Like she's just sort of standing there while he's singing with No Woman, No Cry and changing the lyrics up. But, uh, yeah, here's what I found. It was good, though. Happy to see him together. No friends. In she just would double his voice once in a while. But uh, they're together. They're on their. It turns out they're on their 25th anniversary tour. Oh, okay. Yeah, I remember Wyclef Jean one time came in our studio. I remember him like almost like having sex with you. Well, Ooh, you he really had hit told it off. You he knew how to have sex with a woman standing up. Right, and he demoed on you, right? And he said, see, come here, Robin. And I was the model for that demonstration. Yeah, you, uh, you were right there. Big dick energy. Right. <laughs> I remember that I vividly. And I was like, should I step in or maybe? I don't know. I, I don't dick. know what's going on. <laughs> I love dick. Sometimes, sometimes you and your antics uh, leave me in a quandary. antics? Like, you yeah. were the one who he said, I can show you. Well, listen. Is it growing? You were in another room. I you didn't have to come in. It's it moist. caused a dilemma for me. Well, you would. Did you hear about that thing in Philly where the people were on the subway and a woman was being raped and nobody did anything? Yeah, I did read that. Yeah, that's what it was like that day. <laughs> no, I know. I, I, no, you were. Duress. You were a will. You were not under duress. I know that. Now, let's be clear. But everybody uh, just stood there and looked anyway. <laughs> Yeah. Jump in my pussy. I always liked those. Uh, I mean, I remember a million years ago, there was some major story where a woman was killed on the streets of New York because people were in their apartments. They heard her screaming and nobody ran down and nobody, nobody called, called 911. Yeah. Nobody called anybody. And like, I always like people go, of course, if I had been there, I would have jumped in. Robin knows I'm, I'm not that guy. She's learned that a long time ago. I'm jumping in on anything. I'd be quicker to jump in. <laughs> yeah, Robin will jump in. Well, Robin's good at volunteering me. <laughs> I've told that story many times when we were driving around and we saw a guy stealing a bicycle and Robin goes, you should go out there and, and stop him. I said, me? <laughs> I go, Robin, look at that guy. You think I could stop him from doing anything? He's we're young and he's right here in this car. Yeah. You see me? I'm in a limo. What were the odds <laughs> of me ever being in a limo in my entire life? I ain't getting out. So, you know what? Whoever's bike that is, they're just going to have to replace it. I wasn't doing anything. Robin was quick to volunteer me. <laughs> Howard, aren't you going to do something? <laughs> yeah, yeah. She goes, you should jump out of the car and stop him. I got, do you see a badge on this jacket I'm wearing? <laughs> 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 
You know what I did? I rolled down. The, I cracked the window and went, hey, nice bike. You can see why you're a fan. <laughs> I'm sure that's your bike, sir. Uh, you just probably forgot your key. I got that's it. Right. <laughs> yeah. Okay, have a good day. My bike's over there if you need another one. Good thing you have that chain cutter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But uh, it did emasculate me that day because, you know, I would have liked I to have been a hero. I to do that. I was like, what are well, we supposed to do? We. <laughs> We're seeing a crime committed. What do you mean, we? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know that, like, like Jason, too, I, a lot of the guys I employ are pretty roly-poly and not tough guys. I purposely hire the ones that are weak because I don't need anybody <laughs> around here who can kick my ass. Uh, I remember Jason telling me a story. He, Jason and a group of guys we worked with were witnessing a woman getting mugged, and they did nothing. They just kind of Oh, my like, God. You know, they, they just watched. They're like, well. Is that who I'm surrounded by? <laughs> yeah, don't, this crew around here, don't expect them to fucking get involved. You're, you're on your own. I hired a bunch oh. of like-minded people. A bunch of cowards. <laughs> There's no Colin Powell's here doing two tours in Vietnam, that's for sure. We're more like a bone spur guy who dodged the draft. <laughs> <laughs> Some crew around here. You know. Yeah, right, OJ? Yeah. I should, uh, oh, hey, wasn't that a couple of years ago you told me? It was a bunch of oh, years yeah. ago, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, no, this is like 13 years ago. We were in Amsterdam, and hi, but not this, and we saw, we were on a bridge, and this nice woman drives her bike by us, and then like 50 feet in front of us, and she just got stopped and mugged, middle of the day. And mm. uh, we all just stood there huddled up saying, you're going to do something? You're going to do something? And we all just mm. stood and watched it happen. And uh, That's wow. a cool move, like where you go, yeah. hey, who, come on, what do you think we should do? And then by the time you're discussing it, the whole mugging's over. Yeah, it's all over. <laughs> Let's go do something. But it's a worse fear. Something horrible is happening to you, and a bunch of high idiots are trying to figure out how to handle this situation. Well, there's a bunch of dudes I know, real brave guys. I like hanging around them because I, I act like a tough guy when I'm with them. But I have friends who served in the military. And like they, like they, they tell me stories in Afghanistan where they just, you know, they had to protect somebody and, the, and they're like, yeah, I shot the fucker in the head, you know, and like, uh, and saved the dignitary or something like that. They have all these cool stories. And I'm like, yeah, 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 I would have done that too. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but of course they wouldn't have. Most <laughs> <Well>, people <laughs> there are guys to do this crap. Yeah. There are guys who would do that. I have a friend who actually, um, he saw a car accident and he saved the guy's life. And, and then it turned out the guy had AIDS, but he had risked his life even, you know, and he had to be around the guy's blood and all this shit, all this, yeah, all these acts of bravery. Like that. We read about them. Yeah. We just don't and know I hang out. <laughs> I know. I actually, believe it or not, I know some of them and I can only hang out with them so much because, you know, after a while I'm exposed as a, you know, like they're like, yeah, yeah what have what you done? What story do you tell? <laughs> oh, uh, I go, uh, yeah, you know, uh, one time I really stood up to the FCC, like, fuck you guys. I did, you know, I, 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 I did, uh, bestiality dial a date. I didn't give a shit. And they're like, what? Get the fuck out of here, you fucking weirdo. <laughs> There's some horrible story in the news right now about some woman who was raped on the train and everyone just stopped. Yeah, that's what started this. Mm -hmm. It was like, oh my goodness. Yeah, nobody, they, it went on for eight minutes. It yeah, wasn't I remember even a short thing. When we were on the subway, there's some scary individuals down there. And, and and then one time Fred and I said, you know, we had a private conversation, like, what if someone attacks Robin? So we both carried attache cases. Don't ask me why. <laughs> we're two idiots in radio, but we had I had a metal attache case and I think oh, I Fred had something similar. 
And so we had this plan that if someone attacked Robin, we would beat them with our attache case. You know, that was the best we could come up with. And that I, you was know, your weapon. That was the weapon you yeah. into the subway. Yeah, we were going to, like, kind of hit someone. That, you know, that, but who knows what the reality, you know. Reality is, if Robin got attacked, I, that's my, you know my move. I, I pretend to be tying my shoe and I didn't see anything. <laughs> yes. Whoops, you... Do you ever do that uh, dumb move? We oh sorry, where you walk with your keys in your fist when you're scared? Like, like, like if yeah. someone comes at me, I'm just gonna. Oh yeah, I, I don't yes, even yes, know how yes, to throw yes. a punch with enough force for that right. to even make a, a difference. <laughs> I've tried that on like a punching bag, and I hurt my hand because the key <laughs> drove into my hand. <laughs> One of the guys here we used to work with had to teach me because I used to make a punch wrong. I used to put my thumb inside. Like no. this when we, we, and he like goes, this. no, you'll break your thumb that way. Yeah, you got to put your thumb. Yeah, yeah it's a whole. I know how to do it. It just never works out for me. Yeah. <laughs> I took karate. That was a farce. And then I got kicked in the throat and I said, you know what? I'm not doing this anymore. Yeah. No. That sounds mm. terrible. Yeah. It was bad. I was like. <laughs> <laughs> they hum- the, the teacher had to humble me. I was like, you know what, dude? I work in radio. You can't be humble in my fucking yeah, throat. Yeah, you can't be kicking you in the throat. Yeah. Cash a paycheck, man. Don't don't humble you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I slipped. I hit you. Yeah. Don't teach me a lesson. But, uh, uh I don't know. Yeah, fine. Anyway, yeah, it's crazy. Me. You, you, no. you no. don't know who you are until you're in that situation, I guess. Oh, no, I was pretty sure I knew who I was. I, uh, yeah, me too, I didn't by surprise the way. myself. <laughs> I wasn't like I all sad afterwards going, like, wow. Yeah. I, <laughs> I'm very unbelievable. Cool. All right. Thank you, uh, Jason. By the way, how many pounds have you up to? Look at this guy. Skinny as could be. How many 77, pounds? 77. 77 pounds. pounds wow. he took off. Yeah, that's impressive. Since, since January. Uh, so, yeah. What do you weigh now? Uh, 224. Jeez, you still weigh 224 and you took off 77 pounds. Jesus. Well, it's funny. I was telling Will this. I, saw, I, I moved recently, so I, I saw a new doctor. And so my doctor wasn't aware of what I looked like or weighed, really. I mean, I know what's in the charts. So I go... And I weigh in at 220, whatever I was at at the time. He sits down. He's like, you know, man, we got to talk about your health. You're at the time of your life where you have to start thinking about, you know, losing weight. And getting. And I'm just like, no, I want the I want the credit, man. I want the credit. Well, don't switch doctors in the middle of weight loss. You know? That's right. That's the moral of that story. Yeah. Right. Now, you got to take off another 50, right? Am I, am I wrong? I, I'm looking to lose another 40 for sure. I want to get down to Good. 190. That's what I'm looking to get down to. And, and then we'll take it from there. And still on the uh, Nutrisystem, huh? Doing that nutri system. Just had my peanut butter bar this morning. Um, nice. I, I love it. I love. I love. It. I, I've, I've now grown to love. Loss, you know? I know. Right. That's the moral of that story. <laughs> yeah. Right. Now you got to take off another fifty, right? My, am I wrong? I, I, I'm looking to lose another forty for sure. I want to get down to one ninety. That's what I'm looking to get down to, and, and then we'll take it from there. And still on the uh, nutri system, huh? Doing that nutri system. Just had my peanut butter bar this morning. Um, nice. I, I love it. I love, I love, I, I've, I've now grown to love the fucking food. I uh, look forward to it. So, yeah. um, yeah, it's working. What can so I you say? You can love I'll... anything. Yeah. Yeah. Well, my taste buds have totally changed. Like it is weird. Like when you diet, like I can't even dr- look at a soda now because it's like way too sweet. It like hits, you know, it hits weird. So yeah, yeah, I guess you just learn, you just learn your body just adapts to whatever you keep putting in it or whatever. Are you working out at all? Yeah. Uh, well, not with weights, but like the elliptical and the hydro and yeah. walking, cardio. nature walks, hikes. I'm hiking now. They, 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 I got all the nice. gear. Yeah. He might start journaling. You never know. Sitting on the <laughs> yeah. Get on there, man. Get on it. Get, get multiple journals. 
<laughs> diet journal, hiking journal, yeah. eating journal. You got to have a, a journal for everything. Journal. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Hey, Gary's into this, uh, you know, tracking Karens. I don't even know how originally they started calling women who scream and yell their very, you know, their opinions, their dumb opinions, uh, Karens. Do you know the origin of that, Gary? I don't. I don't. I just know that it's you know women who are like privilegedly white women, middle aged privileged women who are demanding you know of uh, to be up front to sit in the best seat to get see the manager. But I don't know where how it became a Karen. We have a woman front. Her, her name is Karen, but she's not a Karen. But I wonder uh-huh. if it bothers her. And I said, I said to Beth, I should rename her Francine. Then she wouldn't have to be Karen. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Help her out. <laughs> help her help her out a little bit with a new name. <laughs> okay. Like, here you, know, you go. When Hitler was a good name. Adolf was a good name. You know? Yeah. And then all of a sudden Hitler came along and you got stuck with Adolf too. When I was growing up, I knew this dude. He was a Jewish dude. His father's name was Adolf. And I was like, always like, you know, I was like, that's got to be fucked up. His name was Adolf. And uh, I remember. And I was like, oh, God, they ruined that name. Yeah, that by the way, off the list now. Nobody wants that name. Yeah, he was named Adolf probably before Hitler came to power. So then he was stuck with Adolf, I guess. Howard, when I was I a know. paper boy, when I was a paper boy and I was a kid, one of the guys I used to go collect from, he was like a custodian and it said Adolf on his shirt. And every time he opened the door, it just freaked me out. <laughs> yeah, they ruined that name. <laughs> I wonder if that name could recover. Like like one of the, you know how the Hollywood people always have weird names for their kids? You know, right. like, I, you know, like I wonder Somebody if. Somebody should like, take Adolf and try yeah, to survive like, it. <laughs> you know, get, get, roll the dice on that. See if you can make Adolf cool. <laughs> you know? Well, you know that Kanye West, I heard, just changed his name to Ye. Yeah, Ye. well, the, Yeezy. No, Ye. Y-E. Ye. Ye. But he calls it Ye. No, he says Ye. Yeezy. Well, I don't know. The newscaster I heard it from said it was Ye. Well, you don't know what he's saying. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know either. So he dropped the uh, con. He's just Ye. 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 Right. Oh, well, yeah, maybe that's it. Yeah, he's Ye. Like con Ye. Yeah. He's Ye. Good for him. It's not easy to he, change your name. that uh, his uh, friends... Use that yay nickname for him. Awesome. Good. I don't have to deal with it. I don't know the man, so I can just (laughs) ignore that part of his life. (laughs) Robin tried to change her name for a while. Fred did, too. A lot of people I work with tried to change their name. It didn't work. Fred went all the way legal, and it still didn't work. Nope. I even got an email from Fred the other day, and it it said, Fred Eric Norris on the the email. (laughs) And I go, it's still not working. Because he's still Fred. Yeah. And you, I was telling uh, Beth that whole story again with Robin Ophelia. <laughs> I was like, I am now going to be called Robin Ophelia and I will not answer if uh, you do not call me. And we all laughed and we kept calling you Robin. <laughs> and nobody ever did. No. It, it was so great. It was so great because it was like a Monday morning, first thing in the morning announcement. Like, well, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. We had she no goes, idea yeah, yeah like I'm about to start the show off, you know, my usual one. And all of a sudden, I have an announcement to make. And I'm like, uh-oh, what the hell is this? <laughs> you know, what? what is it? I am now Robin Ophelia Quivers. And if you, and like a threat, if you de- call me Robin, I'm not answering you. And I go, okay, Robin. <laughs> I remember there was, like, that weird mo- there, there was that weird moment in the studio where we all locked eyes with each other. 
And we're yeah. like, is this for real? Like, are we supposed to <laughs> this is a joke? I think she felt if she threatened us, we would, you know, we would fall I in line. you when... would go along with it. You right. just ignored me. <laughs> but Fred tried the complete opposite approach. He kept it quiet that he had changed his name legally to Eric and uh, never told anyone. We found out surreptitiously. Yeah. Like, like, we saw his driver's license or something, and... He even went to the trouble of changing his license and everything. I mean, like the whole the whole deal, well, all his credit cards. Legally, you go to court and you have yourself yeah. declared. You got to change everything. And here's the problem: the rest of the world isn't going along with it. <laughs> so, Fred <laughs> on his passport is Eric. Uh, That's yeah, yeah, That's correct. Yeah, the That's late right. great Richie Herbie ratted me out. Yeah, how did he find out? Because it was uh, on the FCC license, and he went to Gary and goes. Uh, who is this? Uh, what, what is this all about? I, I don't know who this is. What, what does his yeah. name mean? Yeah, yeah, and he's like all confused, Richie, right? Like, like you know, many, hey, many confused you know, this him. is a government license. If he's making up I, something, I don't know. Maybe she's not from this country. He could be a spy. We have right. to watch out for the FCC. Yeah, he came and ran, and he says, you know, he was afraid of her. He's like, don't say it came from me, but I think Fred no, he, changed his he, name to Eric. He wasn't that afraid of me. He threatened me no. at, at a at a show one time because I was telling him to uh, kind of snap it up. We were just about to go on the air. We were doing a remote, and I think he went to Gary and go, you tell him to shut up or I'm going to kick his ass. Mm, oh. <laughs> Remember that, Gary? <laughs> No, but it sounds like it happened, and it's funny. Oh, it happened. It really happened. And I was like, oh, I just wanted to get us on the air. I'm sorry. Oh, Let's see who there? this is real quick. Yeah. Oh, it's Mel Gibson. What do you want to say? Elf is a fantastic name. Let's bring that one back. It's so powerful, right. it rolls right off the tongue. Hail, Elf! Thank you, thank you. He likes the name Adolf or Adolf. <laughs> okay. All right. So let me do this real quick because I got uh, Kate Beckinsale coming on. And I got a lot of ground to cover with her. Okay. But uh, yeah, these Karens, here, here's what it says. The term Karen, according to Wikipedia, is a pejorative term, whatever that is, for it a woman. It's not a great name for you. <laughs> oh, thank you. Big word there. Pejorative term for a woman seeming to be entitled or demanding beyond the scope of what is normal. It's also used for describing white women who use their privilege to demand their own way. Also used for women who demand to speak to a manager and who are being racist. <laughs> yeah, let me speak to the manager about my racism. Oh, oh there, don't worry, thing. Howard. There's plenty, plenty of good examples of that. Yeah, so Gary put together a, a lot of Karens here. Here, let me get up the first one. This is pretty good. I love listening to these, too. I got to admit, I like when Gary does this kind of stuff. This is uh, a Karen who feels they're above the law, right, Gary? Yeah, she gets stopped by the police because uh, she got pulled over for looking at her cell phone. She immediately gets mouthy. And then, and, you know, this one inevitably devolves into racism. Well, she's white and is the officer black? He's Hispanic, I believe. Oh, okay. Got it. Got the setup. Of course, the, these women, they, they just can't accept any. They, they just get your ticket and be on your way. But here we go. And so you're giving me a cell phone ticket? Is that why you're harassing me? 
not harassment. Yeah. I, I am enforcing the law. I now. have a right to and record the police when they're harassing me. By all means, but you can't do it while you're driving. I was, I can, I wasn't, doesn't texting or none of that. Do you have, and you, had a you picture? scared me and made me think you were going to murder me. Okay, well, I'm sorry you feel that way. <laughs> well, you're, that's not just a feeling, you're a murderer. Can you zoom in on that for me, Sure. Jay? Thank you. And I'm perfectly legal, and I'm a teacher. So oh. there. Congratulations. Murderer. You're a murderer. What's your last name? I can't see that there. Well, if here you, you go, murderer. Stop shaking. Zoom in on that for no, me, No, because right? you're scaring me. Oh, you're threatening to kill me and my son. There you go, ma'am. Sign inside for the red box a, right there. For him being a Mexican racist. Here you go, Mexican racist. You're always going to be a Mexican. You'll never be white. You know that, right? You'll never be white, which is what you really want to be. You there you go, be dear. White. Have you, a good day. You want to be white. How does, he, how does he refrain from pulling out his weapon and using it? Well, because, you know, he's already been called a murderer and accused of murdering people. <laughs> he right. he'd better stay away from that. <laughs> I like she's a teacher. That's really Well, this is why up. I, you know, I hate to say this. I know there are many, many good teachers, but the examples we're seeing of teachers are not great these days. And she's that's not a good why representative, we have this problem, problem in America. She's a teacher. You don't think she's capable of being a good teacher? <laughs> I don't think she's capable of teaching. <laughs> All right. The next one up is... Um, this again is from the summer in June, right? This is uh yeah. Oh, this is the Karen who was asked to leave the discount store. Right, but of course uh, she's a white woman who runs into a black manager, and you can only imagine what happens. <laughs> doesn't doesn't uh yeah she she calls the black manager a monkey, right? That is correct. Yeah, it's fucking I. It's unbelievable. These people live in homes, you know, people have yeah. to be around them. They have jobs, too. Here. And you are a prejudiced, ignorant, nobling motherfucking bitch is what you are. Please leave. Oh, I'm leaving. Please leave. I'm asking you to leave. You're going to I promise you that, you fucking no good bitch. Okay, that's fine. You guys want to call racism? Bitch, you're more racist than what you're talking about. Okay. Fuck you, you Please fucking leave. black bitch. Okay, that doesn't bother me. Fuck you. Okay, have a good day. Don't, don't dance around on your porch like a fucking monkey, you Get out. Mm. Nice and angry, that one, huh? And I guess the they believe... people have to remain calm and just usher them out as opposed well, to, you know... I've seen some what tape you really where like to do. <laughs> someone, yeah, well, I've seen some tape where somebody like just fucking punches them right in the face. Yes. yes. Yeah, really? Great. Yeah, it's yeah, great. Because they deserve it. The guy was, I saw one where it was a liquor store. It was a skinny, tall, white guy and this pretty, you know, middle-aged black guy, but like, you know, beefy. And the guy whips out the N-word. The black guy just fucking put him down. Right, right. right, like front, right on the floor. <laughs> uh, here's another one from July. These are all summer Karens. Well, this woman live-streamed herself being kicked off a Royal Caribbean cruise after testing positive for COVID, there's a lot of this shit going on. You know, these uh, anti-vaxxers she's still entitled, even though she has COVID. Yeah. And uh, Howard, what did Howard? Yeah. This one, I call her a Dr. Karen. There's a lot of different kinds of Karens. She's a Dr. Karen because now she just starts spouting medical uh, knowledge that she doesn't have. Right. Yeah, she's an expert. Look, it sanitizes everything. As if we're really contagious. As if I really have COVID. 
I had COVID three months ago. I have high positive antibodies. I took the test at my doctor's office. Look, just, just look, there's an ambulance outside for us. Oh, wait, you're not putting me in no ambulance. You're not putting me in a car until Keith comes down here. Val, no, I said don't take me out yet until Keith signs the paper. Don't roll me fucking back anymore. I, then don't take me down here. I'll jump right off this wheelchair. And if I get hurt, you're going to be doubly responsible. Put the brakes on right now because we ain't freaking moving. I'm going to be in charge of my own fucking life. I'm tired of Royal Caribbean telling me what I gotta do when you're fucking lying to us. You're fucking lying! I'm getting, I think I'm gonna have a heart attack. How dare we not even be here? If I have a heart attack live on fucking Instagram, won't this be a story for the freaking press? I feel tightness (laughs) in my chest right now. I I can't, I'm dizzy. Throw her overboard. So, so Howard, imagine being trapped it. on a boat with her for a week too. You know how her dumbness. Her well, this dumb is another fucking... reason I'm never taking a cruise. You know, you never know oh, when cruise. she'll pop up. <laughs> cruise man, you're on. You're in the middle of the ocean. You're stuck. You can't get off with these people. She claimed that she tested negative twice, and then she said that Royal Caribbean falsified her COVID test. So she's a handful. <laughs> Here's another loud Karen. But this is the one you named Boo-Hoo Karen. Why'd you name her Boo-Hoo Karen? Because she's just screaming and yelling Boo-Hoo. She was, I, I'm not even sure what happened. She was just in, in, in an airport in Texas, and she was denied access to a flight. I'm not sure why, but that's, she's like a loud, yelling Karen. She threw me to the ground. I'm running the manager of the fucking airport here. Who saw him choke me to the ground? Who saw me? I saw you run through the door when you weren't supposed he to. I saw him push you out. You deserve a mistake. Boo hoo. Boo hoo. Boo hoo. You <laughs> fuck <laughs> off. Excuse me? I want the manager of the airport here. Boo hoo. She wants the manager. Yeah, the manager. The airport. Of the whole airport. <laughs> Bring him in. It is kind of like your mom, though, right? Oh, please. Again, these all give me PTSD. This is exactly what my mom would do. (laughs) Oh, dear. (laughs) Could she get up to that level of sound? Hell yeah. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. When my mom used to yell at me, she'd get up to that level. Like, she'd turn red and scream at me. I don't even know what I did. Yeah, she would just get crazy if my room was dirty. Like, just, you know, by dirty, I mean like a T-shirt on the bed. She'd be beside her. She'd just be like, T-shirt on the bed. I can't even do it with my voice. Like, like I was just like, man, you got to chill. And then she'd get that, that hanger and want to hit me. And I go, you know, you can't, you can't hit me, old lady. Got to stop now. Like a fucking maniac. My mom would scream so loud that I used to call it like a thermometer effect. Her face, you could see the redness going up her body, and her face would turn red like a thermometer. And she would stand in one spot and scream with all her energy, scream as loud as she could. Like, my mom had no parents, so that's where I thought it came from. Like, she was turning me into the parent, and she couldn't get her way, so she'd scream. Like, did your mom have a, she couldn't have had a good relationship with her mother and father, right? Because she's tantruming. She claims she loved her mother, and I think she had a weird relationship with her dad. I think my grandfather yeah. 
I think my grandfather had a lot in common with Sal's dad. I think my grandfather had a lot of girlfriends. Uh, oh. Okay. All right, here's another. You enjoying these? Because I got one more here. And then we did a phony phone call with a Karen. Wait, well, I'll play oh, that wow. for you in a minute. But this is uh, one more loud Karen. Is this the one from Victoria's Secret where the woman has the tantrum? Yeah, she just freaked out. We're not sure what led to this, but... Um, she, I guess she felt someone was filming her, and she did not like that at all. Yeah, this is in Jersey, uh, New Jersey Mall. I, and, like, she's kind of this ch- – first of all, I don't know what she's doing. I guess they make large sizes because I saw her. She was a pretty large woman, right, at the Victoria's yeah. Secret. Well, she could have been shopping for someone else, Howard. <laughs> there you go. Okay, okay, fair enough. <laughs> not making any judgments. Not much. But, but but she was just like crying and she was a mess. Listen to her. This black chick was uh, videoing her. She's this chubby white blonde woman, young woman, and uh, the the black woman was like, "I better fucking video this because they're going to accuse me. The cops are going to come and accuse me of some shit." So all she did was just record this woman, and she went berserk. Mm. That sound, man. <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> I got to admit, when online shopping was invented, I was kind of bummed about it. Oh, but this amen. is why it was. Yeah, they, they, this is why I like online shopping. I don't have to hear any of this shit. Grown <laughs> Crazy lady. Okay, she attacked me and tried to say I attacked her. You cut. Look at you. Get away from me! Oh, y'all gotta get this lady! Get away from me! You gotta. You have to see her too. Security! Look at this! Yes, can y'all get Get her away from me! Get her away from me! She's laughing. She was just like. Hey, I know when the cops show up, they're going to call me away. I better have some evidence that it wasn't me. Yeah. People go, why do you love Jeff Bezos so much? I go, because you know what? I can get anything I want, right? Delivered to my house. I don't have to deal with this shit. That's right. I used to remember Christmas shopping, and I'd watch these people come up to the counter and completely abuse the cashier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, just go crazy. And the poor cashier can't do anything about it. Listen and they just sound. felt perfectly entitled, yeah. By the way, they, they start screaming for the manager. There's no manager on earth that can solve that problem. I know they're called <laughs> managers because they're supposed to manage problems, but that, this, this is a thing. I think Solomon psychiatric. for this one. Call, start screaming Solomon. Bring Solomon. How do you make a sound like that? Hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I can't. Hey, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I... I'm, <laughs> <laughs> Most managers are like 20 years old because the three people before them all quit a month apart. <laughs> That's why Jeff Bezos has rocket ship money because of women like this. Yeah. They drive you fucking crazy. Yeah. Okay. So here's some fun. We took tape of uh, a Karen called, of course, an internet radio show. All these conservative <laughs> internet radio shows. Um, so Richard called up his rusty. And, uh, you know, he's trying to get his comment out, but these Karens keep harassing him. It's fucking good. Here, here we go. 
Have some fun with Karen's. Hey, so mark my words. The 2022 midterm elections will be wrought with fraud. We have a caller. Who am I speaking uh, to? Uh, good. This is Rusty. I just want to say I love this topic. Um, I'm, hold on one second. I'm just going to pull over into somebody's driveway here, so I'm not driving and talking. And uh, But, yeah, the 2022 midterms are, you know. Uh, oh, no. Somebody's coming out of this house. Uh-oh. Get the fuck out! Hey, language. Uh, ma'am, I'm on the radio right now. Can, can I just finish my point? Get the fuck out of here! Uh, sir, if you could still hear me, can you call me back? Uh, well, not really. She's pretty unhinged. Can, can you try talking some sense to her? Me? Uh, what do you... I didn't tell you to park in her house. Well, it, it's your show I called, so Get you're away! part of this, too. Here. <laughs> How am I part how am I part of this? I will not have it. You understand that? Have what? Him parking in your driveway? Uh, who is this? I have to identify myself. Well, if you're cursing on my show, you have to tell me who you are. Actually, I don't. It's called Common Law. You should read up on it. I do not. I know Common Law. I talk about it often on the show. And oh, if you no. The sheriff's here. Uh, the guy on the radio must have called him. I didn't call anybody. She must have called him. You want to fucking lie? I'm not lying. I didn't call the sheriff. Because there was a fucking sheriff there! Good. I think both of you should go to jail for ruining my show. A sheriff! <laughs> fucking put his hands on me! Good. I hope he takes your phone away, too. Uh, he's cuffing her. Hang up. Good Lord, man. Hang up. Oh. Good Lord. What the hell is happening today? What's happening to our country? People have lost their freaking minds. I pray for this country, all right? Let's take a deep breath. We have another call. Let's pray they're not insane. Hello? Uh, hey, it's me again. I am so sorry about that. They <laughs> took her to jail, and I, I drove away and found an empty parking lot. So can I just finish my point about the midterms? <laughs> All right, I should hang up on you for putting me through all this, but I'll give you another chance because I'm just a nice guy. All right, go ahead. All right. Uh, oh, hold on one second. Oh, sorry, I'm just taking a photo. There's a cool mural on the side of this building. Come on, man. Um, the 2022 midterm. Get off the property now! Oh, God. Get off now! It's illegal photography! <laughs> Get the I'm hell! I'm taking a picture oh. of this mural, though. Get out of there and don't call me back. Here, ever. You better talk to her, sir. No, no. Get off. We've been through this. I have nothing to do with this. What's your name? I'm not going to give you my name. I need your name. I'm doing a radio show and this guy Who calls in. What am I being bothered with Ma'am, this? I think his name's Jeffrey. Jeffrey, what? My name isn't Jeffrey. That's a lie. No. That's a lie. What's your name? I'm doing a radio show. That you are on right now. No, you just did an illegal phone. Then yours work here alone. What's your name and number? Excuse my language. I didn't do shit, lady. You want trespassing? <laughs> Two illegal photographs? Three, you're not allowed. Four, you've been yelled at. Yes, I've been yelled at and I've had the enough of it. I'm done talking to you. No, you're not. Yes, I am. Hand the phone to the other guy. You grow up. No, you grow up and never call my show again. All right. Well, today's show went off in a direction that I never expected. 
I hope that everybody listening will pray for those people and more importantly, pray for our country. We're in a bad place right now and um, I just had enough for today, quite frankly. Thanks and talk to you tomorrow. That's kind of how I feel at the end of the show. He was he was fried. He, he just had it. He had enough. Yeah, it was too much for him that yeah. day. But I know he's going to pray about it, so everything should be fine. That should help. That'll that'll probably take care of the problem, I'm pretty sure. Christopher, you're on the air. What's up? Christopher's in Florida. Hey, Howard. No. Yeah, hey, this is Christopher. I wanted to uh, kind of speak with Gary and you hey about my wife. Hey, now. Her name is uh, hey actually now. Karen, and she's probably one of the worst. Hey, now. She's probably one of the hey worst now. Karens I've ever met in my life. Hey, now. And hey now. Uh, I have a three-year-old son with autism that I'm trying to protect her from. Hey, now. And uh, I really What's this guy talking uh, about? Wanted... His wife, Karen. She actually is called Karen, and she says he says she is a Karen. Oh, she's a nut? <laughs> yeah, she's an insane yeah, By the way, uh, I, I like the old-fashioned name for a Karen, nut. Like a nut job. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't need a new name. Here's a nut job. But um, Karen's almost yeah. too nice. So what do you mean you're married to yeah. a Karen? Like, what is she yelling about? Uh, well, about... Uh, Six weeks ago, she or last was about uh, three months ago. She was yelling about how the homies of Me Too and Donald Trump were going to be meeting in Washington, and that if my son didn't get on the right side of the battle, that we would die in a river of blood. Uh, she actually ran into my parents, who are seventy-seven years old. My father fought in Vietnam, uh, and uh, scared the hell out of him. He has PTSD. Uh, I had to have her arrested. I went and got a restraining order. I'm really just kind of trying to see how I could best protect my son and what Gary thinks about what age I should talk to her about. You know, I know her. What, his wait, dad. wait a second. I got a question. What What do you mean she scared your dad? She, like, what was she yelling about? It was 3 o'clock in the morning. She runs into his room and says that she's met Jesus, that we've all been saved, and that it's all going to be okay. We're all going to die soon. But it's going to be all right because she met Jesus and he told her that it's going to be okay. Imagine his old man was in Vietnam, did a tour of duty, and he's scared of his fucking wife. I mean, this must be some nightmare. So what did you do? You divorced this uh, Karen? Yeah, I went and she took my car one night, got in an accident. They called me from some weird state park and said that she was babbling and that uh, they wanted to know if I'd come get her. And I said, hell no. Frickin' call the police. I'm <laughs> Keep her there. Yeah, I'm not I, coming to get her. What am I going to do with her? Gary, this is your mom, huh? Yeah, I, I mean, I'm not sure this is a Karen. This is just a very deranged woman. I mean, right. But, uh, but yes, um, no, well, my, my, mother, my mother was never found bad. Well, hold on a second. I think she is a Karen because what was the first example she was yelling about? Yeah, she was yelling about how the Donald Trump uh, and uh, Me Too movement were going to be battling against uh each other and that if we didn't get together we'd die in a river of blood she's always been one of those kind of social justice mm. warriors she's one person who has like a persona on uh, uh Facebook. let me ask you a question we're just trying to, to determine if she's a karen does she yell about black people all the time oh yeah well she she yells about how you know we don't you know, she's wearing secret racist you know like she wouldn't go across the street if she saw one there but she believes in you know how uh, they've been mistreated, and uh, I don't know how you feel about reparations and stuff, but she doesn't believe in those. She's definitely a secret racist. 
But she's more of anything, mm. just kind of a, a bitch that makes everybody her problems, everybody else's problems. And that, she constantly, opinion, when she goes into a store, does she constantly ask for the manager? Oh yeah, no, she yeah. she probably uh, you know manager. doesn't. Well, you guys yeah, are making the distinction wrong. between craziness and Karens, but I think all Karens are crazy. I'm with you. Yeah. Yeah, I think right. that's what's well, wrong with the to... country. We keep forgiving this behavior like it's some kind of normal behavior. Robin, Robin, I'm wor- we're, we're, JD and I are working on a package. There's so many Karens that we can break it down into categories. So we're working on a package called Karens on a Plane. We're, we got a clip. <laughs> a woman smuggled a portable PA system onto a plane and started talking about how masks shouldn't be used. Like in this loud PA system. It was hysterical. It's great. That's nutty, right? That, you know what? Yeah. That's... That's beyond nutty. That's like that's inventive and nutty. It's, <laughs> you know, you know, and it shows you be inventive. Shows you what a genius she is. You know, to smuggle a PA system onto a plane, you got to be pretty you crafty. You can't get a bottle of water on a plane. No, I remember my mom brought a plastic knife to carve her uh, apple with, and they they busted her for that. I mean, I can't right. imagine. Howard, she had a, um, she had a headset. You know what I mean? Not a microphone. She had like a headset. So she had, she was hands free to yell at me. Yeah. I mean, to get that through, you know, the, the, the metal detector and, you know, the frisking thing. I mean, it's, that's a crafty woman. Pretty amazing. That, that, Pretty amazing. She's like the Joker. But, uh, oh, hey, Christopher, this is weird. Your wife's on the phone. She's all fucking pissed at you. Let me just get her on. Hi. Hi. This is Christopher's wife. Yeah, well, Christopher. Does she have custody of your son? <laughs> yeah, on Tuesday. No, Robin. I uh, went and got a restraining order, and it's uh-huh. uh, I can't find her to serve final. Uh... Shut <laughs> well, she must be really. She must be really. She must be really crazy if she lost custody of her kid. Most women can keep custody of their kid. Uh, Mrs. Christopher, wouldn't you, Mrs. Christopher, Mrs. Christopher, don't you, you must have loved them at some point. I shut up. Yeah, he only loved my wallet. Uh, you know, I uh, oh. married her because I exactly what she said, Howard, that I didn't think that they'd ever give him single male custody of his child. And I should have known that since she was on methadone, that they probably would give methadone. me wow. a better chance. Wow. No. You fucking lie. Shut the fuck up. All right. There this you is go. exactly like her. This is what every day of my life would like. She would sit there and scream in my ears. I would try and get his uh, counseling and do everything I can to at least do an amicable separation and get her set up and have hey, the nice dude. thing, and she just wouldn't have it. Here's the crazy thing you got to watch out for. I'm being serious now. I'm playing psychiatrist. Mm-hmm. A lot of dudes, you know, you get out of that situation, and, you know, you still want to be with a woman and everything. You meet a woman, you marry her and everything. There's a good chance you have uh, bad judgment. You're going to end up marrying another Karen like this. Oh, my gosh, been, Howard. I can't yeah. believe you brought that up. This is why I listen to you so much. Your thoughts and your progression of who you've become over the 30 years that I've been listening since way back at Bongo, Bongo Fiesta, 
you're you're Thank like you. in my mind half the time because he she uh is just like that you know uh yep. I, and i'm counseling right now to find out what's wrong with me why i have such bad that's right that would choose i'm telling you dude i'm like going to give you the best advice you ever got before you get married again and you know you're going to fall in love you're going to go oh this is great she's not a karen don't trust yourself go to a marriage therapist and do like 20 sessions before you mar- get married again because chances are there's a karen hiding in there i'm telling you yeah, they camouflage themselves. They camouflage themselves. Yeah, we're, we're attracted to the right. same thing. Hold it. Your wife's on the phone. Yeah, she wants to apologize. I'm going to get a background check next time, too. <laughs> You're not kidding. dollars in school loans. Christopher wa- about. Christopher's wife, you want to apologize? Why the fuck did you hang up on me, you fucking asshole? Oh. <laughs> exactly like the last time she was in a mental hospital she was yelling at me that you know she was going to put something in my food when she got home if i didn't uh get her out of the hospital and that it, it was just a, a really bad scene. Yeah, and i'm really glad i got a hold of you because you really reaffirmed myself that you know it, it's not like it's my fault or anything we all choose the people we want and we're all just you know trying to be uh, go I'm, a, I'm a bit of a uh, Christopher. I'm a bit of a matchmaker. I found a woman on the phone that I think uh, might fit the bill for your next wife. Here we go. Yes, ma'am. How are you? You're on the air, Marianne. Hello, Marianne. Hmm. Oh, here you go. Hello, hello. Hello. Hello, Marianne. I think you'd be a good match for this guy. Perfect. It's fucking assholes. It's such a <laughs> it's such a good match. What can I do Me for you? Well, now I've got my head on yeah. straight now, and the only thing You're I know is why would I be a good match for that guy? Well, I'm just oh, saying, you just seem Brooklyn, like perfect. he seems like he'd be attracted to you. Me? That's not fair. I'm not a Karen. What's wrong with you? <laughs> You're a Marianne. Put apples on. Put apples on. I'll whip him a new one. How right. Why would you treat me like that? Uh, yeah, come on. Oh my God. You, you just have you have a similar vocal quality to what he's attracted to. Yeah, I think. How, could, how could you do that to me, you long-time fan? I'm not a Karen. I never answer the manager. I never I know. hit my kids. I know. I'm, I'm, a, I'm making a joke. How would my kids never punish? My kids never punish. I know. I know. I know. Marianne, you're, you're wasting your students. That's not you're fair. You're wasting your students. I'm going to have a 69.39. I can't no, even you're... Robin stick up for me. <laughs> <laughs> Robin, somebody. It's kind of hard right now. It's, it's hard. Funny. It's, uh, Marianne, of course, is not a Karen. We know that. No. I just thought her vocal oh quality God. was so good. Howard, yes, yes. Howard can yes. we do this over again? Next time, it's okay. There's a woman who wants to date you, Christopher. She feels bad for you, and she says she might be a perfect match. Yes, ma'am, you're on the air. Yes, I recognize the voice. That's Yoko. That's you mean, Yoko. Yeah, Yoko inspired all these characters. Yes. All right. There you go. Sir, there's hope. There's other women out there. There's a lot of good women out there. 
All right. Thank you. Well, you know what All I right, was thinking the whole time is that's why you have to be very careful as a man because pussy will blind you. Yes. It will yes. make that's you a- deaf. <laughs> I have a poster of that. You know, Miss Robin, and, uh, I wish this was about awesome. pussy. This is, is about. <laughs> All right, Christopher, about good luck. Self-esteem, you know? Hey, thank yeah. you, Howard. I really appreciate you taking the time to do this for you. Put a real <laughs> smile on my face, and you're probably one of the greatest people in media and uh, definitely the greatest uh, radio personality to ever. I, I, I was thinking the other day, there's just no one even who even comes close to longevity. Uh, and uh, being, Well, they uh, did a the study. What the world is doing. To change the topic, Christopher, yes, they did a study. It turned out I am the greatest media person and, without a doubt, the greatest radio person. So you're absolutely right. That is not fake news. And and good luck That's with your Karen. Verified? Thank you. I'm it's never going to put yeah. one in. Yeah, I'm never going to put another person like that in my life. I'll be by myself and, you know, using right. new porn before I ever put anybody like that in my son's life again. Fair enough. Good. Fair enough. Good. Yeah. That's a good thing. And, and and let's point out that there are crazy men and women uh, out there. And uh, of course, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, of course, we have to say that. And uh, here, uh, I'll come back <laughs> to Kate Beck. Disclaimer, there are crazy men and women. <laughs> that's right. I had to remind the audience. Uh, by the way, the opposite of a Karen will be our next Kate Beckinsale. There's nothing <laughs> yeah. crazy about her. She's got it all together. Make that sound. She can't even yell that loud. So <laughs> it's the kind of woman you want. But uh, yeah, let me go out with the Karen's theme song since we did Karen. such a wonderful. Thank you, Gary. Karen. I need your name. Karen. Can I please get a manager? Karen. I need your name. Karen. Go back where you came from. Karen. I'm calling the police. Karen, are you crazy? No. Karen. Get away. Go back to it. Go back to whatever fucking country you belong in. Go back to whatever fucking country you belong. Get the fuck! Why did you do that, Karen? Stop it! It's illegal. I'm suing you. Piece of shit. Hey, Kate Beckinsale is in a new, brand new project. That's what we call it in show business, a project. Uh We never say... Um, you know, movie or something or like that. TV show or miniseries, none of that. Yeah. Most of you who listen to me uh, love this kind of inside information. Kate Beckinsale <laughs> uh, is in a new project, um, which uh, is really good. It's Guilty Party, now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Look at you. Good oh Lord. Oh, my goodness. You look beautiful. Thank, Thank you, Robin. Like but what about Kate? She looks beautiful, too. Yes. Oh, stop it. I'm talking to Kate. <laughs> oh, wait. Kate, let me fix my hair. Maybe you'll be attracted to me. Let's see what happens. I mean, it's, I've been awake so long, I'm attracted to almost everybody. What did you... you is uh, this what you do on purpose to people? You have them awake all night, so they just tell you, you all their shit? Is that what you did? You stayed up all night in order... Oh, that's awful. Oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah. I feel like that yeah. you could put, I just got to really be careful because I'm also in my house. So I've got kind of a weird comfort level and I'm hallucinating. So I really hope I don't say anything I regret. You know what's weird? Like, um, I'm, I'm always amazed by this and I bring it up to anybody who's British. When I watch the guilty, uh, the guilty party, the, yeah. the, the, um, you, you know, the way you slip into an American accent, it really still <gasps> blows my mind because it's believable. You know what I mean? It's, <laughs> thanks. It's, how long does it take to learn something like that? Do you go to a, a vocal coach and they say, this is how Americans speak? And what <laughs> Americans are you imitating? Are they Midwestern 
accent in yeah, well, people? This character was supposedly sort of originated in California and ended up in Denver. So it was a kind of fairly generic one. Um, and yeah, my first ever American accent, I'd not really ever been in America very much. And it was really specific. And it was kind of um, sort of upstate in New York, waspy accent. I didn't really know what that was. So um, I kind what of... What project was that? Was that... Per- that was Pearl Last Harbor? Days of Disco. That was it. Was a project called Last Days of Disco. That was, you know, my first American movie. Um, and the director was from that world and was very, very specific about what he wanted. So I think I had like four sessions with a voice coach, but really, mainly was kind of listening to him and to the other actors and stuff. Um, how did you? But now, yeah, I do a couple of phone calls. How did you? Uh, what, what, I'm kind of unclear on this. Like, I remember you in Pearl Harbor. That was like the right. big movie for you that put you on the map. It was Ben Affleck. Yeah. It was, who else? Alec Baldwin was in that. Uh, yeah, Josh Hartnett. Yeah. John Voight. And, and John Voight. What happened yeah, to this guy? Yeah, he was guy? in it. I mean. Uh, a lot of things. He, I mean, but he he's a brilliant actor, but it's like he went off yeah. the deep end or something, right? He wasn't like that on Pearl Harbor. I didn't notice it anyway, if he was. He was much quieter about it than he is now. Do you stay in touch with a guy like John Voight? Like, you know, hey, I had a good experience with him on Pearl Harbor. <laughs> he's kind of a mentor. He's a bright yeah, guy. He's, he's in an my actor. Life. Yeah, or do you I just didn't. Kinda, yeah, I mean, I had a very small baby at the time, so I wasn't, you know, I wasn't making kind of keeper friends then. I was just wiping sick off myself. Is it really true on Pearl Harbor? So you just had the baby. And, well, uh, she here, was 14 months old. I hadn't just had her. Okay. But uh, Mike, Michael Bay is the director, right, of the Pearl yeah. Harbor. And he's yeah. the dude that says to you, basically, he didn't want you on that film, right? He didn't want Kate Beckinsale in Pearl Harbor. Why not? What was I his beef that He you? didn't. I mean, he picked me, ultimately. I'm sure I wasn't his absolutely number one favorite choice. But he did ultimately pick me. And then he called me on the phone to say, okay, you got the movie. But well, first of all, he said, um, if you get this movie, will you work out? And I... I, I didn't understand the question at all. Um, <laughs> right. Nobody really worked out in England then, unless you were a highly suspicious character, like n- right. nobody did. So I just kind of went, oh, yeah, to play a 40s nurse. I didn't really know what was happening. So I kind of went, yeah. Um, and then he said, okay, you have the part, but you have to work out. And I was like, um, all right. I didn't even know what that meant. And then when I came out to Hawaii, I had a costume fitting and... Um, the costume guy had me try on, I think there was a few swimsuit scenes and, and, and he literally just went gray and said, do you want me to let you know how long you have? And I was like, oh my God, like I, I feel like I lost all my baby weight, but evidently I'm the texture of oatmeal and this won't do. Um, so then they had me in like a really heavy program of working out for kind of six hours a day and eating a you know, piece of cardboard once every three days and things like that. So there was that, but it, it wasn't a kind of anti-female thing really. Cause I mean, what saved me was Ben Affleck saying to me, Oh, they did this to me on Armageddon. And you know, they did it. To, I mean, they, the, the greeting to most people was, have you done your cardio? So I didn't feel as kind of oppressed as a, as a woman, as I might have done. But meanwhile, I was meanwhile in the forties, which was when Pearl Harbor obviously took place. It wasn't right. like everybody was super ripped. You know what I mean? You well, that know, was what I could, that was what I found so baffling because I'd done a lot of English, oops, English movies and things. And so I was, I was kind of trying to figure out like, wow, were, were the, were the forties nurses really like 
pumping iron because I missed, but they, they weren't. There was a different thing. But then, yeah, then, then it, we got through all that and then we went on the press tour and, and, you know, Michael kept saying, <laughs> I, I cast Kate because she's not very attractive and so women won't be intimidated by her. And after about five countries, I was like, I'm actually cut you if you say this again. Like, it's not cool. Um, that is, and I that think is he, crazy. That is a crazy story to me. The director of the movie is trying to sell the movie to the public. And right, he but makes this thing, a, I, but I wait like a second. He, I, I'm not saying you don't like him, but it is a weird thing. Like if I directed you in a movie and you're my leading lady, I'm going to be like out there promoting the fact that I've got this wonderful actress, beautiful woman <laughs> in the lead. But he, his idea is to say, yeah, go see the movie. Because Kate Beckinsale isn't that hot, and she won't threaten women when they go to watch. Well, yes, movie. exactly, and that and that was really the point. I mean, it really it was that we were always asked the same questions, and it would be like Ben, you know, why did you cast Ben? And Ben and I are tight. We did Armageddon, and we're boys, and, and he's so great. And and then why did you cast Josh? And Josh is like, you know, an all time movie star, and he's so manly. And then why did you cast Kate? And it was like because Kate is basically a dog, and no one's frightened. <laughs> you know, it was kind of that. So it was kind of like the first time he said it, I remember going, that's not allowed is it that allowed and then he just kept doing it and i think probably on some level somebody had said to him don't worry that kate's ugly because actually it might be good for us um because you it won't intimidate women I, I think he genuinely felt like that was a you know at the time a plus um because they were imagine? a bit baffled. I mean, they were constantly sticking things to me to make me less ugly. They, I, I had kind of fake uh, chicken cutlets down my bra. I had fake nails on. I had a hairpiece. At the, you know, and I'd get far too hot because we were in Hawaii. So I'd, I, you know, halfway through the day, I'd forget and take one of my tits out and leave it on the catering table. And then Ben would be <laughs> like, um, <laughs> you've done it again. I think he kept them at the end, actually, as a souvenir. But honestly, what a business you're in. And this is why yeah. I think women go crazy. Here's some fucking guy telling you you're not hot now i'm not uh, blowing smoke up your ass i mean you're like one of the hottest women i've ever seen in my life That's extreme. I, I mean so for this a, was a, a man and i didn't grow into my teeth until i was 30 and i wasn't i genuinely was not the aesthetic that he was used to i was a fairly pasty english person you oh know, please who, come I, on i was i was i mean i i, I, I don't I won't say I thought I was ugly, but I, but I, I wasn't his aesthetic, let's say. That, yeah, that is for a guy, for a guy to make a public announcement like that about Kate <laughs> Beckinsale, it, it sounds like a guy who's like out of his friggin' mind to me, you know? I mean, it, come on, dude. Are you, do you really need to put her down? I mean, if she's not hot, no one's hot. I mean, the hot doesn't no, exist then. It's really crazy. <laughs> nah, it's, just, it's just really weird. I don't know. And it's it, also, what is he saying about women that they can't support beautiful women? You know, like, oh. Yeah, there's we, a lot to unpack in that. But you know. Relatable. <laughs> Yeah, because we all hate each other. Yeah. I mean, I think <laughs> yeah. there's, you know, there's a lot to unpack in that. However, it also was 20 years ago, and I'm sure, I'm sure he's evolved a lot. <laughs> How scared were you, uh, going into a big film like that, honestly, as an, I mean, you seem very confident, you know, but I, but I'm looking at, you know, your oh, career right. and you've done, but you've done so many. Were you, were you just like, cause you had done some movies, but they were small movies. I had. And, and when I'd you done, go in, I'd done like a reasonable sized American studio movie, this movie with uh, Claire Danes called Broke Down Palace. That was kind of my first actual studio movie. <clears throat> but no, I mean, at the time, Pearl Harbor was the biggest movie that had ever been greenlit. And to be fair, I really wasn't prepared. Nobody said to me, hey, this is what, you know, you've just finished a Merchant Ivory movie 
adapted from a Henry James novel and, and you've just had a baby. So I just want to give you like a, you know, a small pile of notes on what to expect. That's going to be really fucking different. I just kind of went, Oh, Jerry Bruckheimer directed Flashdance. I love that movie and didn't know anything else. And it was possible at that time to be that clueless because there was an internet. And if you lived in England, America was generally a place where like some people went to Disneyland or got like a speaking spell from, from their aunt. And then you didn't really think about America very much. Like it wasn't, we weren't all kind of mushed together like we are now, you know, like I liked Knight Rider, but that was kind of it, you know? And then, so I got out there and wow, that, yeah, the atmosphere on a set that's got like four units running and people are running around terrified. They're about to be fired every day. And then that's kind of infectious. And then you think you're going to be fired every day. And that was, you know, so much money is at stake. It's just such a different vibe, you know? And the movie made 400, I think it was $485 million, something crazy like that. So when you refer to the craziness, yeah. You mean your life became crazy because you just had a baby and now all of a sudden your face is known and you're 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 a commodity in Hollywood like you're you're a leading lady for sure. Uh so how does your life change? Do people just start bugging the shit out of you? Do you have to uh, just live a more private life and find a new house? How did he how crazy did he get? I I think the thing that was really kind of saved me was the fact that I was so distracted by the fact that I had this baby that I'd not necessarily been expecting that I was going to have and that I was having it by myself um, a lot of the time and ultimately always. But um, so I think she was such a shield for me. I sort of focused so hard on that, that all the other things happening probably were happening, but I, I really, it was so fuzzy in the background. It was very much kind of like portrait mode with my daughter in the picture and then a lot of fuzzy other shit and i was also i was shooting serendipity this other movie at the same time as i was finishing pearl harbor so there was a really nuts period of time where those two things overlapped and one was in new york and one was in la and i had this baby and so that was that was a lot but then after that yeah i mean i it sort of gradually turned into an issue of going oh you're right okay there's things i I don't like, I, I ended up kind of realizing I don't really like going places that are just sort of on my own. But again, it didn't come up much because I was always with my kid. So I had this thing where I would like focus on my kid and people with me would go, oh my God, what's it like? You, you're like a monkey in a zoo. And I genuinely not noticed it. But what so do you, what do you mean? Really like, helped. don't you, when you're an actress <clears throat> and now your dreams are coming true in terms of your career, because you get right. Pearl Harbor, that hits. Now you're on, you're, you're filming Serendipity. Don't you also sort of harbor some resentment, even though it's not logical, but you resent your baby for being in the way of your career? I really didn't because I really didn't feel like she was. I mean, she was at an eminently portable age. She was, you know, on both sets with me all the time. I, I resented a bit the fact that she didn't sleep till she was about eight. Yes, I did wish that she slept better because I was so tired. But, um, but now I, I really did feel very lucky that I had her because I think the other thing is I didn't realize how many awful jackals and vipers and terrible people are in Hollywood until not that long ago when she became much more independent and started driving around. And I suddenly was like, fuck, like it's a really incredible blinders like thing to, to be that focused on like being like a single mom and stuff that I, I just thought, Oh, everyone's, everyone's really nice. And occasionally this weird thing happens, but now I realize, you know, there's quite a percentage of tricky people here. 
In other words, having a baby spared you. If you hadn't had a baby, maybe oh, I, when I, you're on this, like, like dudes would have been like all over you. Maybe, who knows? Maybe you would have partied too hard. Maybe you would have, uh, who yeah. knows? Yeah. I didn't go anywhere. I mean, that's the thing. I literally didn't go anywhere. I had a, if I didn't even have a nanny when I started Paha because I was a fool and I was like, I don't need a nanny. And then of course I had to call my mum to come out and, and my friend who was a hostess at a restaurant in New York and we kind of muddled through. But I, yeah, I really was incredibly naive. And, um, and then eventually I, I ended up getting a, a pretty, a pretty tough nanny who had a really intense social life. So I'd be like, Oh, I'm thinking of going to the movies. And she'd be like, I've got Coldplay tickets. Sorry. And so <laughs> I didn't nanny. go out until about five years ago. And now I'm like, Oh shit, that now, now I'm having the kind of middle-aged experience of what people tend to go through when they're like 20. And it sucks. You don't, uh, you're not supposed to hire a nanny that has a social life. You got to find somebody who's just sort of like a shut in. Exactly. Yeah, I didn't of know course. That. No, she had a very active social life. So when, so after, uh, so you say you have the baby, this, you're yeah. dealing with that during the filming of Pearl Harbor, and then you go right into serendipity, which I, I've seen that movie at least three or four times. I love okay. that movie. Yeah, I really do. Guys, I mean, Cusack. I like that movie. Yeah, because I love r romantic movies. And, uh, I mean, your character is a little strange in that movie because she's like, she just meets the greatest guy of her life and she says to him, well, hey, let's leave it up to chance if we meet again. I, you know, yeah, I, I that wanted was, to. I, that was honestly my problem with it. We had quite a few script meetings while I was still filming Pearl Harbor where I was like, this girl's an idiot. Like, this girl, like, I, the central conceit of this movie is really bothering me because yeah. this is dumb. And I don't really want to be going, women are this dumb. And there was a few other things that were that sort of what didn't end up in the movie that I had. Uh, and they were like, stop worrying about it. It's fine. You're making a fuss. And then actually we did end up reshooting some of the really silly bits. And I think the movie's a conceit. It's like a cute, you know, New York romantic, this isn't really real life type of movie. So I think it's kind of okay. But I know what you mean. It is a Miramax film. And, and you, you know, you yeah. wrote on Instagram recently about Harvey Weinstein. He was the executive yeah. on that. He was the guy, you yeah. know, in charge of that movie. And he insisted on you reshooting some scenes, right? The first couple of scenes of that movie—that was his move. But he was—he was right to do that, right? I mean, he—you know—he—he—he he, he had other qualities that weren't so great, but he definitely was—he was right about that. You wrote about that. I mean, it, on your Instagram, by the way, that Instagram account of yours is so fucking fantastic. Oh, oh my thanks. god! I mean, That's let's so nice face it—no nonsense. Every outfit on there is hot. You're hot <laughs> in every single outfit. It's crazy. I think that's that's not absolutely. True. What are you that's talking about? To say there's quite a you, lot. You know of what? Pants you, and pajamas. Oh please! Quite a lot of that. Pant, when you come on, the only one that you know. Although I want to buy that equipment you use on your cat because we have tons of cats. Yeah. Um, the the thing though, cat they massager. All like it. Yeah. What do you got? Like five million followers on that Instagram. Yeah, pretty much. Can you, can you monetize that? I mean, like that to me, I, I know, know I radio should. guys. I wish I could. How do I possibly do that? How do I, how do I monetize that? Really? I just kind of make a fool of myself and my, and my animals for free, no. which seems. These weird. outfits you wear, I don't know who dresses you. I don't know what's going on, but there's one outfit on there. You did a video. You're in a white outfit and it's, it's like a bra top and a, uh, a skirt and your belly showing. And then like you, oh, you yeah. start out. Yeah, and you do a full spin. I mean, you you really like you know. I, I gotta figure it's five million guys following this Instagram account. There's no nonsense <laughs> no, on I'm there. I'm getting more women. I'm getting more women, which I'm very happy about. It's slowly moving. Yeah. yeah. And you've got this move on there. You always, when you wear a long dress, you always pull it up a little bit and show some thigh. 
You always do in every one of those pictures. And I like it. No, I'm just saying I appreciate recently, it. Only recently, and that was on set, and that's because I had some interestingly patent tights, Howard, actually, is why. But anyway, getting back to serendipity, because I've been dying to ask you about this, because I thought okay. this was really actually very interesting, what you said about uh, old Harvey there. Mm. It, it really is startling uh, what happened to you with him, where you're 17 and you met Harvey. I mean, if that, possibly 16. Well, in other words, this guy, he, I guess he wanted you for a movie, you know, or, or something, and invites you up to his room, which we know Harv, that's Harv's M.O. But I have to tell you, that wasn't unusual at the time at all for American producers and directors visiting England because they didn't necessarily <clears throat> have offices there. It was really normal that you would meet all of them in various hotel suites. I have to say predominantly in the daytime yes that's true right. um but it didn't seem it didn't seem like ooh, massive red flag like n my agent didn't say anything like nobody said anything and the part i think is weird and probably would be different now i hope is that somebody might have said you know i'll go with you or i'll you know at least wait for you in the lobby or whatever but i was you know i was still in high school and the thing was i had revoiced a character in a movie of his that he hadn't liked the performance of and i'd done it for practice because i was just starting out like oh, i was wondering if i'm any good at this and apparently he you know he called my agent and said oh my god she's amazing she's a genius and yeah i was 16 17 years old you're very ready to hear somebody say you're a genius and you're like finally finally after 16 entire years someone has figured this out you know and this is the most and, powerful um, one of the most powerful men in hollywood i mean this is a great point, to... no, i mean maybe if he was or wasn't we didn't know that he was just right. another american producer i'd never heard of him again america disneyland like really really cannot stress how different it was then right and so i showed up and I do think this is another time that me being incredibly naive, not stupid, but very naive, um, really helped. I'd, I'd had quite severe anorexia when I was 15 and, um, and I, you know, I was out of it and I was better. But so when I turned up at the hotel and this very large, not great looking guy opened the door, who to me seemed incredibly old as well. And he had on a bathrobe and I thought, Oh my God, how embarrassing for him because he, you know, he's a bit of a side. And yeah. <laughs> I've got to somehow, he's obviously forgotten there's a meeting. I mean, it didn't cross my, you know, because I didn't find him attractive. It did. And he was so much, he's old and everything. I, it didn't cross my mind that that was an issue. I was still very much a, kind of a child, you know, I, did, I hadn't really right. had a boyfriend yet or anything. So I didn't, he was like a grown up businessman who was, who was in a bathrobe. And I was like, oh my God, this poor guy I can see his, I can see his boobs. And like, I immediately went into kind of, oh, pfft, I'm always forgetting meetings and opening doors in my pajamas. You know, I did one of those, like trying to put him at ease thing and then got in the room and he said, you know, what would you like to drink? And I said, diet Coke, please. And, and he said, no, but have a real drink. And I was not far enough from being anorexic to want to consume calories in a beverage form right. so i went and and again my own insanity completely cushioned all of that because i was you know so busy not drinking because of my own craziness that i that i said no thank you and he said he said no have a drink so i couldn't think of even an alcoholic drink so i said i'll have a bailey's and then he ordered this giant bottle of Bailey's and kind of gave it to me. And I said, oh, you are silly. I'm not going to drink all that because I was busy looking around for the plant pot that I was going to be pouring it in anyway. Right. Not because I was worried I'd get drunk because I didn't want however many calories were in 
thing. Right, you're recovering like, anorexic. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was 16 years old and absolutely batshit. And so then he started telling me I was a huge genius and how amazing I'd saved his film and I was going to be a huge star. And I was thinking, oh, this is so lovely and this is what happens to people and isn't it nice? And I don't know if there was some kind of signal that I missed. He certainly didn't get anything out. He didn't leap on me. He didn't. But I think he must have been fairly confused by how completely naive I was because I was mm. obviously not picking up on anything and also wasn't scared or wasn't anything. And then at some point during this, I went, well, yeah, it's a school night and um, I should really go home now because I've got homework. And he sort of went, okay. And I left and I didn't think anything of it at all. I didn't even go, wow, really weird meeting. I was in his bathroom. I just, I didn't, it was just a meeting. And then periodically he would throw parties in um, in London and invite sort of all the young actors. And I'd go and by that point I'd take my boyfriend with me. And again, nothing weird. And then when I got onto Serendipity, he was really shifty and was like, oh, I've known you since you were really young, haven't I? And I was like, yeah. You mean you picked up you, you picked up the you picked up the creep vibe on Serendipity? I picked up uh, that he was, no, well, I picked up that he was, quite anxious about how specifically old I was. Mm. And, and I was like, yeah, I was. And he went, yeah, how young were you in fact? I was like, I don't know, I think 16 or 17. He was, I didn't do anything. Did I do anything? I didn't do anything. Did I? And I remember thinking, oh my God. Wow. What, first of all, A, might you have, and B, how do you not remember? And C, how often do you do that? If you don't remember, like it was <laughs> right. kind of like a lot of things. But, but he genuinely didn't. So again, didn't particularly stick in my mind. And then I got distracted by the fact that he fired my assistant without telling me. <laughs> um, and then I. How does he do I, that? I don't know, because he was the boss of everything. And so I yeah. went, oh, where's my assistant? And they went, oh, she's been fired and she's banned from the set. And Harvey's got you, somebody else that sort of works in the office and will spy on you or whatever. And, um, and so I was Do you think he fired her because that. she wouldn't put out or something? Do you think that that was going on, perhaps? Oh, Who knows? I don't, I, God, I don't, I really don't think so. But again. I mean, can you imagine he says to you, did I do anything? I mean, there must have yeah. been so many women that he just can't even he keep did. track of whether he hit on him or he acted like normally. He doesn't even yeah. know. And meanwhile, and so that what, was a bit startling because it did make you go, fuck, there's obviously a lot of people who had a very different experience than I had in that hotel room. If he's having to ask me, you know what I mean? Like that definitely yeah. was kind of tough. And, uh, yeah, there was a few, yeah, a few interesting things. Again, never got his penis out in front of me. I think I come off as the sort of person who might hit it with my shoe. Um, yeah. But meanwhile, <laughs> but meanwhile, you got to figure what, what the hell's going through his head? Like he knows he's going to have a meeting with you. Does he think he looks good in that bathrobe? Or is that so he can get to his penis quickly or like, what is know. the fuck? I don't know. And again, I mean, as I said, I took a long time to grow into my teeth and maybe they were off-putting enough that he decided not to get it out. And they <laughs> yeah. were also my shield. Like, who knows? But um, either way, he did, he did not do that. The other weird thing you mentioned was that, which I had forgotten. I mean, I just remember seeing the movie Serendipity, but uh, it came yeah. out around uh, right after 9-11. Uh, happened <clears throat> yeah it was and um, and and the whole cast got together and said i think it's inappropriate for us to go out and promote uh yeah, serendipity in new york uh, it, while the city was absolutely smoking and people couldn't find their relatives i mean me and john were just like absolutely not there's no universe in which we're walking down a red carpet in this situation like it's it's insane 
And we ended up having absolutely no choice in that. And I did feel really uncomfortable about it and was very concerned to not be disrespectful. And even though we, you know, we were kind of forced to do it. And I, you had, when you say forced, Harvey forced you to, like mm-hmm. he said, look, I put a lot of money into serendipity and uh, you guys are actors and you no, had better going. go out. Like it, you're, you're, you're going. going. And, 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 you know, all the agents were like, okay, you have to go, you know. Mm. Oh, so we weird position. That. Yeah. What and the, I wore, yeah. um, I wore a, a, a suit. Like, I just kind of felt weird about, like, you know, slamming it up. Down a red car. Yeah. And, but I mean, I still, yeah. I still you know, made an effort, but I just thought, we need to be a bit sober here. This is already so fucked that we're doing this. And I got in big trouble for wearing a suit. So I got absolutely reamed for that. Well, like, Harvey reamed you for wearing, a, 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 like, pants. Uh, oh, yeah. I mean, I was so shocked, actually, because what a character. He, he called up and said, um, we had kids the same age, actually the same name and everything. And, and he said, will you bring, you know, will you bring your baby over and have a play date with my child? And he'd never asked me to do anything like that ever. Wow. And I, again, didn't feel like I could say no. And so I turned up and he said, you know, bring your nanny. And so I brought my friend, uh, Kate and, and the minute we got in the door, he said, okay, Nannies take the kids off and they, and they, and I thought, fuck, what's happening? And then he just went insane. You fucking stupid cunt. Like every, I mean, every horrible thing you could possibly imagine at top volume. Like I fucking paid you to, you know, you, if I say go on a red carpet, you shake your fucking tits and ass and you get done. And it was, I was like, I was immediately in tears and shaking because I, you know, I'd sort of been brought in on the pretext of a play date with toddlers and suddenly I'm like being screamed at that I'm a cunt. It was just like a lot. Oh my God. Are you kidding? And you know, I can, you know, okay. It's yelling. And there are people who had so many much more horrific experiences, but it was, it was really upsetting. Um, and weirdly enough, if he had just yelled at me at the premiere, it would have been one thing, but there was this kind of whole kind of tricking you into a play date that was really weird and, and sort of involved my baby and was just kind of, sorry, that's the cat. No, that's the cat. It's like, did you just have another baby? I don't know. You know what's weird? You know, you know what's weird? I mean, here's a guy. His mind is so bizarre to go through the machinations of getting you there with the baby, making sure the nannies are there. Then he's plotting to get the nannies in the other room so he can get you alone and call you a fucking cunt for wearing a pantsuit when you promote a movie. Yeah, you, you should be showing like your tits and ass. Fucking lesbian, you stupid bitch. Yeah, it was, it was, it was a lot. And I actually really liked it. I mean, I'd wear the suit now. It was cool, but right. not at all the point. It was just kind of, you know, and I, I did at the time kind of go, okay, tensions are very high. Everyone's in a really emotional state, but at the same time, that's just not. Right. Jesus. <clears throat> what a weird business. What it's a, weird when business. you saw, when you saw him on trial and you know, the whole thing, yeah. you were probably like, oh yeah, this fucking guy is a maniac. I, I'd mean, heard, uh, I mean, obviously I had heard from, you know, a couple of other girls that they'd had much worse experiences than I had. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. um, and so obviously, yeah, it is very weird though, because Harvey and I had reached like a real detente. He used to always introduce me to people and say, this is a shark. Kate's a, Kate's the person who said no to me the more t- most times than anyone in Hollywood. Cause I would, he would offer me a movie and I didn't want to do it. And I'd say, no, he offered me a production deal. 
And at the time I had a little baby and I was like, I'll waste your money. Please don't, please don't give me an office and I, I'm, I'm not going to be able to commit. I thought I was doing the decent thing, but evidently that was a black mark. And then it was like, I want you to be in the family and it's a very special family. And there are a few, and he mentioned some famous women and like, you know, very famous girls in the, you know, they're a nice special family. And again, I didn't think this is a sex family because that's fucking gross. And it just, I wasn't in the headspace of even really knowing that that was, a thing. I just knew that I couldn't commit to having a, an office that he was paying for and feel like I was doing a good job because I was already quite funny, quite difficult juggling the, you know, the baby stuff and the, and oh, please. the acting stuff. If, and after that a guy was why put, I turned it down. Of course. And when a guy puts you through something like that, you're like, can you imagine having an office that's, that he's paying for and he's going to be visiting <laughs> I mean, I you? That was, and... Honestly, that was, that was prior to the, you know, fucking oh, lesbian. Okay. That was prior to that. But still, again, it was my kind of naivety that protect me because I didn't think, oh, I'm saving myself from a tricky deal here. I just thought, can't in any conscience take your money knowing I won't be able to do a proper job at that right now. Um, and that was sort of interpreted as me being, you know, difficult and a shock. And there was, you know, some movies that he offered me that I just didn't feel like I was right for and said no to. And, you know, and then there was a, and we did the aviator and like, you know, he was, there was many times where he was perfectly personable and uh, nice and, and, you know, charming, it, quite frankly. Right. I mean, sometimes perfectly nice and very complimentary yeah. and, and, and actually sort of respectful. And that's the tricky part is that those two states do exist in this industry in various degrees. Like, there, there can be people who are abusive like Harvey was and less abusive than Harvey was even by, by a lot. And also, very, so it's not like, oh, here comes this absolutely solid villain who's only ever awful or masturbating in front of people or screaming at you. That's not how it goes. And it wouldn't have worked for him if it had been like that. You oh, know what yeah. I mean? That yeah, I do know what have, you mean. He was immensely talented at what he did. He, he, he put some incredible films together. He had great taste. All of those things were true as well as the fact that all the other stuff was true. And my personal experience was not one of being sexually assaulted, but there was a, there was some dark stuff that I, I mm -hmm. was very upset by and that was revealing in terms of who he turned out to be ultimately. Wow. But like I said, yeah. I don't think he's the only one who has a lot of those things coexisting. You know? I think you said the, the exact quote was, if I want pussy on my red carpet, that's what I get. And I thought about that. And I was like, wow, what a quote, like what a tantrum to throw yeah. in front of a woman. Yeah. Like, uh, like he's like, he's like a big giant baby screaming. I want what I want and I'm going to get it. It's the ultimate narcissism. It's like, you better yeah. give me what I want. How but can you also, not? He also was my boss. And by that right. point, yes, very powerful and also a gigantic person. So it is, you do kind of freeze up when somebody like that starts yelling at you, especially when it's so unexpected and kind of couched in a play date. Like I was just not ready for it. And I'm sure that was, you know, partly why he did it like that, because I didn't go, sorry, you weren't fucking talking to me like that. Like I, I just went and burst into tears because I, I was so shocked. Yeah. I know what you mean about him because uh, he used to write me emails all the time telling me to promote his films. And when I, I finally, <sighs> I couldn't take it anymore. I wrote him, I go, Harvey, you got to stop. You got to stop pressuring me. I, that's uh, there are commercials you can buy. You know, I'm yeah. not your guy. I, yeah. you know, I'm not in your movies. 
but but yeah. it's a, it's an intensity. Like you almost start doing what he tells you to do because he he's yeah, so absolutely. He's an authority absolutely. or something. Yeah, it's weird. Well, for me, he he was he was he was actually my boss, but he was also yep. he had that kind of like New York, very kind of I don't know, uh, hustling kind of vibe. Charm. And yeah. some of that was some of that was very cool. Like not you know, like I said, like, I, you know, Ted Bundy was a charming person. Like you, that's right. You know, they're good at it. They're good at <laughs> yeah. it. They really are. Yeah. Talk about though. You said. um you would be offered movies and turn them down. Is that a freaky thing to do? Like, because when you're an actress and you're starting out, you dream. I mean, part of your dream is, oh, my God, one day maybe I'd be a leading lady or maybe one day. Right. Leading ladies are so rare. You have to have the looks. You have to have the ability to act. You have to have that certain X factor. And you know the truth. There's lots of actresses in Hollywood who, who have good careers, but they don't become the leading lady. And I imagine for you or any of those people in that rare air, you're constantly worried about your look. You're constantly worried about, um, you know, uh, gee, am, am, am I up to speed as an actress? Can I handle this part? I mean, there's a lot of pressure when there's a movie camera on you. I, mean, I only did one movie. I never felt so much pressure in my life. I would shake really? sometimes. Yeah, it was a really? lot of pressure because I, I saw all of these people making a living and it all depended yeah. on me in that scene. Yeah. yeah. So I imagine the pressure. So when you get to the point, and then Harvey or anybody else offers you a movie and you turn it down. Do you sit there with angst and go, oh, God, if I turn this down and this thing's a huge hit, I'm going to kill myself. I mean, the decisions no, are I didn't tough. I ever think like that. I came from this kind of very, like, literary, educational background and just was like, oh, I don't like this script. So it doesn't matter to me if it then becomes like a big hit movie. I, I find it embarrassing to say these lines. I don't want to. Um, did that happen to you? Did it, but did it happen to yeah. you where you turned down a movie and then it was, it was a blockbuster. It just became yeah. huge. What yeah. is a movie and that you, t I turned down the notebook. Oh no. The notebook. I tried kind of, I just didn't really vibe with the director and I felt like he was asking me really weird questions about my relationship and I just found it kind of sketchy and um, I didn't want to be in the position of being sort of interrogated. And maybe it was also because my relationship was actually very shaky at the time and it, you know, maybe it wasn't weird of him to ask me. I just, I still to this day don't know if that was like. You, you mean know. your marriage was shaky? Were you married at that point? Well, or I were wasn't you in married. A, no, no. no I was oh, the, the, the father of uh, with um, uh, Michael Sheen, right? Yeah. You were in a relationship yeah. with him, and the relationship yeah. was shaky. And then you go on a what they call not an audition, but like where you sit and meet with the director and kind of see if you vibe. And we were kind of planning on doing it, and then there was kind of, you know, a lot of like. But why are you with him and why are you? And I, you know, first of all, felt it was a little bit sort of aggressive. And and second of all, really, probably more importantly, because I w didn't want my relationship to be shaky. <laughs> and it, I probably didn't really want to, you know, I probably didn't really want to get interrogated for that reason. And like I said, my my biggest sort of concern at the time was, was my kid and my, you know, my... So it was actually secondary to that. So again, didn't really, even though, yeah, of course the movie came out amazing. I've never ever once gone, shit, I wish I did that movie because I just... 
I knew I couldn't do that. So it wasn't the script that turned you off. It was maybe working with this guy for four or five months on a movie that was like, oh, I don't know that I really want to just, I'm just feeling uh, anxiety here. doesn't feel like the right match. Yeah, it just felt funny. And I, like I said, I take absolute responsibility for thinking, you know, looking back, I thought to myself at the time, like, fucking hell, that's a bit much asking me. But I, I also, looking back with hindsight, go, you know, yeah, my relationship was probably shakier than I realized it was. And I can see why I might not have been ready to really put a microscope on that at that point. I admire what you're saying. I can't even believe it's true because I'm putting my, I'm projecting my own crap onto it. But it's like, I would be so upset if the notebook came out and it was great, but you're able to just kind of, and maybe that's why you're able to have a career in Hollywood because you're able to say, look, okay, I didn't do that film. It was a huge hit. Blah, blah, blah. I mean, there are movies that I wished I had gotten, I suppose, that I didn't get or that never came my way. And there still are all the time, like things that, you know, immediately go to somebody else. And you're like, wow, that that's such a great movie. I wish I'd done that. Obviously, what is a movie? That, but- what is a movie that you have seen multiple times? And as an actress, you go, oh, I could have just I could have been so good in that movie. What is that movie? Oh God, I don't know. I don't know that I've got one of those. If I love a movie that much, I generally tend to think that the person's perfect in it. So right. I, I truly don't have something where I'm, I'm sitting there being kind of all about Eve, which is by the way, one of my favorite movies, but I don't feel <laughs> right. like I could replace Betty Davis in that. So, <laughs> Right. So there's no regrets. Like you don't sit there filled with regret. I mean, that's a healthy person who can say, you know, you not know, about hey, that I, sort of thing, no. I mean, yeah, not about that sort of thing. I, I sort of go, it would have been impossible for me to have done that movie. And so therefore, it sort of nixes it as even something that was a reality for me. You know what I mean? Let me, like, I just yeah. went, oh, I, I can't do that. Let, let me ask you about your intelligence, because I, I see people who can learn languages. You went to Oxford. Yeah. You studied Russian literature. And, French, and you yeah. speak fluent And you speak fluent Russian. I mean, you're, you're, you're someone who's British I and did. speaks. Fluent. I mean, I definitely, you know, I, de- I do very well with Armenian Uber drivers in LA. That's where I mainly practice. Um, <laughs> right. You got to find so someone to talk I to. Probably, yeah. Why, so, why did I, you choose I, you know, Russian though? Rusty. Why did you I, choose I Russian? I did Russian uh, from when I was like 14 at school. It was an option to do it. And hmm. I thought, wow, that's cool. It's a whole different alphabet. And there's only like three people in the class because nobody wants to learn Russian. And, uh, and we had this incredibly charismatic, amazing Russian woman teacher. And it was really because of her, because she was great and kind of said, you know, she really introduced us to literature. She was really funny and she was kind of not very teacherish. And, um, I remember one day her telling me, Oh, Kate, you have these long penis fingers. And I was like, what? Um, and she kept telling me I had penis fingers, but she meant pianist fingers. And so that's the kind of thing that kept me in the game, you know. You have very long um, penis fingers. What a, what yeah. a great line. What, so I by kind the of way, had a breakdown, but then it was a compliment. Have you had your IQ tested? To me, if you get into, I can't even picture you at Oxford. I mean, was every guy at Oxford hitting on you? Uh, no. I mean, has, has, has your life been filled with just like, uh, I, I can't study right now because men are hitting on me in the library? Absolutely not. Really? Yeah, when do you realize the power of your beauty? Like, when did it all come together for you that you're, you know, you're a knockout? When does that happen? I don't know. I don't feel, I mean, look, I think when you... Don't be been, modest. I'm not being, I'm being absolutely genuine with you. When really? You, when you weren't, 
you know, I wasn't like the pretty girl in the class in my grade school I, at all. I really wasn't. My best friend was. And I was the kind of, you know, slightly misshapen, trollish friend that was by her side making it look even better. Really? Um, yeah. And, right. and yeah, no, I, and I don't think anybody in my, you know, my grade school would remember me as being like, you know, pretty at all. I mean, I don't think I was necessarily renowned for being ugly, but I just don't think I particularly registered. And I do what? think you kind of carry, you know, however you were faring in sixth grade, I think lives on a bit. And in some respects, I think that's a good thing. I, I wouldn't like to be somebody who was thinking I was hot shit all the time. I think I'd be unbearable, you know. Did, I, I just, did you ever have your... Very English anyway. Did you ever have your IQ tested? I mean, did anybody give you... Did. What is your IQ? Do you know the number? I do. I have to ask my mum. It was, it was, it was very high. And I, and I think she had me tested because, you know, very bright children are nearly unbearable. I'm sure that's why she did time. Were you, what were you in the genius category? I think it was quite high. Yeah. I'll, wow. I'll text her and ask her. She'll be awake. So she how do you even have and ask her what it was? We're going to get the uh, number. I, yeah. I need yeah, the number. I bet you. I'm going to put you about, about anywhere between 140 and 165. I mean, you might you might really be that. You might be Mensa. You know what I'm talking? I know. I think I was. Yeah, I think. I, but you know, they tested me when I was you know young. So I mean, I'm sure I've burnt a few brain cells now. <laughs> Did anybody ever say to you in the course of your life, "Listen, you're beautiful. You're a great actress, but you know what? You've got this IQ. You should be doing something more." Uh, I don't want to say, you know, who knows what people, the trip they lay on you. Do something more noble with that brain of yours. Become a mathematician <laughs> or something or, you know. Be, oh, no, uh, I was always terrible at math. Uh, that was my worst thing. Um, the thing is, I grew up in England where, and I really noticed this when my daughter went through high school here. I really hate your system, your educational system here, because everybody is supposed to be really, really great at everything to get right. into a good school. Whereas in England, how it was you know, then is, is you would, by the time you were 16, you would then pick three or four maximum subjects to do for the last two years of high school. You never had to do algebra again. You never had to do geography. So you, all you did was the three, I did three, you know, three subjects that you really liked and were interested in. And, and then you'd get into colleges based on that. So yeah, if your system, you know, if our system was like yours, there's no way I would have gotten into Oxford. Having said that, Oxford's professors are full of people who are the most genius person on the planet, but they can't do, they can't tell the time or they, you know, that they're brilliant on Russian literature, but they can't add up. You know, and that's really how, how really genius works anyway. So your system is, yes, okay, it would be ideal to be great at everything, but it's not realistic. Like people are brilliant right. at, you know, at one or two things if they're lucky. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I just, I, I find it, it's really sad because I think you might be missing some geniuses in America because you're making everybody, you know, the Ivy League has to be people who are, who are, you know, good at everything and get this average score. What you're missing is those kind of eccentric geniuses who should be in those Ivy League schools doing one subject amazingly. And so you're, you're so right. Farting around with algebra. Yeah, I know. And then you Not feel like an idiot. Yeah, but now, you know, it, you're, you're right. Uh, intelligence doesn't necessarily work as a well-rounded kind of thing. But what do you do when you have that kind of brain? When you date dudes, it, it can't be so casual, right? Because, I mean, you must see everyone as like a moron, you know, or an idiot. Because it's true. I wish I had genius uh, intelligence level and high IQ. I would like to have that perception. 
So when you're in relationships or you're married and stuff, do you ever just sit there and go, oh, this fucking guy, I mean, he's, he's handsome and everything, but he's a fucking idiot. I mean, it, it, it <laughs> must be frustrating. Don't you think most women say that? <laughs> yeah, I, I like say it. Women, I'm a dude. I, I've, I've had so many women say, why, why, why am I such idiots? Like, I, I think that's a thing. I don't know if that's personal to me. I've always I found I can forgive an awful lot if somebody's funny. So, you know, I think there's a certain degree of intelligence in somebody being funny that I'm, you know, able to mess with. Very I don't understand how you're at Oxford and you're doing, you know, Russian literature. And then all of a sudden you get cast in a movie by Kenneth, uh, what's that guy? Kenneth uh, Brana. 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 Yeah. Brana. Well, you say. I had done the odd little thing prior to that. So I started acting in high school like i said that was just when i was you know meeting harvey and it was just little little bits of english television and i then i did a, a hallmark movie with mm, pam neal oh. and judy davis and uh and, i you know, love bits those pieces like that yeah it was great and yeah. uh and you know there was pretty great actors to be in one with and so i had started doing that and so i was going on auditions and stuff like that and i was really on the fence about did i want to go to college or did i just want to go and be an actress and my parents were like for god's sake please don't just go and become an actress they were they were all in this industry as well and they you know i think would have Love to have had a doctor or something, um, but yeah, but, they said, but wait a keep second. Your options open. Your dad was a, yeah. a. Your dad died tragically when you were like five years old, maybe right? Yeah. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, five. Uh, which is awful, and and he was a successful actor in in England, yeah. very well known, like a super famous guy in England. Super. I cannot stress to you how famous he was in terms of it being the seventies and there being maybe three television channels. And right. he was in, you know, two or three of the most iconic comedies of the period. And everybody loved him. Like he had this kind of universal appeal where everyone just adored him. Like grandma, like a Tom Hanks. Girls wanted... No, because like he was really kind of sexy as well and he not that tom isn't but like right. all the girls wanted to date him and the boys wanted to go to the pub with him and the mums wanted to mother him and the dads wanted to you know whatever like i mean god i mean i am absolutely the opposite of that i mean he's he's he, you know he was just incredibly beloved and died very suddenly and heart um, attack heart attack at 31 which was 31 oh, years old you lose, yeah. and you've, you're five, and you lose this this charismatic father. Yeah, it, I mean, it was awful. And and in terms of how famous he was, it was. I remember confusing when John Lennon died and when my dad died because people were standing in the street with the evening paper sobbing on both occasions, and I I can't remember which which version of that is which because they were very similar. It was really wow. really intense. But only in England. So yes, obviously John Lennon impacted absolutely every country in the world. My dad, it was it was very much England that. So don't you really think? I mean, feeling. I don't want to play psychiatrist here, but I will. Don't you think <laughs> yeah. you had to be an actor in order to connect with your father? In other words, you didn't get that. You know, you didn't get your teenage years. You didn't get growing up with your dad. In yeah. a way, you, maybe you just had to be a great actress and have a great acting career in order to say, you know, I understand what my father was like and what he went through. Well, except I, you know, I definitely don't have the same thing as him because, you know, there are people who hate me and think I'm terrible. You know, my dad was just like a, adored. It's that, you know, he also, he never did a bad performance. He never did a bad 
movie. He never did back. Like everything he did was so great. And unfortunately, I'm sure it would have carried on being great like that. But, but, you know, I've done some absolute stinkers as well. So I've really balanced it out. Yeah. But you've also <laughs> lived longer, you know. Did your, yeah. did your, um, yeah. Did your, um, did, did your mother remarry? She did. Yeah. She met my stepdad, uh, when I was nine and he was a director and, um, like really heavily political. Um, he was in the Workers' Revolutionary Party, which was a, um, a, a Trotsky type. Yeah. yeah. A Trotsky's party and, and uh, which was the one that Vanessa Redgrave was in and they were right. very tight. And then he left that party and, um, and when went back to directing and, and moved in with my mum and brought his enormous amount of children, which I was kind of shook by. And, uh, and yeah, and it's great. And they're still together. So. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. He must be blown out by your success, you know? He's Wild. He, I, I really lucked out with him. He's the best. I mean, we had some, you know, rough couple of years getting adjusted, but um, no one's been a bigger, bigger champion. Like, I really do feel lucky that I got... Yeah, got to cuckoo in to that. A rough couple of years, meaning when your mom first meets him and marries him, and you're like, "Hey, you're not my dad. Go fuck yourself." Kind I never of said you're my. I never said you're not my dad, and uh, ever. But I definitely had that thing of like, I felt like I could see it coming. So he like sent my mother a book, and I remember going, "Okay." And I, I was nine, <laughs> and I right. brought her this package because you know it's pretty exciting when a package arrives. And I, she was in the bath and I brought this package in and went, you've got a package. And then she opens it up and looks at it and goes, oh, and I'm like, what? And she goes, oh, this, this, you know, this director I just work with, he's sent me this book. And I'm like, he wants to, he, he wants, he fancies you. He wants to date you. No, no, no. And I knew it. Right. Um, and so I just sort of felt like this kind of inevitable. And, you know, I was at that age where I, you know, I'd been on my own with my mum for a few years and, you know, I was at that age where, you know, boys were just gross and scary and, you know, not only was he one, but he also had four sons and two of them were kind of around my age and they were really like, you know, I was kind of a sort of, you know, pony riding, clarinet playing posh girl and they were fucking rough, my brothers. Um, <laughs> and you didn't you want know, to be hanging were, out with those they, guys. Probably... I was terrified. Like, they, they, yeah. they, I was kind of impressed by them, but also kind of terrified because they were, you know, they... I had kind of a little posh voice and they were very like, you know, London accent and said a lot of rude words and, you know, <laughs> it right. was a really big culture shock. But actually for me, it was great because I, God knows, I might have been an insufferable um, little prig if I'd stayed just on my own. But I, I learned how to have to, you know, I had to learn how to to sink or swim a bit and, it, and, and, and very much ended up being really close with them and um, to rub the corners off each other a bit in a way that I think was probably good, even though I don't think any of us would have necessarily chosen that at the time. You seem really well adjusted. You, you did oh, a bunch I'm of not. therapy, right? I'm not. No, I don't know. You're pretty, you, you do the psychotherapy? Stuff, yeah. Psychotherapy? Yeah, I did. I was in, yeah. I asked to go into therapy when I was nine and um, my parents. And they let you? My parents, in a really odd move, put me into Freudian analysis at nine. Wow. That was kind of wild. And so I was there for a couple of years and a bit, I must say, baffled because, you know, the dude didn't really ever say anything, which is kind of the whole point of Freudian analysis. <laughs> Horrible. <laughs> a little bit weird for a kid, but, you know, didn't know yeah. anything different and, you know, rambling on about whatever. And uh, and then when I really f fell into some trouble when I was, you know, older, 15 or 16, when I got really sick, I went back to the same guy for a few years. I don't know if that was wildly helpful or not, really, but it really? definitely was. 
Yeah, I don't know. I don't think it was probably the right thing for that specific stuff that I was going through at the time. But he was a very sweet man and it sort of allowed me to kind of really, I don't know, I have all these kind of interesting kind of literary um, experiences, weirdly, and helped me read. So I think that was really helpful ultimately for like when I was at Oxford and writing essays and I found it kind of incredibly sort of intellectually stimulating rather than sort of, you know, still fairly balmy after I'd left him. Yeah. I just, I, I just can't believe it's like, uh, you know, I just remember my father, I said to him, I need to see a psychiatrist. And I was a kid and he was like, here's your psychiatrist. He put his fist up and he was like, you know, I'll show you how to wow, think. Really? And yeah, wow, yeah. We, and had like, the, yeah. we had opposite extremes then. You and me. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, one of the things I really admire about your career is that, you know, like you could have probably just done uh, similar movies to serendipity perhaps and you know and maybe kind of stayed in that genre but then the, the switch to underworld i thought was a kind of a brilliant move you know you becoming a gun-toting you know superhero <laughs> the most in a unlikely person yeah i really yeah was. and that was I'm, a weird one because that was you know i felt i didn't go to drama school i went to oxford and i always had that feeling of like fuck maybe everybody's been taught something i haven't been taught and i've just got to do as many different things as possible so that i've done i'm doing this apprenticeship and that i you know learn how to do all sorts of different stuff so i you know i did a play i did a play and i did a movie in french and i did all these other things you know it was things that i you know didn't know if i was going to be able to do and then after Pearl Harbor and Serendipity came out, people said, I'd get the feedback from my agent. I'm like, yeah, no, they liked you, but they just feel that you're very kind of English and soft and fragile. And, you know, um, they didn't really see you as a cop. They didn't really see that you have edge. And I was like, I, mean, I don't know if I had edge or not really, but I thought, well, you know, I'd quite like to sort of not be somebody who's just sort of written off like that. And And then I weirdly got sent this script and, I was like, oh my God, I can't believe they're offering this to me. Ah, can I right. actually even fathom doing that? Like it just, you know, it was, a, it was such an enormous stretch. And, uh, and I was terrible at everything. You know, we had this training period where our stunt coordinator would be like, oh, just, you know, run around the parking lot. Let's see how you run. And then with like head in his hands, have to take a break. It was just like, fuck, she sucks, you know, really. Sucks at running? Man, like, yeah, because I kind yeah. of ran like a girl, you know, like a, you know, like a very pretty girl. And then he was like, throw a punch. And it was, you know, I, I was kind of like, put my thumb in my fizz and kind of went that. And, you know. So what do you, what do you do? So, so first of all, is that, that the guy who directed it, who eventually became your husband, that dude kind of thought of you as an action hero, uh, you know, as a vampire, uh, from you know, I, werewolf from what slayer. I can gather from the studio, I think. The, the character that I played in Last Days of Disco, who's this very kind of bitchy character, I think was why they thought I might manage to do that. But I have to say that was mm. a real leap of faith on their part because I didn't know that I would be able to do that. I, I'd not had yeah. a gun in my life. <laughs> so what do you do? do you, you never held a gun in your life, but, you know, you're handling a lot of weapons. And that Did they send you to weapons school and teach you how to fire real guns and, and, and all yeah. of that? I did all, I did everything. That first underwear, it was like a really intense, like I had to, you know, I had to learn how to run. I had to learn how to throw a punch. I had all this kind of strange leaping practicing to do on a trampoline and harnesses and cause I had to do sort of aerial stuff and guns and it was really overwhelming. Like, Oh my God, I'm just gonna, that was the movie that I thought I'm definitely getting fired on this because I, I did you, did you enjoy learning martial arts and guns? Did you, was there like, did you become obsessed at all with like, 
becoming a good shot with a gun and, and hitting the target <laughs> well, properly. One thing that worked out and that was a complete accident that was lucky is A, I've got enormous hands like a man. So it turns out I, I'm actually quite good with guns because I, I've got huge hands. You have um, penis fingers. Uh, I've got penis all. fingers, exactly. And they finally yes. came in handy. Um, so that was lucky. And also, I don't know why, because I'm a very jumpy person, I can fire guns and not blink, which apparently is unusual. So that's right. why a lot of action people wear sunglasses and look cool because they, they, they blink from the recoil. I think I was in such a blind panic that I kind of forgot how to blink and then that was the, how I learned how to do it. But, um, yeah, so, so those were things that sort of ha were lucky strokes. And then the rest of it was like a real slog. And I, I don't, I don't know that I can say I necessarily enjoyed it because I really did feel like, Oh my God, I'm so bad at this. And then I'd watch back on the monitor and be like, huh. That actually looks cool. And I still feel like that. Like to this day, like now people go, oh, well, you're a seasoned action person. And as if I'm fucking Jackie Chan or something. And I, I still feel just as um, out of my sort of comfort zone, really. And then, but there is a kind of, I obviously got taught quite well because there is kind of a muscle memory and then it does end up looking convincing and it just, yeah. I still feel like, you know, that twat lumbering around the hockey pitch that I've always felt. Oh, please. I love I those do. movies. I even, I have a strange memory of that movie. Like, do you remember Scott Speedman's uh, name in the movie? Do you remember his name? Michael. Michael what? Corvin. Right. Do yeah. You, now, here's something weird. You want to hear something weird that I remember Wait. from that movie? You're what? looking for his address in the beginning because you want to find out about the werewolf. Why are they interested in, in Michael Corvin? <laughs> What yeah. number was the house? Oh what God. number was the house on the address? You've given Michael Corvin's address. You know you have I to find no him. I have no idea. I know I that. Why do you? I, I don't know. It's always stayed with me. I've seen the movie like three or four times. It, it's 510. That's, That's his address, 510. And I have no idea why I know that. I just know it. That's absolutely insane. Is it? That's Is, is 510 like a... An area code of a very significant no, place for you? No. I just love that movie, and I've seen it enough times where it kind of stayed in my brain that his address is 510, <laughs> uh, wherever the hell he was. But Michael Corvin, yeah. It's incredible. Wow, I just believed I remembered his name. <laughs> I know. They're very good. I, I, I wonder about that. These movies don't really stay with you, right? In a way, you got to clear out the memory bank and get on to the that next thing. Such a, that was such a massive stretch for me that that one I do really really remember well and it is weird because i don't very often watch stuff i'm in but you if you do watch something you know years and years later you do find yourself kind of weirdly remembering the lines yeah, it's so crazy how the brain works i yeah you know, there's there's stuff i've seen blooper reels from movies that i've been incredibly unhappy on and i'm happy i a look like i'm having the best time of my life and b I would have sworn right if you handed me a prop I'm holding, I'd, I'd say I've never ever seen that before in my life. Meanwhile, I'm in the blooper reel holding it. Like there are things you absolutely forget, but I really love, often do you remember your lines. I love at the end when you slice that vampire's fucking head in half. Wow. It's so great because it was really <laughs> kind of brilliantly done. You know, movies like that can turn out to be a big mess. But well, I, I mean, critically, it, I don't think it went down that well, but people liked it. I loved it. I love anything vampire. Really? Oh, I love it. Yeah, no, it's I don't care what the though, critics now say. Everything is vampire and everything is werewolf. And I sort of feel like I'm very much like the grandma of all that stuff. Because <laughs> you can't I remember listen. when they were... I am. Yeah. They were pitching I, I mean, it and they were like, you know, you know what's not been done is vampires and werewolves together. And it hadn't. And now if anyone said that, I mean, it's like everything is vampires and werewolves. But at the time it was this like incredibly like novel 
thing. And then Twilight came and, and now it's everywhere. But meanwhile, the makeup was great on that. Everybody really had a great look. The werewolves looked believable. I'd never seen so many. Well, like, those trans- were, I mean, I still think that is cool because they were really people in werewolf suits. Yeah. I mean, I'd have 17 panic attacks putting that thing on. Like, you have to like be fed water constantly because you're going to dehydrate through your werewolf nostril. Like just <laughs> the thought of it makes me kind of sweaty and panicky. So they were really heroic, those guys. But I do think it's cool that they're real, you know. Not have you cute. ever been offered any of these franchises of uh, the superhero kind of stuff? I would imagine you did because you really came off well in Underworld. And uh, and also the um, the movie with um, who am I thinking of? Oh fuck, I'm I'm having a brain fart. Um, not only in Underworld, but uh, the yeah. one with, um, with Van Helsing. That's what I'm thinking of. Uh, you know, the, you know, that's such an awful movie. There, you hate it. I didn't hate it. I don't hate I that movie. Was, I, uh, yeah, I. It's quite. I don't know. I, I found the whole thing incredibly humiliating for some reason. I think. I think because I did it immediately after I did Underworld, and I, I suddenly felt, oh God, like people kind of reacting to me as if I have this kind of vampire fetish, and I really didn't. It was just, you know, yeah. a lot of the time you're kind of doing what comes your way. It's not like you have your pick of every single movie there is, and you're like, I'm going to obsessively do vampire and werewolf movies only because I'm fucking weird. Like that isn't what happens, but you know, it depends on what comes your way. And why'd you choose um, it? Because of um, who's the leading guy? Um, Hugh. I, I, yeah, who? Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jackman. Right? Hugh Jackman yeah. Yeah. yeah, he's a great guy. What a great talent, Hugh Jackman. Yeah, he's is amazing. that why you took it? Like you probably said, hey, how could it be bad? It's going to be Hugh Jackman and Van Helsing. Yeah, I mean, to be and- fair, there was a little bit of confusion about I, I hadn't completely thought I'd accepted the movie, and then it turned out that I had, but but I sort of I didn't really know. So I was kind of found myself. You mean I'm trying to understand the business of this. <laughs> You weren't sure you were doing Van Helsing. You were thinking about it, and then your agent accepted it, and then they yeah. said, oh, so you must have been pissed at your agent. It must have caused uh, a little have bit to of say, a... I I was just... I. That was when my relationship was breaking up, and I definitely did not want to be going away for six months and, you know, being on a move. I, that, was, that, that was really upsetting to me that I... I didn't want to be going through something so sensitive um, on a schedule like that. Was really you mean when your marriage was anything. breaking up? Yeah. Well, I wasn't oh. married, but yeah. Now I'm but talking about friend. then you married the, the director of... Uh, of oh, that was uh, later. Yeah, oh, that was I see. later. Of Underworld. Yeah. Is that a danger? No, I did, the, I did Van Helsing immediately after I did the first Underworld. Oh, I see. This was so, yeah. warn other actresses. What is your opinion? on being in a relationship with the director. Okay, I know you guys didn't have a thing going during the movie, but obviously the director, you fall in, if a good director is there, you fall in love with them, even if you'd never act on it. I mean... Um, <laughs> I don't know. I, I mean, my, my mom married a director, so I, I can't... Yeah. My experience wasn't great, but hers, hers has been excellent. <laughs> should, should you not... Would you... Person. If you were on a movie today and you were feeling something for the director... Would you avoid that like the plague or would you say, probably. you know what, but I'm all in? That Probably, but that's just because I I wouldn't do that again. You wouldn't? No, but that's because I didn't have a great experience. But I, you know, I don't think directors are to be avoided at all costs. I just personally probably wouldn't. I have a guess. I think marrying a director for an actress 
is a mistake because directors, when they do a movie, you know, the shooting might be four or five months, but they're on this fucking thing for a year or two. How can they really be in the relationship? Because those movies are all encompassing. It's not like a nine to five job. So it kind of ruins. And then if you think about the other people that you meet, say actors, you know, they finish one movie in Vancouver and then they're on another movie in somewhere else far away. And then they've gone to Prague and that's worse, surely. Like at least, at least the, you know, director is sort of vaguely in the same spot and you know where he is. Right, yeah. Do you get sad when a movie ends? Do you, like, get attached to the actors? Mm-hmm. Oh, my God, and, sometimes, and, yeah. Right? You actually sometimes feel like you... Sometimes it's like the end of summer camp, and you want to just go home and cry. What was a movie you sometimes did? You were so happy, you felt like you had a family, and then it ended, and you just went into a depression. My very first movie was absolutely like that, and, and that Kenneth Branagh movie that I did, because he also ran it like a like a sort of theatre company. And so nobody, ha- I mean, this was also, again, my very naive and warped view of what American movies were like. I was 18, maybe 17, maybe 18. And we all went off and did this movie in Tuscany, which is, you know, amazing. And all of us lived in villas together because they weren't hotels wow. and nobody had assistance. And, you know, and I, I, I was living in a house with Phila Delore, who was Emma Thompson's mum, and Imelda Staunton, who's a brilliant actress, and Robert Sean Leonard and Keanu Reeves and me. And we were housemates. And wow. I heard of Keanu, who was a massive star at the time, because I was an Oxford geek. So I'd not seen anything he did. And, um, and so we all lived there. We take turns in cooking and giving, you know, I, mean, I still don't drive, but you know, everybody would take turns kind of giving each other lifts to work. And I thought that's what, I thought that's how movies were. Nobody had a trailer. Like at lunchtime, right. girls would go and kind of sleep on this big bed in the, you know, Emma was writing Sense and Sensibility and, you know, you'd be, have you fall asleep in her lap? Like it was completely idyllic and there's never, ever, ever been another experience like that. But also because it was my first movie, I kind of, became friends with absolutely everybody. And at the end, I, I, you know, I copied down off the crew, off the call sheet, every single crew member's phone number, you know, right. everybody, all the carpenters, ev- everyone. And I thought, I'm definitely staying in touch with everyone because these are my favorite people I've ever met. And, you know, it is, unfortunately that you don't do that. It is such a seductive experience. I have never... When it's, I, a, I, when it's great like that, yeah. It is. I, I remembered making my movie. I was in love with everyone. Like, I was like, oh, my God, these people. I, I, I just, I, I, and when it was over, I went into a depression. I loved going to that set. I enjoyed the yeah. experience of acting. It was just, it was, it was unbelievable. And that's the, it, you know, it's so seductive. I always wonder, as a young woman, and you're in a villa with uh, Keanu Reeves and all these great actors, how do you not, like, you're a pretty straight shooter. You don't actually just, like, you know, you're not someone who falls in love. I, I, I think I get easily. Like, how do you not end up in a romance with, like, Keanu Reeves or John Cusack in these movies? How do you keep... A boyfriend. I had a boyfriend. And I, again, just very linear thinking. I just, you know, I had a boyfriend and that was that. Like, I just didn't... I, I think I've got such a guilty conscience that I just... And I'm fairly neurotic and I'm prone to having panic attacks and anxiety. I just couldn't... It's not any kind of noble thing. My nervous Mm -hmm. system could not cope with lying and being cheating and I, I couldn't i would have a heart attack and die do you think they could you know that movie you did where um gary oldman played a little person yeah 
Do yeah. you think they could make that movie today? Because it's crazy. Now, uh, I remember well, uh, what's the, the dudes, the Peter Dinklage is in that movie, but he's a legitimate yeah. little person. There are lots it, of little it, people in that movie. In fact, I think almost every single little person in L.A. was in that movie. And I would frequently see them in like Barnes and Noble and be like, I know that I know you because every single person was in that movie. But Gary Oldman played a little person. I don't think they could do yeah, that today. I didn't like now, do that. well, you know, and it was a very low budget version, so it was kind of shoes on the knees and all sorts of. <laughs> yeah. When you saw that movie, were you like, well, "Gee, Gary Oldman kind of looks like you know, like like a guy with shoes on his knees"? Like, did did you? <laughs> well, I, don't forget, I'd been there for the experience, but you know, Gary right. is brilliant, and I loved Gary so much. I mean, I loved him, and right. he was such a love. And I wasn't expecting him to be such a love. He was very grumpy about, oh, I hate wearing fucking prosthetics. And uh, meanwhile, he was always in prosthetics. Like I was like, why do you keep doing this to yourself? Um, but he was <laughs> he, he was just heaven. I loved him so much. But yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's an unbelievable idea that anybody. But what a cool, what a cool funny. idea for a movie. A guy who's embarrassed by his little, yeah. like he's got his hot girlfriend. That's you. He's getting married, and he's embarrassed. He hasn't told her something. Yeah, he hasn't told her that is is. Well, and his the other thing is, is the big the big point of it was that I was pregnant, and so right. he sort of was, and he didn't really want me to be pregnant because he then would have to say, well, there's kind of a chance that. You know, I'm the anomaly in my family type thing, you know. So with the new, I don't want to, listen, I'm, I'm already keeping you too long. So let me talk to you about this new uh, movie on on uh, Paramount Plus. Yeah. So um, first of all, you, you shocked me because you went all blonde for this movie. <laughs> yeah. Right. And I'm up to episode two because they put yeah. it out. They put it out yeah, in uh, increments. Yeah. I wish they put them all out at once because I'm into it too. now. I yeah. do too. I don't like, I'm not really good at waiting a week. I think just put them out and then let us, let us binge things. Have you told Disney Plus, that, I mean, a Paramount Plus <laughs> that I get them all confused. Have you told Paramount Plus, listen, assholes, put this thing out no, all at once. Now that there's both of us saying it, I might be like, look, Howard and I have discussed it. And <laughs> by the way, it's, you've made a terrible mistake. <laughs> I should first say that it's called Guilty Party. We're talking to Kate Beckinsale. Guilty Party is now streaming on Paramount Plus. So what's with the decision to go all blonde? Now, what, how do you make that decision? You've never, I, you know what I mean? Like, why the blonde hair? And I was like, that must be, there must be something in Kate's head about this character. Yeah, I just felt like she was in such a, I mean, this, I don't know. It depends what your personal feelings about. I thought it was really important that she didn't just kind of look like me exactly. And she's kind of in a sort of chaotic state. And I wanted her to have, I wanted that she's often kind of out and she's kind of vulnerable and she's and she's out in sort of situations where she's sort of not really comfortable. And I thought it really makes you stick out having that very like blonde hair. And the fact that she was kind of going into prisons and, and all these places where she had really no experience. And I think it, I don't know, it made it slightly more uncomfortable. I know when you go into out. those... When you go into those prisons, I get nervous for you. And I get nervous when you go to that first episode, when you go to that dude's house and he's got the mullet oh, and yeah. uh, I thought <laughs> yeah. he was going to chop you up. I thought, oh, maybe this is over. He's going to chop you up and put you in a bag oh, somewhere. He's so nice. I love that guy so much. He's, he's, uh, he's so talented. and He's like a really pure soul. A pure soul from Ohio. Yeah, it's a fun I show. It really is. Do you enjoy doing it? I did. Yeah, I did. It was weird. I'd ne I, it was my first experience of working 
in COVID. So that was really different. And I've not done much television anyway. So there were, it, there were certain things that were just different about television. But the, the biggest difference was, you know, none of us got to really meet before we were doing scenes together and, you know, nobody was able to go for like a drink and right. sort of be like, oh, you're playing my husband. Let's have a little chat first. Or, you know, it was just like, bam. And, and you couldn't hang out in between the scenes. And so that was kind of, you know, it, it, it was such a nice group of people that that was something that felt quite onerous towards the end. And you're like, fuck, we've never ever done anything together. Are you scared out of your mind with COVID? I am. I haven't left my house oh in my God, uh, two absolutely. years. Yeah, I'm, I'm my just here. It's not amazing. <laughs> I'm in my basement. Yeah, my immune system, I think, would be give out in two seconds. I, I I, I'm not going to. Me too. I, me yeah. too. 100%. So, I, yeah, I feel you on that. Have the you gotten a booster is, shot? Did you get the booster shot? No, not yet. Not yet. I thought you had. You're, no. You're double vaxxed. Yeah. Yeah. And what's the trouble? Yeah. You were about to say something. I interrupted you. You said the trouble is. What is it? The trouble is for me, you know. It doesn't take a lot to convince me to become a full-time hermit. So, you know, know, if you're like, you're okay, you've got, to stay, you've got to stay at home for a year, I'll be like, I could do two or I could do four. Like, what? I, I know. It's, it's one of those things that once I, you know, I, if, I get, if I get kind of encouraged and forced and slightly pushed to go out, I do have a great time and I'm, I'm not freaking out about, you know, I mean, I don't mean COVID, but I mean just in general. But if left to my own devices, I could 100% be a hermit forever. What do you do all day? Because I know what I do all day. And I, my day goes by in three seconds. I'm never yeah, bored. Same. I'm well, never what are you busy ever. with? Um, reading, like watching stuff, FaceTiming my mum, who I haven't seen in two years, who I worship, uh, checking up on my kid, who's 22 and scares me. And uh, You got any hobbies? I dress up the cat a lot. Um, I don't have a, a, a hobby like sort of tapestry. The weird thing is, I think when you're an actor, your hobby was acting right. growing up. I like, you know, I, I do exercise quite a bit, although recently f- fucked my back, literally being on a pair of leggings. Um, and oh, I can really talk to you about myself. that. You well, I know it. you can because actually your name was invoked a few times because <clears throat> my mum and my stepdad both had like back stuff and, and we're big on the John Sarno stuff and, I know you are. And so yeah. mentioned you so much. I've never had anything wrong with my back in my life. And the thing there's nothing so wrong weird, with your back. Well, no, exactly. Except that something really was to the point where I couldn't, anyway, I couldn't walk. I couldn't do anything. I was in agony and I was on this movie and I did somehow get through the movie. They kind of, you know, they were like, if you don't, you know, I was in hospital and I, you know, totally on yeah, you, your choice, but you couldn't but listen you to me. To work. Think about it. You put on your pantyhose. And your back went, quote, unquote, out. Think well, about I that. How could your back go out? Why would I your back was, go out? I think, well, first of all, I completely agree with that whole thing of, I think there was right. kind of quite an emotional load going on. I also think that I, there was something that happened on a on an action movie I'd done a couple of years ago that was like, oh, that doesn't feel good. And then I somehow kind of recovered. So I think there was a kind of a little bit of a precipice situation probably going on for a while. And I'm healthy and I work out a lot and I'm whatever... And yes, I think there was probably a confluence of things that went, now's the time that you're having this. And it was, <clears throat> what I was really thinking of you is actually, I got through this movie, weirdly having to still be in the hospital and shoot the movie. And that was a lot. And then I got home and I've never had anything kind of mechanically go wrong in my body ever. And I'm, 
you know, I'm used to it kind of doing things that I want it to do. And I, I was quite hate to overuse the word traumatized, but I, you know, I think also what's behind something mechanically going wrong with your back is generally emotional. And, you know, I've really inherited that when I got home, I felt like I was kind of, I felt like I was sort of feeling everything I'd ever been upset about all at once. And I sort of had to go, okay, this is, this is what this is. And I have to sort of do this, but it was, it was a lot, it was quite unsettling. I'm not completely out of it. I almost am, but it's a kind of process. I think you have to really respect and go, this is the time where this wants to express itself and I'm going to help it to, you know. What are you doing to stay in shape? Because you're in some shape. I mean, Jesus Christ. I mean, what a shape you're in. I mean, you know what? I love that scene in Serendipity when you're running down the street in the rain and then you lift your arms up and your belly is showing. Whoa, <laughs> that is hot. What the too. hell is going on there? I mean, you did you do that intentionally because you knew your belly looked good? I don't think so. I don't think you so. Did. Don't forget, I just come off Pearl Harbor. I was still on Pearl Harbor, so I don't think I, I was know. ever thinking, oh, my belly looks good. Um, yeah. <laughs> what are you doing to stay in shape? Because I got to get, I mean, I'm, I'm looking a mess. What, what are you doing? Are you doing cardio or what do you, I know you do yoga. I read that. So I think I read that on your I do Instagram. Yoga. I haven't been doing it lately. I, I go to the gym and work out with weights and, and all that business. And no running? Yoga and I do a bit of running, but I think that's what, I think I was running and being tired and running instead of maybe thinking about certain things. And I think that's how I did myself in. So what are you eating? You eating three meals a day or do you skip a couple? <laughs> no, I eat, I, I, I'd say three meals a day and then some, and then some foraging. <laughs> what do you eat for breakfast? Yogurt? I eat, no, I eat uh, ground beef and grass fed butter. Really? Grass-fed butter? Keto? <laughs> huh? Actually what is not, that? But I've got slightly labile blood sugar that can drop really easily. So I have to have like protein and fat or I go a bit wobbly. Yeah, whatever you're doing is right. I, I always try to figure out what you weigh because I'm like, Jesus, she's perfect. I mean, there's nothing wrong with you. I mean, I can't find, I mean, good Lord. It's unbelievable. I mean, that's why I follow Instagram. I mean, I'm, a, and then I go on there. I see a bunch of my pervy friends are following you on Instagram, checking out really? all your outfits. Y'all, hell yeah. They're all on there. I, I thought I was, yeah, like, it's, I felt like you were cheating on me for God's sake. Oh, I'm, I'm with so all my sorry. friends. No idea. I'll happily, oh. let, listen, let me know who you want me to block and I happily will. Uh, thank you. And what, what is going on with you and your love life right now? Are you single completely or you got a boyfriend? Where, where are we at with this and how do we get you? I mean, how's this, uh, what do we do? Um, I tend to take a breather of at least a year in between. Uh, Jeez. So you're in a breather. I mean, it's been a little bit more than a year, but yeah, pretty much. Wow. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how someone does that. I don't get it. When I was single for five minutes, I had a date like every, every, <laughs> every night. I didn't want to be alone. It's like you're alone. A bit. I've never. Yeah. I don't mind that though. I, I, oh, I, I, can't do I, that. I wish I liked it less. <laughs> right. And my big fear is like, I, could, I, don't, I look back and I go, how did I live with somebody full time? Two different people. But, like, that, <laughs> right. From, you know, 21 till 42 or whatever. Like, what the? I'm just not ready to do that again. From Wow. Like, 
I don't. It just seems like such a waste. You're so hot that I feel like <laughs> someone should be enjoying you. I mean, it's well, you crazy. know, I somebody it. occasionally, you know, pardon me, what did you say? She's <laughs> enjoying it. Well, well, someone occasionally is enjoying it, but I just, you know, I, I also don't, I really, having had no experience of, you know, I was with Michael since I was 21 and then I was married until I was, I never, ever had my love life discussed or people have opinions on it. I found it so horrifying. And now what I have to do is just stand next to someone with a penis at a party that I don't know. <laughs> and I end up on right. their list. You know what I mean? So that's annoying. So it has left me a little bit paranoid because I just, I also think like, my daughter, like my daughter calls up, Oh my God, are you actually dating? And I'm like, no, I'm literally not. And she, you know, she knows, but you know, I'm one of those guys. When I see you in the paper standing next to her, I go, I go, I can't even believe she's hooked up with this guy. I, you know, I get, mostly I, 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 on the whole, haven't. I mean, I think if I get you've angry. seen me walking into, you know, air one with someone, I probably am dating them. But if I'm standing at an industry party next to someone, I definitely am not. And the reason <laughs> you don't want to be labeled with somebody is because then if you break up, you don't want it to be the like. The whole thing is like intrusive. Like, I, you know, I think, yes, at some point, if I find myself in a relationship with, uh, you know. Pete Davidson, his, for example. That, no, because that, that didn't go down well at all. But if, I, if someone in their 50s who's, you know, sensible oh. and, you know, then sure, everyone will be really happy. I'm just, I don't know if I'm quite there. Honestly, I don't think I'd be happy with you dating anyone. I, I like you saying, but no one ever has been. That's the thing. People shat on Michael when I was dating him. And then the right. minute I wasn't dating him anymore, it was like, oh my God, how could you possibly not be with that guy? But literally they shat on him, hated me being married to the other guy. Have There's not been one person who's got, do you know why? You know what? There's no one no. good enough for you. There's no one good enough for you. My I'm mom would telling you, you. <laughs> I didn't like when you were with they were married to that director guy and, and when you were with Michael Sheen. I, I go, like not that. good enough. I mean, none of us. I didn't like that. it. I, I was like, <laughs> I he's not good it. enough for her. You know, there's only one guy on this planet good enough for her, but I'm taking. So what are you going to do? You can't. <laughs> yeah, uh, what am I going to do? But that's been the essential right. problem this whole time. <laughs> so I can't find you on Raya or the dating apps. No. You haven't tried. Oh, no. I, rather die. I can't think of anything I'd hate more than that. Also, to me, that's saying, hello, serial killer. Come and get me. I just, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I, that's, that would be my luck. It's like, I'd be like, oh, he's cute. And then it's fucking Ted Bundy. And I know it would happen to me and I can't do that. You're so right. I mean, I was talking to Drew Barrymore. She goes, yeah, I'm on Raya. And I showed up at this guy's house in my pajamas. And I go, wait a second. There's somewhere I can go and order you up. And you come right to my house like a like a like a pizza delivery. I mean, can you imagine Kate Beckinsale shows up at my house? I'm like, you're my date. Get the fuck out of here. This is I've, I've died and gone to heaven. Can you imagine? I can't imagine. And I, first of all, I have I've been on a handful of dates and I. When I was growing up, I never went on to, I, th I can't think of anything I'd hate more than sitting with somebody I don't know if I'm into and having to watch them eat a whole dinner and then oh. figure out how I'm going to get out of it. Like, it makes me sweaty. Like, I can't, I can't think of, I think people are so brave and cool and uh, that they can do that. But I am too socially freaked out. Well, maybe you go for a coffee or something. And then, uh, even they, then, it's kind of like I know what's happening. You're sitting there drinking a coffee and going, "Do we want to sleep together?" What a horrifying idea! I, I just can't imagine anything I'd hate more. So that's why I probably end up dating odd people. So I end up going back into things 
<laughs> you know, where does a guy meet that. you? That's the thing. That's the problem. I mean, uh, well, you know. They'd have a job at the moment. Yeah, they'd have to actually literally come through the chimney. So. <laughs> yeah, it's like you could date Santa Claus if he just I came could. down the chimney. And I'm yeah, hoping, yeah I'm, that's my. I'm holding out hope for. <laughs> I can't believe it's been a year since you've dated. This is unbelievable no. to me. No, I think it's been wow. more than a year. Yeah, it wow. always is. It was. It was the last time as well. But Jeez. you know, yeah, I've only dated I think three people maybe since I since I got divorced, which was oh, separated eight, eight or nine years ago. I'm like, well, I'm not very prolific. Where do these <laughs> guys take you? Because you are Kate Beckinsale. Like, I'm like, oh, you know what? Let's just date at my house because uh, you want to keep it on the down low. I'm, I'm sure, you know. Well, like, no, where now I... I would do that. Now I would definitely do that. And that's what I would do because I've learned my right. lesson. But no, I mean, I, he took me to a hockey game, which really fucked my life. And uh, Oh, really? Um, that's crazy. Yeah. How could you go to a hockey game with a dude? And then it's going to be all out there. Well, that's what happened. And then yeah. it was a lot. And that was too much for me. So, yeah, you need yeah. to consult me on all this because uh, I, I know what you should be now. doing. I feel like I'm an expert on you, and I need to, <laughs> and I need to be advising too. So. <laughs> I'm, oh yeah, yeah. I'm, I, I, I went on a lot of dates. Nobody hiding? left my place. Yeah, I'm still in hiding. I haven't left my house in two years. I'm I, and I am so happy being in my house. Like, oh, yeah, uh, really? well, you can also work from home. You can you can do everything. Yeah. Right? Do you yeah. ever put pants on, or are you just always? <laughs> I got pants on. Well, you know, you listen, I got I got to be somewhat on. presentable. You know, my wife's yeah, looking at you, me, and you know, she's oh, got. That's true, yeah. of course. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's yeah. true. Yeah. No, you can't. Yeah. You can't let yourself go mm. like that. No, 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 man. <laughs> I just can't imagine a whole year of Kate Beckinsale like not in a relationship. Well, you know, that's very mature again of you. I'm crediting a lot of the therapy you did when you were young. You seem very together to me. Well, I also, like I've, I've also learned that I'm very, very bad at picking. Um, so I, <laughs> right. <laughs> I, I think you might have to help. You, you can pick for me because I'm crap at it. Do you think you're difficult to live with maybe? Maybe it's you. Maybe you're uh, difficult. It's Do you think you a are? Possibility. I can't imagine. I'm sure I'm in a, I, I'm sure I'm in a quiet taste. Yeah. No, <laughs> I no, I know. I know you're very lovable. I know uh, it's no, easy to love I, you. I don't think, I don't think I'm like repellent or anything and I'm not like a shatter, right. but you know, everybody's got their peccadilloes that I'm sure are deeply annoying. I can't close a drawer, for example. My oh, please, who cares? Like somebody's recently. <laughs> I mean, who cares whether you can close it? I mean, good you Lord. close it for her. Doesn't I mean, I would, yeah, I would close it for you. I would never argue with you. I'd be like, you know what? You you're wouldn't. right. No, I wouldn't. What like, would we argue about? <laughs> no, like, I'd be like, you, you know what? Just... I would go, darling, <laughs> we are going to hire people to close that fucking drawer for you. You are never closing another drawer. Now just go put on other hot outfits and let's have fun. I mean, my God, just fun, fun, fun. No responsibilities. That's it. Let's hire people to do everything for us so that we have no fight. I think you should open a school. It, you're not kidding. I know. But listen, not Kate kidding. Beckinsale, Kate Beckinsale, look at you. You've done it again. You've charmed all of America. And that's what you've been doing your whole life in the movies, on your Instagram. I mean, and by the way, you could monetize that Instagram in a minute. You got 5 million followers. You could probably sell ads or something on there. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that would be a full-time business. Like a like a Gwyneth Paltrow type situation. I'd follow you. I'll buy whatever the hell you sell. 
Make a candle that smells like your vagina. I will fucking buy it. A vagina candle. Yeah, right. right. You, you, you have a vagina candle. I'm telling Luckily, you. Luckily, my work. vagina already smells like a candle. So that would be. Oh, easy. I bet it does. I've thought about that. I, I would agree with that. And I don't even know what I'm talking about. Listen, <laughs> you are delightful. And if I don't you care who. Uh, darn right. We're both pretty delightful. And uh, I'm a huge fan. Great. <laughs> and any movie with you I watch, I watch Guilty Party. I'm in the middle of it. I recommend it to my fans. Oh, Paramount you. Plus, you go on there. It's a cool story. It's thank like you. Um, it, is, yeah. it is quite fun. I don't know what's going to happen in it, but you're a journalist oh, okay. who's getting fucked around with, and uh, you decide to go after the big story, and uh, you even yeah. go to a prison. And you know, I, I mean, I'm not going to give away the whole story, but it's really uh, very intriguing. And let's face it, it's Kate Beckinsale. What could be wrong with that? <laughs> and I'd sign up for that Instagram like I did. I'm telling you. There's a lot of great outfits on there. I even have a printout of all your great outfits. What you are you talking about? Do you not have... It's mainly the cat, let's be fair. It is. Oh, stop. The one with the cat on your head is cute. I don't know how you got your cat balanced on your head because I have about 20 cats here in my house. Do you really? So, uh, well, my wife is into animal rescue. We rescued over 1,600 cats so far. And had gotten I might them home. Come and move in with you guys, actually. <laughs> you would deal. love it, you and be, uh, you could be my halfway house to kind of before I get released back into the wild. And we have six cats of our own, you know, um, that are all rescues, and that's what we do. You know, we we find oh, homes yeah, for animals. I know that? Yeah, it's oh, pretty well, wild. I'm bigger fan than I was before. There you go. I'm telling you. And that's uh, how you impressed me. <laughs> yeah. Well, but your Instagram, the outfits. Some of them are way out there. You know what he's talking about? Because I'm absolutely baffled here. Once in a while I go out, but like mostly it's the cat, isn't it? Here. This one you're holding. I think this is, yeah, you're holding your dog. You got another dog behind you. You're wearing a bikini top with almost no shorts, like like little short shorts. It's one of the greatest pictures I've ever seen in my life. Are you out of your mind? It's unbelievable. It's a bikini shot with dogs. Are they cats? Is it outside? No, no it's cat. indoors, and on you're sitting on a rug. It's unbelievable how good you look. And then you got one. You're wearing like a, I think it's a, it's a jacket with no pants, and then um, high heels. Ridiculous! I would never do that—a jacket with no pants. What do you mean? Where do you, where do you take these pictures? Is this going on in that house of yours? <laughs> yes, but what do you mean a jacket with no pants? Look, hmm. you see that? See that jacket with no pants? No, you got to get another. Wait, wait, wait. Put here. It there. You see that? There you go. Yeah. You see? Oh, like I a, what is that? It's a jacket with no pants. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, that is a jacket with no pants. But that's a photo shoot, I think, isn't it? Oh, it is? No, I, think I thought so. that was going on in your house, and I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> what is going on in her house? I mean, we do some fun stuff in the house, you know? Yeah. God. <laughs> Listen, I'm a photographer. I'll take some of those pictures. Put me in on that shoot. Can I I'm telling you. you. I'll break I'm really that code oppressing my gay assistant who just is so over it. Oh, yeah? <laughs> gay, uh, female or male? Male. Yeah. Male. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I bet you could turn no, he him goes, straight. He goes, th- he goes through it. No, I've, no, absolutely not. No? He's All like, right. you know, it's funny. I, you know, I still find you repellent. He did say that? <laughs> Let me no, talk to he him. He didn't say that, but he's like, Where is that I definitely know I'm gay because you do nothing for me. You're <laughs> he kidding. He that to me. Yeah, I would think even if I was gay, I would be, be into you. I really would think that. I think I would be that's like, you know what? That's how hetero you are. You're so yeah, gay. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. That's how great you are. 
Yeah. Where is this guy? Where is he sitting across he, from you? He's he's right. Here. <laughs> you don't feel any heterosexuality when you're sitting near her? <laughs> Can you hear this? He might be the gayest man in the world. Is he sitting near me? No, I want to. He wants to. I love you so yeah, I mean, jeez. <laughs> He's trying. He's trying. All right, listen. I know you're exhausted. You've been up all night. Thank I'm you fine. for doing I'm having this. a great time. Thank all right, you. then sit here with me for another hour. I will, but, uh, happily. Uh, listen, let me, uh, let me say this. Let's, uh, let's say Kate Beckinsale, obviously charming. Uh, you know, I, I mean, what's wrong with her? Nothing. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I wouldn't uh, oh, say that. My favorite thing on your Instagram, you guys got to check this out. Go on Kate Beckinsale's Instagram. She's got some friend with her who's the two of them. It's a girl. It's the girl with her head shaved. And yes, she's got a whole bunch of tattoos. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, I like her too. And the two yeah. of you are dancing in hot outfits to I'm Henry VIII. I am Henry VIII. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. I that's am. what we did on yeah. July 4th. Yeah. What the? He's my best July friend. 4th. Yeah. My best girlfriend. She came over. You're in a hot outfit. She's in a hot outfit. You say, hey, let's do we something going. fun. We actually it. were going. We were braving. It was the first time we ever went to like a thing. And we went to a 4th of July party for about five minutes and came home and absolutely panicked. But before we went, we did that. Oh, yeah. it's fantastic. <laughs> She's the best. She's the best. She, she loves dressing up. She and I often dress up and fool around. Not fool. Let me tell you. Not I, do you <laughs> fool around with her? What do you mean? Fool? What do you two fool around? No, do you I two mean that. ever get naked together and fool around? Not, I don't mean sexually, but I mean, do you ever see each other nude? Have I seen her fully nude? I don't think fully, but we've definitely, you know, just underpants, I think. Because really? Wait, you and your friend, her name is Kate too? Yes. You guys parade around in your underpants at your we house? We parade. No, we don't parade. I, I mean, you know what I mean. We walk around in our underpants. It's, it's legit. Yeah, I think I it mean, has happened I, that we have oh, seen each other in our underpants. I, mean, I think that's Isn't that wonderful? Studio, though, is that it? is. <laughs> is it? Thank you for that. Thank you for that image. You're so welcome. You're so welcome. Oh, my God. She, she's and by the way, you're the only person I know who could dance to Henry VIII and make it look decent i mean it's awesome <laughs> i mean i don't think it it didn't look it looked ridiculous you just you're just my friend now you're just being yeah. kind you're being like my mum is <laughs> and you know what else i like when your cat's on the roomba and you're trying to get your cat to drive right through your legs and i you like know, that that's the only reason i that's the only reason i wore the, i bought the roomba yeah, well you want to know what it. i watched that video three times the first two times i didn't see the cat i'm not kidding <laughs> oh my goodness <laughs> i didn't i was like oh wow what is she doing and then I go, what oh, did you think cat. I was doing the first three times? I, I thought you were posing in, the, in that skin-tight outfit, the black outfit. No. I went, man, I'm never going to awesome. be posing unless unless there's something stupid else going on. Right, right. Well, I am, listen, I'm, you're the, I am from England. You're the total package. You got money. You got a personality. <laughs> you got brains. You might be a genius from Oxford. And you're in the fucking movie. Oh, we never heard from her mom. Did she ever get back to you? Oh, shit. Sport? Did you text you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. What was the question for the mom? I don't even remember. We were going to ask her what my IQ, IQ was. Oh, yeah. Would you uh, tell me what your IQ is when you find out from your mom? I, I really want to know. Yeah. I, I feel uh, like I want... I think it, hang on. Are you I texting like that her, you're Janet? There. Janet's texting her. But Janet was a guy. Well, his name's Jarrett, but we all call him Janet. Oh, Jarrett. Oh, you call him Janet. Oh, yeah. wow. Oh, he's really gay if he's going by the name Janet. No, I mean, I like he's, just has, he's, he's up for a giggle. So. Yeah. You can call me Janet. I don't care. Wow. You wouldn't mind, would you? 
Would you mind? Would I mind? Hell no. I don't care what you call me. Let me in there for those photo shoots and watch the cat going around on the Roomba. What's that shot of you walking around in a hotel hallway and you're carrying your dog, but we see like you're wearing a complete belly shirt, like your whole belly's exposed. That, and you that got was on those... me doing a, doing a um, Mickey Rook thing because he was walking around in a similar outfit with a Pomeranian. <laughs> oh, you fun. Did you miss the you... whole Mickey Rook connection? You did. Yeah, I totally did. I just saw you. He just I'm like, how is on you. He can't see anything else. <laughs> I was like, how is Kate Beckinsale walking around in a hotel dressed like that? And she wants to be on the down low. I mean, my God, you're walking around with that dog. You're half naked. And I'm like, she, 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 there's got to be pandemonium. half naked ahead on leggings and boots and oh. two sports bras. Two. Oh, oh, my God. Oh, stop. So. Oh. But the point you... was, look how much I look like Mickey Rourke. Oh, Not... yeah, just like him. <laughs> By the way. All right, listen, I could talk to you all day, but... Uh... Well, one thing oh. I don't understand is you've never learned to drive. Haven't you lived in L.A.? That's hot. I have that lived in is LA hot. for a really long time. What do you mean it's hot? Oh, it's so stupid. It's so... My no, child I like a woman. can drive, I like a... and I can't. Right. Why did you never learn to drive? Well... Okay, so in England, um, I was very heavily pregnant and I thought, shit, I better learn how to drive because I'm going to be a grown-up with a baby. And I took some lessons and I went, took a test and they said, okay, you've passed. And But I'd passed it in a, um, what do you call it, um, automatic. And oh. we only had a, a manual, what do you call it, stick shift? Yeah, oh, stick shift. Only had yes, that. right. And right. it's a completely different test in England. So you absolutely can't, like, you're not allowed to drive that. So then, of course, I was like, okay, I can't drive that car. And I had a baby and then I can't imagine having the time to do lessons. Or so then, you know, a decade went by and I kept doing a movie or doing something else or having to learn how to punch people. Or, and then all of a sudden, here I am, 900 years old. And, yeah, you know, have, and now, I've over, now I've overthought it, for sure, because I just think, how do people figure out things going on inside the car and outside the car and somebody else might run into them. I, I think I've thought about it too much. I think you have to be 18 to do that yeah. or 20. My wife doesn't drive. I think it's the hottest thing. I'm like, hey, there's something I can do. Drive. I yeah. didn't even know that. Yeah, she can drive. She has a license, but she does it. It's hot. She just doesn't drive. Like, you know what? Get me someone <laughs> or drive me or something. <laughs> yeah. And by the way, finally, I'm waiting on yeah. your mother to get your IQ so I can. Yeah. All right. But um, by the way, the other shot I like on Instagram is where you did the tribute to like a Raquel Welsh throwback and you're in the leopard bikini and the heels. That's an awesome picture. Do you know which one I'm that talking about? It was an actual photo shoot though. Oh, it is? Right? Oh. Am I, wow. Do I look like I'm the 50 foot woman? Yes. Yes. That was an Who actual knew? legitimate photo shoot that was a, um, an ad campaign for Absolute Vodka, actually, I think. Oh. Ironically, as a non drinker. <laughs> well, again, I don't know if the advertising's were. I'm busy looking you over, not the uh, not the vodka. <laughs> you didn't even know what the people <laughs> yeah, were. Yeah, I don't even drink. I didn't notice Mickey Rourke. None of this is no, no. It, 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 all right, so no word from your mother what your IQ is. No, I'm. Let me just call her phone and see. Okay, good. She's not that's a, that's a good, that's a legit question because I got a feeling I'm going to say you're one one thirty five or one forty IQ. Which is genius. Well, now it's coming down. What is what's happening? Yeah, well, what did I get in the last few minutes? I became. I'll tell you why. T- Can I ask you a question? Why a Why are you ignoring Janet's text? And b Currently on. No, it's okay. But don't, don't say. Do, what's my IQ? Do you remember when you had it tested? I'm sorry, I haven't seen any texts. It's okay, Mama. It's fine. 
It's fine. We're just actually on the show currently. So he just wants to know what my IQ was when you had it tested when I was little. Hundred and fifty two. Oh my ah. god. I better oh my back after this is over. Okay. Like you say, I'll I'll call you when it's over. Like it might never be over. I might just keep you on <laughs> Your IQ is one fifty two. Do you realize that's like almost Einstein there. level? Like I said, I'm sure I've become progressively more stupid as the time. Oh, I wish I had a one fifty two IQ. That's my You don't. Dream. Every single doctor, every single person I've ever come across has said you'd be so much happier if you were thirty percent less smart. And I'm sure that's true. I know. Listen, trust me, I'm thirty percent less smart. I'm still miserable. <laughs> and you're happy I as wanna, <laughs> Yeah. I mean jeez. One fifty two, the shit you must think up. It's no ah. good to me though. This is I mean, it's really not helpful in in the, my career. I just think it's might have been a handicap actually. No, it's probably good because you can memorize lines easily because you got that kind of brain. You know, you know what I mean? And you're speaking fluent Russian. That's hot. Do you, have you ever used that in a movie? Do you ever speak Russian? Russian, no. French, I did do a, French, a movie, a French movie um, in French. But no, Russian, I haven't. I did, a, you, I did a play with a Russian director who only spoke in Russian and nobody else could understand it. And he said some quite mean things to me. He'd be like, nobody likes you. And I'd be like, pardon? And I was really young. It was like, <laughs> it was when I met Michael. I was like, well, I know Michael likes me because we're secretly dating. But um, yeah. But wait a second. That was helpful. You, you, you speak fluent French too? Yeah, yeah. I'm actually probably more... I'd lived in Paris for a year because so... Um, that's probably more commandable. Oh, that's unbelievable. Unbelievable. <laughs> All right. It's just, it's, it's, it's dizzying. It's dizzying. Funny. Why would any marriage horrible. with you break up? I would do whatever I could to hold on to you. I can't even figure this whole scene out. Well, sometimes, you know, sometimes it's not, not you know, sometimes I, it's, I don't want to be in there. Please. I just wonder. <laughs> <laughs> Russian French. Okay, you, you, you know what my IQ is? It's seventy-six. Okay, <laughs> no, it isn't. That's absolutely like. What is yours? Yours is high. Uh, it's one seventy-nine. I didn't want to say. Oh, yeah. uh, actually, it, it, Robin, don't blow Have this for me. One seventy-nine. Uh, yeah, it's. I've been tested. They, 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 they can't even find a test. It's so. There's high. not even a. You've gone off the chart. <laughs> they, they said I'm like Lex Luthor from the Superman comics. Like I'm a, you're basically, a, a, you're a medical emergency. <laughs> yes. They were like, wow. I went for the That's IQ smart. test. My brain was dripping out of my ear. It was, yeah. it was my head was hospital. so full of brains. Too clever. <laughs> <laughs> you're very smart, but I'm extremely, extremely smart. No, I totally uh, get that. And I think that's apparent. Absolutely. I do. And I'm fluent. Uh, I can speak Spanish. Mi sabios de pesca en la cocina. So there you but, go. There you go. That's more than there I you go. do. So who's winning? You. What are you going to do? Are you going to go to sleep now? Well, I've, I mean, I've been, I don't think I've had more compliments in some time. So I'm a, or I might have to have a run around the garden first. Okay. Maybe do maybe me a some, favor. You know, light boxing with Janet. Okay. <laughs> Say hi to Janet for me. I hey, feel well. like I'm part of the family. I know everyone now. I, yeah, exactly. uh, I, you're all dialed in now. You've spoken to my mom. You've spoken to Janet. Oh my Who's God. Like, this is great. This is great. <laughs> what are Janet's friends. duties? What does Janet do for you all day? What does Janet do for me all day? Tear and laughing. Where's Janet? You can leave. Let me talk to Janet. <laughs> Janet, come here. He wants to talk to you. Yeah, yeah you're done. You, you, I'll let you. you uh, by the way, 
Yeah, oh, here he is. Also, look how handsome Janet is. Look. Oh, Janet, you're a good-looking dude. You're much younger He's than I thought. So handsome. I have Janet. To, I pale in comparison. I'm strongly attracted Janet, to Janet. Get near that mic. Janet, I'm get- what what do you do for Kate Beckinsale all day? Be honest. She's not going to fire you. Go ahead. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I wide variety of things. Uh, you know, everything from cat care to you know very important correspondence and um, a lot of really things. and some and, emotional support and emotional support as well. Mm. Vice versa. You have access to her email. Um, I, I, one of them. <laughs> really? Nice. Yeah, not the, not the, not the, not the, not the intense one. Not the intense one. You got a boyfriend? I do not. So, you know, whoever is listening, I'm available. I got a guy that for him that I'm looking at him over. I got a Can guy we, for I'm, you. I'm always looking because I think Janet is so handsome. Like, I think we should, I, I'm always, I tried to find someone today at the cordon show, but he turned out he was straight. Hey, and hey, Janet, do you take those pictures of Kate on uh, Instagram? Do you ever like do sometimes some Sometimes he's a terrible photographer and I need to improve. Too. You've been getting oh. I've been trying. Yeah. I'm trying to channel my, you know, inner Annie Leibowitz. <laughs> yeah, well, let me tell you something. If I was you and I was there, like this outfit Kate's wearing, I think it's perfect for Instagram. You should take a picture of this after we're done and uh, get get it up there on the Instagram. We need more pictures. You do look I'm, very beautiful. It's, uh, as always. It, really it, cost, it cost him. You see how much it cost him to say that? He's vomiting into his mouth. <laughs> and I'm sorry, my breath probably smells terrible. Uh, it's not you, wanna, you want me to hook you up with a guy? I got a guy here for you. Send him my way, Howard. Please. Wait, who are you Chris, sending, Janet? I'm very protective. One of the guys who works for me is gay, and uh, I'm looking at I'm looking oh. at Janet. I think they'd make an excellent match. Do you? I do. Is he 87? And what is it? what's oh, going on? No, no, no. He's a young man. He's a, he's, a, he's a very talented guy, and uh, kind of gives and Janet gives me the kind of vibe that like it would it would work. Really, it's like serendipity. Yeah, yeah. Huh. And this is how I lost my assistant, and he moved to New York. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I mean. No, he's got a I can't do the winners, I'm sorry. <laughs> All right, well, you know, I, I, I'm telling you, I could, I could do a version of the Gay Bachelor right now. You'll see. You'll, you'll hook I'm up. so into it. I'm so into this. Somehow we have to, you have to get him to us. All right, I don't know where Chris is. I would have popped him on, but I, I don't know how to do Chris that. Chris is not around? So. I don't know. Where's Chris? Watch this. Come on, Chris. Tell me this is a, I've come showed on, you Chris, my chat. Where are you? Show me or Chris. All right. Okay. Here. Can you do that, you guys? Somebody give me a heads up. <laughs> yeah. No one's talking to me about this. Hold on. I'll, this is no, a we're telling him, match. We're telling him to come on. I don't know where he is. We give him the, He's uh, hiding. Get He's frightened. Have we he scared might. him off? I don't He's know where away. he is. This guy's supposed to be working for me. He's supposed to be like alert yeah, and in case doing? I need him. I'm telling is you, he... you wait and see if these two don't hit it right off. Really? Are you, uh, I love this you What's your deal? He's he's kind of like you in the in the. Oh, oh wait here, a minute, Chris is. is coming. Ah, up. my God, twins! That's a bit yeah. weird. Chris, take off uh, your hat. What's wrong? No, Chris, you're on no. a date. Why? Show him you have hair. My hair's a mess. No, my hair's a mess. <laughs> uh, Janet, me, Chris, Chris, Janet. Uh, what do you think, Chris? You getting a vibe off Janet? Uh, yeah. You can be honest. It's all right, Chris. Yeah, no, I got a vibe. I got a vibe. I get vibes. We've been up all night. We're not at our best, are we, Jen? <laughs> How you doing, Janet? Like, don't they kind of look the same? Yeah, yeah they, they look, look like glasses twins. going on. It's a bit weird, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. My hair is a little more messy, right? That's why I had the hat on, but uh, yeah. uh, no, I'm into it. I'm into it. I'm also into it. <laughs> yeah. Look at us, Howard. Look what we're doing. We're bringing young people together. How, how, old, is, uh, how old is uh, Janet? 27. 
Oh, I'm 33. I'm a little old. You know, the other thing is, I got to be really honest for everyone. No, I have a boyfriend. Okay, why well, when did this happen? Oh, Wait a minute. You know happened. about I this. Was like, why is he that doing dude, this? That, first of all, this boyfriend doesn't even, he's, he lives in another country. Why don't you get a boyfriend? Yeah. At least, oh. at least is it a pretend a little... boyfriend? No, no, yeah. it's, 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 a, it's, it's a real thing. He's the guy, he loves my, my cosita, remember? My, oh, right. my beautiful yeah, yeah, cosita. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> they had some... he? You've made him up. Right. No, I swear so. to God, he's a he's a doctor. He lives in Panama. I I, I I'm in love. I mean, Does he like you to send money to him? No, absolutely <laughs> not. And that would never happen. Well, listen, I don't know what's going on with this doctor in Panama and how often he's here. But you got Janet here in America. Here's your chance. So there you go. I I thought it's it would still be a good long match. distance though. Isn't well, right. it w- would it be t- just for compatibility issues? Would it be too rude to ask Janet a uh, uh, top or a uh, bottom? <laughs> Don't, it's don't not rude. It. <laughs> Janet. I, you into I mean, I forbid it. As Janet's yeah, right. mother. Maybe it's Janet's, too intimate. Janet's keeping out a secret. That's the first Janet, is it a secret or do you want to tell Chris? Do, you? Uh, do I want to tell? You know what? I think you should keep an air of mystery, darling. It's definitely that. one way or the other. I'm yeah. going to tell you that. Right. I think okay. I, right. I'm, I'm choosing to retain an air of mystery. I'm, I'm, I'm versatile. So I, I, for me, you know, whatever the story is, uh, I'll go along with it. But there you go. You need to ask the question. Right. Well, here's the real here's the real issue. I don't know about this doctor in Panama, but this guy works for uh for Kate Beckinsale. And as for the That's show, it would be a lot better if you were dating a guy who worked for Kate Beckinsale. That would be awesome. <laughs> and a doctor. We, and, are you um, wait a second. Uh, are you commanding me to date this guy? Yes, Cuz if you if right. you say it, I'll do it. I'm cracking the whip. <laughs> okay, you're vaccinated? <laughs> Janet, are you he vaccinated? Vaccinated. Okay, so it's back. done. It's done. It's done. Oh, you're my boyfriend. Howard, I'm not going to fuck with you. I'm not going to fuck with you. Listen to me. Fall in love. That's an order. Okay? Okay, you got it. All right. All right. Thank you. We did a beautiful thing today. Bye, Janet. I like he goes, I have a boyfriend. Who the hell wants to hear that? All right. Well, I was wondering. I said, you know, he's going to come right on and say he's got a boyfriend because he's been talking. That's like an absolutely made up boyfriend that's not real. Oh, please. We've all done that. I did that in eighth grade, I'm sure. I see. Kate Beckinsale, I'm going to let you go. It has been a delightful morning. Thank you so much for all of the great movies. I just think you're the best. Thank you. You really, it brought me hours of entertainment and, uh, you know, I appreciate that. And, uh, Guilty Party is what I'm watching now on Paramount Plus. And, um, and thank you. And, uh, it was great to meet you. And that's you it. too. This was Thank you for Thanks spending so, so much. much time with us. Yes, yes. Thank I didn't you. Know it, it was a real hours. pleasure. Thank you. I was right. I was worried how it would be, and it's been so fun. So please, I, I was planning on an eighteen hour interview, but I see you're a little tired. So. <laughs> you're getting Bye, a little Kate. woozy. <laughs> right. Bye, you guys. Kate Beckinsale. Bye, bye. Very delightful woman. My goodness. Oh my goodness. Imagine. I you can't have believe a you did that. And then Chris comes up and says, I've got a boyfriend. Well, who knew it was serious? I knew he had banged the he guy. He said that they were getting, the, you know, jealous of each other and they finally had to, like, commit to each other. I didn't know it was a serious thing. I thought maybe Janet would be with Chris. And what a great well, uh, thing that, that would be for the happen. show. Well, I told Chris he's got to do it or or else. <laughs> I mean, uh, wouldn't that be great? Oh, Chris it would be dating. fantastic. But I couldn't even think of who you were talking about when you said, oh, I know a guy for you. I had no Chris. idea you were talking about Chris. Yeah, of course. I didn't realize he was serious with that doctor. I knew they, you know, blew each other a few times and uh, did some anal.
but uh, I thought it was no, casual. We went through the whole thing where they were fighting with each other because they were looking on each other's uh, uh, Instagrams or something and seeing other people. Mm. And that's when they decided they were exclusive. You know what? Just like the movie Serendipity. Kate Beckinsale <laughs> is engaged. You know, she's with a guy, um, that John Corbett guy. And, uh, and, 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 and John Cusack is with um, a, a, a Bridget Moynihan. Yeah. And meanwhile, neither neither one of them were happy. They wanted to be with each other. So I was thinking. So that's what's Chris, happening here. Okay. Yeah, Chris and Janet, be awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Hey, that was fun. One fifty two IQ. We got it. Wow. What up? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've been holding that in all morning to try to seem I was mature. Say, wait a minute. You didn't do that the whole time. Kate Beckinsale was on. No, I was a gentleman. Now I'm like, now I'm, now I'm uh, evacuating. I'm like, uh, <laughs> hey, Robin, uh, we're back. Uh, I didn't want her to see that. She's very, very bright. She's absolutely stunning. You know, oh. it's just the flawless skin, amazing. <laughs> Great beauty. Job, Howard. I'm trying to talk. <laughs> uh, uh, uh. Now you got to go on our Instagram. That's great. It's a, it's probably the best Instagram account I've ever seen. <laughs> she even says, "I like my Instagram account because that's where I can be most real." And I'm like, well, "You're not shit." You're missing me. everything, though. There are real jokes in there, like you know, being Mickey Rourke or or the cat on the room. But you miss all of that. <laughs> yep. I don't even know how if I, if I was a dude that was able to get Kate Beckinsale, why would I ever? Like, like, I would make sure she would love me. You know what I mean? I would not. <laughs> you would not irritate her. <laughs> no fucking way. I'd be like, is there anything irritating you right now? Uh, if there's something, just let me know and I can change my entire personality. That's right. Um, Leave me a list and I'll get rid of anything you don't like. Jennifer Witz, who runs uh, Sirius XM, she's a fabulous CEO. She's on the phone and has some thoughts about what she just heard. Yes, oh. yes, uh, Miss Witz. Listen to me, Stern. Wilding better fuck or it's your ass. You hear me? Right. <laughs> I'm on it. Don't worry. He will. Thank I you. I want to hear everything about him with that Janet. Listen, I want anal, oral, everything. You can't buy this kind of synergy. That's why I love Sirius XM Pandora Stitcher. <laughs> she's right. That's called synergy. We do an interview, and the next thing you know, Chris Wilding's fucking Janet. That's right. Right. In fact, I demand everyone who works for me fuck uh, uh, famous people's assistants. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine. I have a whole crew. Boy, that, that Kate Beckinsale, her assistant Janet, he, he looked just like Chris. They were almost he twins. He did. It was like when... Yeah. When they were there on screen together, I was like, oh, my goodness, look at the similarities. Yep. Wild. Well, like I said, Kate Beckinsale's in Guilty Party, now streaming on Paramount+. You Plus. never told me about this one. I've got to now watch it. That sounds like yeah. a, a great premise for a bingeable show. Yeah. But Robin loves shows. Oh, here you go again. No, she does. When I call <laughs> her, I always have a suggestion or two for her. She loves it. You're very funny. You do. You love it. I have no shows. time for all of these shows, but if you give me a good one, I'll watch it. There you go. <laughs>
I didn't hey, it makes me happy. her that my favorite uh, Kate Beckinsale movies are uh, Love and Friendship and mm. uh, The Only Living Boy in New York. I didn't see that one. The Only Living Boy in New I York. Is that suggesting it to you and you won't what is watch that? it. What is it's it? It's got a great cast and she's, um, there's this young boy and his father is dating Kate Beckinsale. Oh, and she falls so in love with him. You can imagine the... what happens. <laughs> yeah. Can Gorgeous you imagine if my father, <laughs> if my father had been dating Kate Beckinsale? Howard, here's my girlfriend, Kate Beckinsale. <laughs> what? That's right. Your father left me for Kate Beckinsale. <laughs> what do you mean? What are you talking about? I'm not. Even, I'm going to be spanking it 24 hours a day. You're not going to live with me. You'll live with your mother. You idiot. I know you're going to try to fuck Kate Beckinsale. You better stop. That is my wife. My new wife. Howard. You can't fuck Kate Beckinsale. It's your father's new wife. <laughs> All right. Well, whatever. I'm visiting, though. That's I basically the movie. <laughs> <laughs> does the dude, there's a little, I mean, I don't know how old the kid is. He's, he's probably, you know, like past college age, just, you know, oh, maybe just shit. starting his career. Like Dustin Hoffman in the graduate kind of age. You know, he just got right. cool. yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Plastics. Well, so then, uh, so so the dude's home and Kate Beckinsale's running around in outfits. And the father uh, has a dinner because he's getting married to Kate Beckinsale, and he invites the son. I vey, so he can I meet vey. his new stepmom, his future stepmom. Howard, we are having a dinner with Kate Beckinsale <laughs> to announce my engagement. Really? You are kidding me? Excuse me, I, I just got to leave the room for a minute. <laughs> The, the, and Janet, her assistant, is moving into your room. So get out! Get out of your room! Janet's going to live in my room? Where am I going to live? You will live with your mother. And she has an IQ. My new wife has an IQ of 152, so don't be a moron around her. <laughs> How am I going to do that? Everyone's a moron around her. Good Lord. Really? You'll enjoy it. I got to watch that. What's that called? The Only Living Boy in New York. And is, is like Kate Beckinsale walking around in inappropriate outfits? Like, does she hang out by the pool in a She's bikini and everything? glamorous. She's beautiful. She, I, and they're I, having sex. Everybody's having sex. Uh, you mean the dad's having sex with her and the son? I think you're more with... I don't remember seeing uh, Jeff Bridges with her. I think Jeff Bridges plays the dad. I but, beg. you know, he's parading her around, and then she starts uh, sleeping oh, with the boy. It's Pierce Brosnan's the dad. Oh, Pierce Brosnan's, not Jeff, but... Uh, uh, what's his name? Jeff... Jeff Bridges. Bridges. Pierce Brosnan, yes. He takes her from Pierce Brosnan. Oh, my God. Well, that would be a disaster <laughs> for me. Um, yeah, G. Cade, um, yeah, I know you're married to my dad, but I want to fuck you. Yeah, you look like a monster, and uh, your father's Pierce Brosnan. <laughs> no one's fuck. I'm not fucking you. <laughs> your father's Pierce Brosnan, and you look like Howard Stern. I am Howard Stern. <laughs> 
Holy cow. Now, that's a movie I got to see. I've I never been saw telling it. you about this movie for over wow. a year, and you keep ignoring me. Is she ever, like, nude, like, walking around, like, in the, the, the sun sees there's, her, like, walking? They're very easy with their bodies in those sex scenes. Oh, my God. Do you think Kate Beckinsale's character is trying to fuck the sun, like, like seducing him, or is she unaware? It's, you have to watch it because she's very, um, manipulative. I want to say aggressive. She, she wants to do everything. Mm. She wants to marry the dad and she wants the son and she wants everything. They call that an overachiever. <laughs> wow. No kidding. Now, there's a movie. I don't know. I That's told wild. you you would like well, this. this kid, you just this ignored kid, me. This kid must be good looking if Pierce Brosnan is his gorgeous, father. And he, yeah. Yeah, okay. All right. I'm going to fuck dad and son. Wow. <laughs> Get her back on. <laughs> Call Janet. Get her back on. I want to know about that. <laughs> One can only imagine the outfit she wears on that. I mean. <laughs> Perfect casting. Imagine that, Kate Beckinsale's your stepmom. <laughs> you fucked my wife. Well, you we don't even get to the marriage when all this stuff happens. Mm. He just met her because the dad is introducing them because she's going to be his wife. You don't even know how to mow a lawn or to make money, <laughs> and you're going to fuck my wife. What's wrong with you? I have a recording studio. I have a stature in the industry. Uh, I want to do a remake with my dad. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine? All right. You fucked my son? He, he's so stupid. He plays with puppets. Hey, no need to put me down just because I fucked your new wife. <laughs> only living boy in new york i'll be watching that nice all right hey we should get out of here we'll see you tomorrow we're uh we're planning a very big show tomorrow you should oh. see yeah sure guess i'll have to show up <laughs> some guy on the phone says he's he says you're off about the movie let me see what he thinks you're off, off. About. sounds like sounds like you're pretty on it but hold on yeah what well, how's robin off Who's this, Howard? Yeah. Hey, she's completely wrong. The, 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 what's his face? The husband is fooling around with the the girl with Beckinsale on the side, no. and she's oh. still married to the wife. No. And the son well, catches him in a restaurant having dinner. Okay, maybe I messed and that then, part up. But he right, is going to marry then, her. No, it, what, he's yeah, but he's thinking about it. But he's got to break up with the wife too. Right. Okay. So then what happens is what happens is the son catches him in the restaurant and then later on they hook up they can sell in the sun because he starts wow. following around. Remember, he starts following around the city. Yes. Yes. And then he, well, and I Jeff Bridges is actually the movie in the movie because like he finds out at the end. <laughs> yeah. I mean, at the end, well, it's a great movie. Like you, I, I watched it because you, you recommended it. It's a great story. Great, great ending. Great story. So how does Jeff Bridges walk into the story? Not Jeff Bridges. Jeff Bridges. No, oh, that's Jeff right. Bridges yeah. at the end. Yeah. You remember the end? Jeff Bridges finds out that the son 
the, the son isn't uh, what's his face isn't the actual father. Jeff Bridges is the father. See, he's giving son, you all the, the spoilers. Don't worry about it. Anything, nothing's yeah. going to spoil this for me. Yeah, he ain't watching. He's not watching. <laughs> yeah, it. Come on. I'll watch. I'll fast he's forward. I don't need. To, I don't need the whole fucking movie. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but she had it completely wrong. I'm listening to it. I'm like, she's completely wrong about this all movie. Right. She's usually pretty good. All funny. right. Well, I had the same people in it. <laughs> she was yeah, close. Yeah, just, just the story's completely wrong, but she was hot. I, I can't hold great. on to these stories like you do. I watched the movie once. <laughs> oh, please. <laughs> I've only watched it right. twice, but it was such a great story. Yeah. So Jeff it. Bridges comes in at the end, and he figures out yeah. that she's fucking the father and the son. No, he... No, 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 no. In no. the movie, about two-thirds of the movie, he, Jeff Bridges realizes that that's his son, and they sort of get connected, but they don't find out till the very end that Jeff Bridges is the actual father. Ah. The, the boy and, the, had, uh, and Jeff had, Bridges are friends, and Jeff Bridges advises him on things. Oh, but they don't yeah, he's, know he's they're connected. He, yeah. yeah. yeah Any and vampires in the movie? And he, and he, <laughs> no, no. All right, I got all it. Right. I got it. Thanks, Mark. All right, all right. Jesus, thank you, Mark. Holy moly! There was a oh, restaurant. <laughs> I don't care. I just want to see her fucking the father and the son. <laughs> all right. Hey, anyway, we should get out of here, Robin. All right. Um. See, Jeff Bridges is in the movie. How do you like that? Yes, yeah, I told you. I mean, I was like, okay, yeah, Jeff Bridges was in the movie. Yeah, yeah. And he actually was the father. <laughs> but you're, that's you're not right. Kate Beckinsale is sleeping with. You were pretty close. I mean, I, I don't remember <laughs> any of these movies. i got to watch them 17 times before I have a well, recall. Well, I, I was, the main thing is that yeah. it's the father and the son, and they're both having sex with Kate Beckinsale. You're sure it's Kate Beckinsale, though, right? That I'm positive it's Kate Beckinsale. Okay, all right, all right. Well, then I'll watch. All right, listen, everybody. It's been a long morning. i got to get out of here. Not that I have anything to do, but I, I just have to get out of here. <laughs> and um, do I need to make any announcements or anything, guys? Or, or can we just end the show? Yeah, I think we can end the show. All right. We'll see you tomorrow morning for a whole nother thing. All right, bye. Bye. Coming soon. Are you ready? Howard gets a visit. From the Piano Man. Whoa, that is guy. As we welcome five-time Grammy-winning musician. That's awesome. Singer-songwriter and composer, Billy Joel. I love the piano because of things like meeting Christy Brinkley and Elle McPherson. It's opened the world. That here. brought me there. And right. also, when I'm home and, and it's late at night, I just sit down and I start playing. And I like what I'm hearing. Right. I can entertain myself. I've been able to do that since I was a little kid. Only on The Howard Stern Show. They say that these are not the best of times. They're the only times I've ever known